Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. <laughs> well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom, episode 251. I'm Dave and I'm here with Rich. Rich, I hear you're exhausted. What's going on? Beyond exhausted, man. Just worked wow. a really, really shitty shift today. Wow. Um, just, yeah. The death's piled up. The body count's become too large even for Richard. And he's just, he's a shadow of a man. He, the Rome has fallen, Rich. It sounds like Rome has fallen, unfortunately. Wouldn't have mind. I, w- I wouldn't have minded going on a bit of a killing spree today, but yeah, you're, you're restrained by the laws of civilization. That's the only thing keeping you in uh, place right now. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> well, um, that's crazy. Yeah, I'll tell you what, it's been a warm day here in Sydney. I, I'm back on the tennis court uh, as of this morning, and I had a very, very humid lesson at like nine o'clock, and then Michelle uh, had a softball today. It's been a warm day out in the open but you're you're deep inside the shopping center aren't you rich on the retail coal face oh, the war front yeah. we didn't we didn't even have aircon on today oh really oh that would suck yeah. was it hot in the store oh god yes yeah sweating yeah because i think it's nothing worse than being tired and hot that's terrible yeah no i hate it i actually loathe it um yeah, no, you, all you can do is stay hydrated, but you're at work as well, you're on your feet. I mean, we're painting a very bleak picture. Rich, you could almost record the kind of grunge album coming off that shift, I'd say. <laughs> you're in the yeah. Kurt Cobain headspace. Yeah, wow, we. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, lucky, I, lucky I don't have a shotgun. Lucky I don't have a shotgun and a, and a sort of troublesome wife, because I don't think either of those things helped in his in his scenario. <laughs> Uh, and a, and a raging and a raging heroin habit as well. Like you know, that didn't that didn't help things at all. That he was pumping so much into his arm, you know. For sure, that was definitely a fact. I don't think I, I don't think it ever helps, but I think it really didn't help in that case. Now, um, so it's episode two five one. We had the big two fifty last show, and gee, I had fun putting the clip show together. That was fun, going back through a bit of a greatest hits. We, we came up with a lot of gold, Rich, basically. That, that's what I learnt as I explored. And I took it all the way back to the egg. I took it all the way back to me and Stu. Um, so I sort of did a clip yeah. of everyone. Um, and there was plenty more material, which I'll do on the 300th. But, um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. So thank you to all the listeners Um who've reached out to say they enjoyed that because it actually was a fair bit of work. It was more work than I expected. It was like I put in a full work day on the Sunday when I was up at Michelle's mum's. I, I was working on it for like five, six hours, like, you know, putting, cutting it all together. Um, I was going to say something. Oh, okay, uh, am I well? Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. You know, it was a lot of fun. I was really enjoying it. Um, yeah, so it was it was fun. I even let you know that we um, I did reach 250 and I said, you're, you're in there, you're tucked away in there. Um and I do want to say so thank you to all the listeners who've supported us, you know, so far, literally by listening. Um, thank you to the Patreons um, who support the show. Look, um, I, I have some sad news, actually. Our Manscaped uh, sponsor is on hold at the moment with us. So, look, seriously, anything you can do to uh, help the show out is much appreciated. So, look, 
a dollar a month, uh, you know, through Patreon, it really does help us a lot because it goes towards the show fees, um, which are monthly. Um, and, you know, that supports Signal. It supports Legion Outpost and Dread or Dead, like the whole Signal of Doom empire funded by the Bank of Dave. Um, I'm not asking anybody to break the bank, obviously, Rich. I'm not asking for your life savings out there, guys. But, you know, if you could give us a little something at uh, patreon.com slash signal of doom. I am in talks with a couple of other potential sponsors, but that could be some way away. Um, so, yeah, it would be much appreciated. But I really do appreciate everyone that supported us. I love getting feedback on the show. Positive, negative, does never worries me, Rich. I just enjoy feedback. Um, but it really has been all positive. Like, a lot of people um, have said how much they enjoyed it, Rich. And, I mean, just going through some of the... Uh, the greatest hits, I was just conscious of just how much I just rant and ramble on. And you just put up with it, Rich, like at one point where I was like, <laughs> I'm giving so many things. I'm listening to me thinking, man, I don't even remember having these thoughts. And I'm going, yeah, I definitely lived a previous life in the 1920s with Virginia Woolf. And you're like, okay, all right. <laughs> what else can I do? <laughs> you never come up with any of that stuff, Rich. Have you never... Have you never felt that, like you've lived in a previous life or anything like that or, you know, come from the stars? No. no? no you're you're no. purely like you're born here, born into South Africa, came to Australia, like it's very much the origin story, starts and, starts and ends with your birthday kind of thing. Yeah, I don't, like, it's weird because, I mean, I am a super obviously imaginative person. I mean, I mean, you know, just go look at, you know, um, you know, I, I'm always creating new characters, sure, new yeah. races. I'm always drawing it. So, I mean, I, I certainly have an imagination, but I guess for me, it's all just like I guess it's more external. Yep. Not really like internal. Yeah. It's like like I don't feel stuff like that. I mean, obviously, I feel passion, and I'm I'm always nurturing my imagination and and, and stuff for for designing and building characters. But yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, I, I guess my imagination comes off more external than like internal. I don't like feel things that way you're not as crazy as me basically is what you're saying rich you're not as fucking <laughs> off the fucking edge that i've become the older i get the more i just like i just throw myself off that edge so many years ago um now obviously rich you've you, had a, you feel things deeply Dave. i do i do and, and briefly um now <laughs> and you forget about it i do i forget i, I do forget very quickly um, now, Richard, I know you've had a very busy week. Have you done any reading of anything or, or made any purchases? Anything anything coming to mind? Uh, no, no. I, I've been listening to... Uh, I've just been listening to a lot of music um, sure. lately. Um, I've been in a bit of a, a metal mood, I guess. But, really? Uh, bit of a, yeah, I'm a bit of a metal... I, I don't know. I, my, my music taste is very random and varied and all that sort of stuff eclectic I, I, isn't I it tend to get into moods you're quite an eclectic so what when you say metal is that like what what kind of you throw us a name of a band that you are in the zone uh, for yeah i mean i don't really go into like the heavy heavy metal stuff but i mean sure. things like uh falling in reverse disturbed right. three days grace right um you know that 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 sort of stuff i quite um I quite dig it. It's really weird, but even though it's a lot of people like sounding angry, it lifts my spirits. Well, they often say that actually. Like that, that's it. Yeah, they, that's that's something a lot of like metal fans have mentioned. Like, there's obviously a component of anger, but there's also a feeling of release, uh, I guess, as well. Losing yourself in the music, man. Losing yourself in yeah, the noise. 
I think it's something to do with just well, one of the things I like about metal a, a bit more than rock or how it hits me differently is that metal, even like a, a pretty mediocre metal song and all that could have a fantastic like drop, you know what I mean? Or a guitar riff or just something interesting that's just like kick ass. Like I was, um, what got me into the metal mood was I was listening to Falling in Reverse's new song, Zombified. Mm. And, you know, it's a very like angst song, but like, Towards the end, it almost sounds like something out of Doom. Really, cool. Like it just drops, and it just and you just feel like, oh my god, I feel, I feel like I want to play Doom now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of that and, mood and, feel. And like, yeah, yeah, just I don't know, like metal just kind of has that that effect on me where um, yeah, it just makes me feel a bit more energized, a bit more like upbeat. Listening to you talk about it makes me want to play Doom. Yeah, wow, we, I love that. <laughs> I, I've re- I really enjoyed Doom Eternal. I've been playing. Oh, that. you 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 would love the music video for uh, Falling Universe's uh, Zombified because it's a zombie music video. Oh yeah, I should check that out. Um, now uh, what was I going to say? So basically, um, some big news. Oh, guess what? Finally, my road to No Man's Land omnibus is on the way. I I, I got a notification um, yesterday. So uh, I have all the Nightfall omnibuses, and then I have Road to No Man's Land, and then they're going to do the No Man's Land omnibuses over, I think, two volumes. Um, so I'm going to have all that on my shelf, Ben. That's a lot of Batman, dude. That's a hell of a lot of Batman. That takes yeah, you. It is indeed. That takes you through the bulk of the '90s. Like that. That's a huge amount of the '90s Batman in what will be six omnibuses. Like it's a big, mm. big big cut of that of that decade um so i'm looking forward to that and you see the changes in it as well um i thought it was fascinating when i talked to chuck that he kind of downplays no man's land he, he wasn't as because i love it i and he 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 feels that after nightfall there the events that they did were sort of just trying to replicate what you know that were driven by editorial were, were sort of trying to replicate nightfall um and he didn't, yeah and he he never felt that they sort of like were as good uh it's so fascinating because i i love all that stuff and like his stuff's awesome in it so it's it's you know it shows what a pro he is that he might not agree with the direction but he still puts in the hard the hard yards you know um oh but yeah but i mean uh, but that that's what we've always said like a you know a good writer even if they're not handling in their sort of what they consider their best or they they I mean they're just so good or talented that yeah. you know it, it's still enjoyable to read so well yeah I mean he's he the story it comes down from on high this is what we're doing and he's like okay no worries I'll I'll, I'll punch it out like he argued his case and then he kind of turned in his scripts I think I just think it's really interesting like for, for behind the scenes uh, kind of stuff now the Beatles long rehearsed or long long unreleased final performance will hit streaming services I believe this week Rich. This is the rooftop performance, sort of like 1969, I, th- I believe. Um, their final appearance together as a group. Uh, they were recording Let It Be at the time. They got up there on the on the roof. It's 40 minutes. It's going to be released. Uh, pretty exciting, Rich. All, all tying in with the Get Back project, you know, that was on Disney. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward oh, to yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw that on Disney when the other day. I saw something about the Beatles on there. Yeah, so that th- that's I didn't, a th- I, I didn't actually I didn't actually stop to look into it. I just saw it. No, it's so that's the three part Peter Jackson thing about the making of Letter B called Get Back, and I'm looking forward to to watching it because it, it's really in depth. But I guess as a supplemental material to that, they're releasing the full concert, um, 
So I think that's super interesting for Beatles fans. I know I'm one. Um, that's that's for damn sure. Um, and also my finally, um, do you like Mike Grill's Green Arrow, Rich? Where are you on it? You're a DC guy. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, yeah. I don't have any like issues or anything with it. I oh, see. I really dig it. Like I, I, I went and got Longbow Hunters. And I was so surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Like, I was stunned by how much I enjoyed Mike Grill's Longbow Hunters. And um, in classic Dave style, I bought the massive two omnibuses that make up his entire run. So his entire run's collected over these. They're huge, these omnibuses, man. Um, they are pure, like, on the shelf, just saying, here I am. Um, so the second one of those came in. And I'm hoping that they continue collecting them because the, the next run is Chuck's run, where he takes over, where, where, spoilers, he kills um, Oliver Queen and Connor Hawke becomes the Green Arrow, um, which is a long and very, very good run. So I'm really hoping that they keep the omnibuses coming because I think that'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I I, mean, Dan Jurgens was an art duties. Mike Grell himself was an art duties at times. I, I think it's a... A classic run that I think for a while wasn't getting the love and, and these days it feels more like I guess with the show Rich they pumped out a lot more Green Arrow material mm-hmm. you know with, with the with the Arrow Arrowverse and all that kind of stuff they sort of they lent on Green Arrow a bit more heavily in the last 10 years now oh yeah, yeah. the first piece of news tonight other than the Beatles um Possible leaked image from Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness set photos supposedly showing Tom Cruise as Iron Man, so an alternate dimension Iron Man, Rich. What, what's your reaction? Do you think these set photos are real? I checked out the photo. It did look like Tom Cruise with a moustache, actually. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I suppose anything's possible these days with, uh, with these movies that they're making with all the... Uh... Uh, with both DC and, or should say, Warner Brothers and Marvel, really delving into this whole uh, multiverse sort of sure. stuff and all that. And let's be honest, that was, um, you know, there was lots of like fan casting of like, oh, what if they did the Avengers in like the, you know, the nineties or sure. the two thousands and stuff and all that. You know, where they had uh, and, and Tom Cruise was a lot of people picked him for the Iron Man, mm. you know, and all that sort of stuff. So. Um, no, they might do it as a, as a bit of a, I guess, like a um, a small throwaway Easter egg scene for you know those people back in the day where uh, Tom Cruise maybe was slated or was in talks to do Iron Man before. Obviously, they they actually did the MCU and all that. What did you think about it when Tom Cruise was rumored to play Green Lantern? So, I mean, it's possible. I I, w- I wouldn't say he would. He's going to be. Oh, uh, I knew that wasn't going to. It was a big, I mean, big room. I know why they did it because obviously Top Gun. I mean, mm. I get, I get it, but yeah, I just, I never saw that happening. Um, no, I, the problem I have with um, was like a massive. Sorry, Rich, we just lost, we lost you there for a sec. What did you say? The problem you had? What was the problem you had? Well, the problem with Green, with that casting news is that I think I don't think Green Lantern was a big enough name for Tom Cruise. Mm. Yeah. So I never put much stock in there because I was like, ah, oh, it's no way Tom Cruise wants to play a, a character. He's, he's probably not even, you know, that he's not probably even aware of. Well, yeah. I could be wrong. He may know Green Lantern. Where, whereas Iron Man, he knows about it just because of how massive these movies have been. He, he He's a professional. He'd be well aware of it now, you know. 
um, the, oh, br- yeah. the brand recognition. Uh, of course, yeah. Uh, I, look, I mean, I'd be down for it, 100% down for it, but part of me does think this is the same stuff that was leaked by the Tom Cruise fans, you know, leaked slash generated by the Tom Cruise fans uh, over the Green Lantern thing, which really did hit the internet big. And we spent a couple of episodes on it, um, but it, I think it was all just hot air. Uh, I did look at the fo- Have you seen the photo with Tom Cruise with the mustache? Or some, what might be Tom Cruise with the mustache? Have you seen it? I've seen it, but again, it's not, you can't really see mm. too much. Like, I mean, it, it's, it, it could just be a lookalike that they're trying to imply that, you know, this is what it would have looked like if Tom Cruise, but again, it may be. Mm. I mean, that photo could also just be like the stunt double or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, doing something. I don't know. Like, you know, it could be. Said, yeah. If, if you had asked me this like 10 years ago, I would have said you're dreaming. Mm. But, you know, right now, you know, with a, I mean, you've got Michael Keaton coming as Batman. You've just had the three Spider-Men, you know, teaming up in a movie. Honestly, right now, I, I think they, they're quite game for throwing anything against the wall, so to speak. Yeah, I do agree. It's going to be interesting. Now, I brought up, uh, this is kind of like a, it, it, I found it funny, actually. Sean Penn's promoting a new movie called Flag Day. Uh, and this broke last night. Um, he was talking about, uh, I guess, masculinity uh and he said i have these very strong women in my life who do not take masculinity as a sign of oppression toward them there are a lot of i think cowardly genes that lead to people surrendering their genes and putting on a skirt he's basically saying men have become too feminine um interesting stuff from sean penn who's never really shied away from controversy and hot takes in his time um i just thought it was funny rich what did you what did you make of his comments I, mean, I don't necessarily disagree. I mean, they've done lots of studies where they've basically said like testosterone levels are like super low, right? These days in in young men and all that. I mean, that's really? not to say that they're not manly, but I mean, testosterone is a big factor in masculinity, right? So you're um, saying there's a, a physiological kind of like change? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's got it's got something. Obviously, it must be something to do with. Change environment or our food, or mm. you know, fact, well, maybe even what's being put in the foods and all that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, there, there is these studies out there where, um, yeah, younger younger guys now do have quite low, really, uh, testosterone. So that could be than, diet, than previous generations, that could be diet as well, couldn't it? And you know, maybe, no, that's what I said. It's, it's probably a few different factors. I mean, life has changed in the last 60. Mm. 50, 60 years, you know, the food we consume, the lot way less, food is made and all that sort of stuff. A lot less people doing stuff outside as well, you know? Um, you know, oh, yeah, of course. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, there's, there's far more people just sitting on their phones than, sure. than than ever before or just, you know, sitting in front of a computer or something like that. Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying that as a negative thing, but, I mean, all of these things can be contribute, contributing yeah. to good point, just lower testosterone in, in men. Yeah, good point, Rich. And Rich is, yeah, you're kind of saying Sean Penn might be onto something. I like it. I like it as well because it's just kind of a hot take and it's just like you can imagine, I'm sure, that some corners of the internet are just working themselves up into a tizzy about it right now, which is always enjoyable. I'm, 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 I am surprised that that came from Sean Penn, though. Well, I mean, you know, it's he has, Sean he, Penn. He hasn't, he hasn't struck me as the most manliest man. Oh, no, Sean Penn considers himself a real man, dude. He's He's always been a... No, no, I, I didn't say what he considers. I said I've never considered him right, to be yeah. um, uh, like well, a manly man. If you recall, back before, I guess, the late 90s when he sort of became more known as a serious actor 
uh, he was a bad boy for a long time. You know, he was kind of hard drinking. Oh, you're talking about like Richmond High and all that sort of stuff that time period? Uh, or into the 80s when he was with Madonna and all that. Like, you know, he he had that bad boy reputation kind of thing, you know, yeah. like that later on became more of a sort of like he's a serious actor and activist as well. Who could have ever forget Hurricane Katrina, Sean Penn in his boat with his entourage and they started sinking in the water. That was fucking hilarious. You've ever seen that? He's a little dinky. Yeah, Oh, it's one of the funniest things you'll ever see. Like, Sean Penn's come down to save lives and had to be bailed out because of all these idiot, you know, entourage that was with him. You know, it was just a poorly planned expedition. Um, now, Richard, uh, I'm getting more... Probably not a good good thing. Do you think I should be watching this show called Ancient Aliens? <laughs> I found this show. I mean, probably not, but you're going to anyway. I found this show, and I was like, it's all the stuff that I've ever kind of considered. It's now being, there's like many episodes about it. And I said to Michelle, I said, have you heard of the show called Ancient Aliens? And she goes, you really don't need to be watching that. And I said, I really do. I think they're coming up with a lot of information. But not related to that specifically, but there's this guy on TikTok who claims he's a time traveler um, from the future and has been sharing proof on TikTok, that he's been alone in a post-apocalyptic world for 340 days. Uh, he claims to come from the year 2028 and has continued to proclaim there are no humans left, even though buildings and cars are still in place. So 2028, man. Um, I'm thinking, uh, and maybe I'm being a cynic, Rich, a lot of these TikTok people are just out for likes, you know, and trying to monetize that however they monetize it. I don't, I don't know. Could this be a scam, Rich? Is he running a scam on us? I do like I do like you ask like it's a question. <laughs> well, like could could this be as like like it's like yes, it's definitely a scam. Like it's not even a question, really. Well, you never know. Wait, what? What you you reckon in <laughs> like the next what? Six years, we've somehow developed some sort of like time dilation technology I don't know. for uh, doing stuff, uh, <laughs> you know, sending pictures or stuff from the, the future to the well, past. Well, he's TikToking. Uh, is he in the future or is he coming back from the future to do his TikTok? I don't even really understand TikTok. But well, like, I mean, know. okay, so <laughs> if, you, if you were like the last man on earth and you came back, <laughs> Don't you think you'd be warning people and not doing TikTok? <laughs> like, don't you think you would be taking their proof to like the governments to say, "Hey, uh, there's a catastrophe coming" or some shit? I just well, I here's like, a good point. So, the social media user who goes by I'm not even going to mention his name. Um, so his username is only Survivor in Spanish, which is already dodgy because why would he sign up for TikTok as only Survivor before? Like, how is TikTok still operating? If the world has collapsed. But anyway, he's um, showing the pictures of the city of Valencia, Spain, emptying without any people around. Soon after, more videos of the empty city followed where there is no visible human activity. Yet electricity and internet connection remain available for the TikToker to be able to upload his videos. Fast forward 11 months and Javier or Javier now claims he is still stranded and has spent 340 days in total isolation with the world at his mercy. Day 314, alone in the world. I have toured cities and many more. What could be happening to me? What? In another video shared a day prior, he visited a famous museum in his home city that he claims is always full of people. 
Okay. Um, I keep trying to find human life. I am starting to lose hope. Today I got something to eat. How long is this going to last? Mention in the comments who might be able to help me. Like, what a fuckwit. Like, how? Am I the, am I the only one asking? How is he loading these TikToks up, Rich? Getting them to 2022. And then he's sitting there looking in the comment section. Like, that's what I don't understand. Is he coming? He's not coming. It would make sense if he, if he was back to the future and then coming back to 2022, uploading the TikTok and then looking at the comments and going back to the future. But how from the future is he able to access the TikToks from then? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't understand. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you, Dave. I think you put in far too much thought into it. Okay. Yeah, I think this guy's a scammer. <laughs> But, but what gives him a way, I mean, look, just what gives him a way to start up with is his TikTok handle is only Survivor. Because that makes it sound that, like, he's got to the future, and then he's like, oh, well, it's all empty. And then he signed up for TikTok from the future as only Survivor. You know, like, it's how is TikTok still operating in the future if there's no one around? Is it just automated and still running on automation? I mean, I mean, I mean technically it could be. Could I mean, be, I guess. Yeah. I mean, as long as the yeah, as long as access to the server wasn't um, the server farms or whatever they all. No, I mean, about. as long as as long as there's like technical electricity. But again, well, but then that's the question: if how is electricity? Because you I mean you do need people to do you? monitor and maintain electricity stations and all that. Yeah, but could they? How long could they run an automatic? You know. Uh, I, I, don't don't, know. I don't. I don't. Honestly, could not answer that question because I've never tested it. <laughs> Do you, like, don't you find it fascinating? And gee, I wish I, I wish I had access to U.S. government sources. Like when they say, like the internet's been around since the seventies for the military and stuff. Oh, don't you love that kind yeah. of shit? Like, like what the fuck was no, going that, on? But that is true, though. Yeah. So they were able it's, to use okay, the internet. But 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 be be mindful. It's not the internet that you're thinking of. No, I know. It's 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 kind of more like the nineties version of the internet. Yeah. Oh, even less than that. Like when they're talking about internet, they're talking about just like basically like almost wireless communication. Um, I guess through sort of like text and all that uh, from point to point. Right. Uh, it, it's it's far more like limited, but I mean it's the early internet. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it's it's super basic. So when people go, oh, they've had the like some people I think just in their brains go, oh my god, they've had this internet since the seventies. Like no, come on, mate. That's like that's like when they when you say that like they had phones. Mm. In like the 1920s, they didn't have mobile phones or like you know Flip cordless top. phones. They had those bloody you know rotary dials. Oh no, but also the ones of the operator. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you know, you know like yeah. where you'd have to pick it up and go, operator, give me the you know patch me to so and so and something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I think some people just they automatically just they think of modern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's no way. But, like, that's what I'm wondering, though. Like, I'd like to know how advanced it was. Like, from the, you know, was it like, would they have had, if you, like, I don't know if you remember, like, I was on the internet pretty early after it became accessible, like, at uni. They had, like, Netscape, I think it was called. It was kind of like a browser um, one of the first, or one of the most commonly used browsers back in like ninety four ish, five ish. Um, would it have been like that? Would they, would they have had a browser rich, or would it be more like email? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. Yes. Yeah. Like when, when you're thinking of early email, you, it's just more like text based. 
right sort of stuff it's not yes. web browsers or yeah, web okay. pages or anything like it it's just super rudimentary like text uh, right. from point to point that's on almost like a private network type you know a more um yeah point to point it's not like broad general that anyone could access it and all that you had to like have the specific receiver on your end and all that sort of stuff pretty cool though isn't it like i love that kind of shit and I'd, I'd like to know a lot more about like government secrets and stuff back in the 70s and stuff and 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 i'll be honest well, the aliens that we probably encountered back then that they've covered up you know well like, i mean to be fair I, I think a lot of our actual like technology and all that is kind of, a lot of it is owed to like military oh for sure yeah um, and the moon landings i mean um, the moon the space race you know yeah, no, but not just no, but not just that. Like, I mean, if if this is true, because I can't remember if I looked it up or not, but I believe that, like, you know, those rope the the Roomba robots. No, what are they? You know, those round robots that clean your the floors. You know, they. Go oh yeah, yeah. I, I sadly I don't have one, but yeah, I do know what you're talking about now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently the technology in that is very similar to like bomb disposable robots. Yeah, make, like make the sense. sensor yeah, and all yeah. that sort of stuff. That would make sense. Yeah, for sure. But I'm just saying, like, I think there's a lot of technology that is that we have that's probably owed to it being first developed for the military. Well, that's right. I mean, didn't they say, like, some of the biggest technological advances happened because of the first two world wars, you know, just because of the push to, you know, get ahead of the other side, basically, and the money that was sunk into R&D, you know. So, I mean, it's sad, but, like, unfortunately, the business of war at times has also you know, punched out a lot of um, technological advances kind of thing. I mean, think about stealth bombers mm. and stuff like that. Like, you know, we, the governments don't give much away, but they were floating around since the early 80s, and you can't tell me that they're not ahead of the fucking curve, that they don't have stuff we don't even know about, you know? Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We need to get a fucking government official on, you know, and I can, you know, talk about that kind of shit. Like a retired general or something, Rich. Can you get on this, man? Retired general who who likes comics, and we can kind of get him in as if we can talk about comics, and then I can say grilling him about government sources and aliens and stuff like that. Like, I'll 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 do my best, Dave. Clinton or, or was it Clinton or Obama said the first thing they did when they got in the office was they asked for the alien files. That was uh, I forget if it was Clinton. It was either Clinton or Obama, and they said, "Give me the I want to read the book about the aliens and stuff like that that you've got hidden." And you know they were saying, uh, I, I I would assume that if I would assume that gets given to the president regardless. Yeah, I know, but they were saying that was the first thing they asked for, which is pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, but then the cover up came in. Oh, there's nothing there. Blah blah blah. Yeah, right. We're not we're not buying it. We know they landed in the fifties. We know they landed in the seventies. You know, mm-hmm. we know a lot. We know a lot. We're scratching around the truths, Rich. You know what I'm saying? know a hell of a lot we can feel it as well uh, I, i'm not part of that we <laughs> rich is disengaging from the when i've got the general I'm, though i'm i'm, I'm just then distancing myself from the we part <laughs> well i'm 100 percent convinced i just want more information you know what i mean like oh man nothing would please me more even if we got wiped out tomorrow by aliens part of me would still be happy to know that they existed you know what i mean like yeah, it's sort of sad, but, like, every civilization has to rise and fall. You know, like, I'd, I'd be a bit matter-of-fact about it kind of thing, you know? 
Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest here. I, I can get that. I can get like being like, oh, fuck, it's coming to an end. But geez, it's uh, nice to know that there is actually aliens. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, exactly. I, get yeah. like, I, I well, can get that point of view. Well, I mean, come on. It's not like civilizations on this globe haven't gone over and conquered other people and shit. It's just going to a new level. It's interplanetary now instead of intercontinental. You know, that it, it is what it is. And plus, there'd be exciting kind of war and stuff. And there'd be, it'd be exciting a few days at least, maybe months. You know, like, it'd be crazy. I tell you what, I was talking to someone the other day and they started talking about Russia and Ukraine uh, and that and that potentially blowing up into, like, a World War conflict, kind of a trigger point. And I was like, I was like, fucking hell, it could really go. Do you think there's anything in this Russia? You, I mean, Russia and Ukraine are constantly posturing. Russia is often posturing to Ukraine. Do you think there's much chance that Russia will invade, Rich? I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think most of me thinks no, mm. but you know, uh, the the problem is, is stranger things have happened, and mm. um, I mean, look, we haven't had a full on war, um, in quite a long time now. So I mean, we're either due for one, or people will come to their senses and. Well, Chechnya, Chechnya, uh, Russia was, I mean, definitely involved in heavy military operations there, from memory. No, but I'm talking about an actual like. Oh, you're talking about a flashpoint where US and NATO forces are in hot conflict with, with Russian forces, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about, yeah, an actual proper all-out... Gotcha. ...drawing lines. Oh, that would know, be catastrophic and, today. Go, going to war and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I think a lot of people, while you know, people will push and they'll push and they'll test yeah. the boundaries and all that, but, I mean, push comes to shove. I don't think anyone really wants a, a full-scale... Oh, no. The loss of life would be massive. Even if it didn't go nuclear, with today's technology, Russia, China, US, the loss of life and the destruction would be just, it would be massive. You know what I mean? Like, And that's not even assuming uh, it nukes. You know, like the simple, just the quantity of weaponry that, that all the sides have. It is, I mean, that's what they've always relied on, the mutually assured destruction kind of thing card. And that's you know yeah well that, that, that's what I said a lot of countries are kind of like animals that test the fence you know what I mean yeah you know an, an animal that's caged will always test the fence to see uh, you know weaknesses or see if there's any given all that sort of stuff but I mean as I said I mean if if I, I think people will come to their senses if the Putin is a bit of a chess but player though. Putin is a bit of a chess player when it comes to this kind of stuff he doesn't mind a bit of theater and and. He does go sort of the extra level kind of thing. He's that kind yeah, of a guy. Yeah, but but it's it also also comes down to basically like um, it's it's also deception. Do you know mm, what I mean? Like yeah. you make them think that this is what you you want to do, yes. and then you get them to react or, or or do a certain way, or maybe they they acquiesce to something else, and that was your hundred percent. Yeah, you know that was your plan all along. So again, it's it can all be theatrics. It can all be oh yeah. Um, you know, uh, diversion to get something else and all that sort of crap. So again, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not really massively into world, uh, real world politics. Oh, I mean, I am on the international level, but uh, more for the drama than anything else. Not, not any ideology. You know, um, but no, but it'll be interesting. We do live in interesting times. Uh, now, Richard, I have a show that I am going to give. It's not Peacemaker. This show I'm about to mention is I'm going to give an extremely high recommendation to. It's called The Responder. 
It's a BBC crime show starring Martin Freeman. Uh, you might remember him from The Office. He played, I want to say he played Bilbo, if I'm right. I think he played he... the young Bilbo in The Hobbit, yes. Yeah, 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 in The Hobbit trilogy, yeah. yeah and he's done other shit as well. He was in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, and he was in Holmes as well. Yeah. Uh, the Sherlock Holmes, the BBC. Yes, yes. He was even in a Marvel movie as someone. I don't even know who, but like... Black, a... Black, yeah, it was in Black Panther he played. Yeah. So he's been around. He's been around for a long time. Oh, yeah, time. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Martin Freeman's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah. He was in the UK office as well. That's what I said that first. That's where I knew him from originally. Oh, yeah. did you? Okay, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. That's he, probably where most people know him from. This is, yeah, exactly, where it was a comedic role. This is now, it's a five-part, uh, I want to say mini-series. I guess that you call it season one. I'm not sure if there's a season two yet, but it is a really high-quality drama. He plays a Liverpool police officer who's responding, obviously. Nighttime, he works generally solo to, you know, responding to you know, stuff coming in on the radio and all that. Extremely dark, uh, realistic. Uh, it's written and produced by an ex-policeman from Liverpool. And so he kind of wrote it based on his own experiences and stuff and stories and everything. Um, it is confronting, but it's also a really great character study. A completely, completely burnt out cop, like burnt out to the level of just like can barely function in society and on his job but he's he's operating on like that one percent energy you know what i mean rich you know you know when they they talk about burnout in the workplace this is a guy suffering from chronic burnout it is really interesting very well acted very gripping um i honestly i'm giving it my highest recommendation it's very dark and confronting um, without being overly sensationalist. So it's not massive amounts of violence. It's it's more of a character study, and there is a storyline of shit going on and escalating consequences and stuff, but I have honestly... I've watched three or four episodes. I'm going to polish off the rest of it this weekend. I Have you heard of this, Rich? The Responder? No. I, I honestly think, Richard... I, I know that generally you steer away from sort of darker kind of, you know, stuff... And there is a little bit of um, corruption storyline in it, but it's mostly a character study, and I am finding it incredible, actually, Richard. I, I think this is next level. I've, rec- I've been recommending this all week to people. Um, if you like dark crime drama, um, this could be up your alley, listeners. Rich, I, how are you feeling about it? I know you prefer sort of the more the white hats, black hats kind of thing, don't you? I mean, in general, yes. There's some uh, dark things I do watch. It's just, I don't know. It, uh, it, I have to watch it, and I, it has to appeal to me. Like, I mean, I used to watch Dexter back in the day. Right. Um, okay, I mean, yeah. I, felt, I, I dropped off of it because it just started getting a bit too... Ridiculous. Meh. But, I mean, you know, I, it, it just depends, I guess, on the subject matter, the characters and all that sort of stuff. It's just that I'm not automatically drawn to darker stuff, but there are some more... Um, dark things have i sold it to you with my description it's just gonna hit me have i sold it to you with my description martin freeman dark uk crime drama liverpool corruption consequences choices that kind of stuff you feeling it rich uk not not really (laughs) (laughs) well no richard i didn't actually think you would uh, i tried my hardest though listeners to get richard to buy in there i was hoping martin freeman might have got you across the line that's why i kept mentioning martin can i I just say i i i find it again 
the UK is one of those places if you set a crime drama in it kind of thing and all that, it's got to hit right because sometimes I just find accents mm. comical. Oh, the, you know it's I mean? a heavy like, Liverpool accent that he's got going on. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, yeah, so sometimes I just can't, the accent can, can um, you know, like, I mean, I, I like um, that movie uh, Rock, and, Rock and Roller. Oh, yeah, that's a good movie, yeah. 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 Richie movie. Like something like that. It, 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 but sometimes the accents can be a bit over the top in something that's supposed to be yeah. like dark or crime. And then I just kind of go, I just don't feel. It, it's just weird. Accents is a weird thing for me. Like, um, it's not like, like in America is a bit different because I think America is pretty consistent with like accents i mean especially when you go for tv shows they almost try to have a like, oh, yeah. non-distinct yeah they, accent whereas unless when, they're when going UK, for a boston unless they unless they're specifically going for like a boston accent most mainstream american tv it goes for a sort of generic you know we're generalizing yeah. but they're, they're, a lot of a lot of the shows that come out do a sort of uh fairly um generic style one yeah i agree yeah, so, like, listeners, I would say uh, if you do like UK crime drama, like a Luther, that kind of thing, it's darker than that. It's more realistic. Realistic is the word I'd use to describe. It actually feels like it's a real guy um, who's completely bur- burnt out and compromised um, and stuff that could actually happen. And, like, it even goes into the therapists and how the therapist is so overwhelmed by the sheer caseload she struggles to remember the names, um, sort of the, the the failures of the system are kind of exposed a little bit as well. Um, it's interesting. I, I I don't know. I just find it very interesting, and I think the fact that it's written and produced by a um, by a former cop who's only recently retired, who who comes from that exact area, who who did that exact job, it has that feel as well, Rich, where you feel like he's it's drawing on a lot of real world examples. Well, I mean, I mean, it certainly sounds like it could be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Now, something else that's interesting, and I'm going to Richard's going to take the floor in a second, so Rich, you can have your say. Uh, Neil Young, <laughs> you always get your say, Rich. But um, Neil Young uh, posted an open letter to his management team and record label this week, demanding they remove his music from Spotify. Uh, his quote was, "They can have Joe Rogan or Young." Um, he wrote, "Not both." And he's referring to, he has issues with Joe Rogan's um, uh, treatment of COVID vaccines on his podcast. And he he gives a lot of time and energy and air to sort of anti-vaxxers and et cetera, et cetera. And and he believes he's spreading misinformation. So Neil Young uh, came out and said this, um, who I do want to say I knew full well that they would go with Joe Rogan, who has an exclusive deal with Spotify, also has a very antagonistic relationship to streaming in the first place because he he's one of these guys, Rich, who um, heavily believes in, like, in the audio quality. Uh, he's been obsessed with it for, ye- like, years, 20, 30 years, to a point where he even tried to have his own style. He, he believes that when they went to streamers, they cut out, like, a lot of the audio quality. So he, for a long time, he, his music wasn't on any streamer for years. And then he came on two or three years ago onto all the major streamers. He's now pulled it. He's also complaining about the audio quality as well. Um, Joni Mitchell's followed suit. Uh, what did you make of it, Rich, um, of the whole event? Uh, I had a bit of a laugh. Like, 
I, I just love that he gave the ultimatum and they were like, cool, sorry to see you go. Yeah, but I think he knew that full well. Like, uh, some people I don't think quite grasp. Maybe, maybe. I mean, maybe you're giving him more credit. Maybe he literally thought he was, that they would they would go, oh, geez, no, sorry, Neil. Yeah, we'll we'll get rid of him, like, now. Well, he's yes, highly he's, regarded. Oh, sorry, so sorry, Neil Young. No, I don't think Neil Young's a fool. Like, Neil Young's a very highly regarded rocker, but Joe Rogan is the it boy of that podcasting. He has a massive audience and has added signed an exclusive deal with Spotify. So, whereas Neil is just, you know, another another face. Um, I And also, I do, don't forget... I will, I, will that, I will say this. I do think it's absolutely hilarious mm. that um, people are like, oh... We need to get, you know, boycott Joe Rogan. He's getting anti-vaxxers on, and yet the people he's getting on are actual scientists sure. who have degrees and, and have worked in those fields who are just giving their expertise mm. on the situation. I, I think, do find that yeah. hilarious. I mean, he's not just getting some random celebrity or person on there who's like, ah, oh, heck, the vaccine and all that sort of shit. He's actually getting scientists on there. Because let's be honest, like, we've – there isn't much discussion when it comes to the shit. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh no, uh, you have to believe this. And it's like, when have we ever been that way as a people? Well, like, I would say that a, human... studying the issue, there's apparently been a lot of scientists who've wanted to come on to Joe Rogan's podcast to debunk some of the stuff he's been saying who he's refused to have on. So that's a factor. Ah, uh, I doubt that. Well, I mean, that's what uh, they're claiming. Unle- no, 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 no. Unless they're bad actors, Joe Rogan is pretty much up for having anyone. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would say I, that. I don't, yeah. I don't listen to him that much, mm. but I've seen plenty of different types of people, left, right, so have I. So center, have I. It's true. wackadoo. So uh, unless someone's a bad actor or he, he doesn't believe that they'll, you know, operate in good faith or mm. on board, he has been known to say to people, no, you're not. Not coming on the show. Sure, I, I do not. I do not doubt that. But um, I, it's I've never known Joe Rogan to not have someone on if he feels they've got something worthwhile to say. Well, that. that's what I they mean, don't forget. They were they were carrying on saying like, "Oh, we're getting all these signatures from medical experts who are denouncing Rogan." And then someone pointed out most of those medical experts are like dentists and mm. you know, foot doctors and shit. They're not actual people that have any like experience in the field of, you know, uh, like viruses and stuff and all that. So uh, it's all... Uh, but there's plenty of... There's plenty, there's plenty of... There's plenty of... There's plenty... Like, without meaning to get too deep in the weeds, there's plenty of scientists and doctors who've come out pushing the vaccine super hard, who've got qualifications, who's, who are saying, take it, it's like, you know... Yeah, yeah. and there's also ones who are not. Like, uh, sure. here's the thing. Like, and again, I guess Joe Grogan is trying to have the conversation because he did get COVID... Mm. And the doctor that he saw put him on this regiment of, of tablets. Yeah. And bang, it was gone. Yeah, true. No, Nigri. So I guess he's trying to go, I guess maybe he's also trying to have a conversation because think about it this way. We don't have, a, we don't have an actual proper medication for this yet. Mm. Like you, it can't just be the vaccine because guess what? Everyone is pretty much vaccinated now and all the people getting it have the vaccine, have been vaccinated. Yeah, but it's um, I mean? like, but it, but it, it it's meant getting, to dilute the it's meant to dilute means... the symptoms to stop the people going to hospital. That's Dave, that's what it's doing. It does no 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 Dave 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 you, you're missing my point. Mm. When you get a flu shot, mm-hmm. you can still get the flu, correct? I believe so. Yeah. And if you get the flu, 
you take medication for it, even if you've had your flu shot, correct? I, you can take, yeah, I think, yeah. But it does yeah, dilute the, it does dilute the effect. We don't have medication, yes, but my point is, but we, we have set medication for if you get the cold or the flu or whatever, there's medication you can take. Right now, we have yeah. no medication for COVID. If you get COVID, there is no actual, like, here you go, here's a prescription or whatever mm. to help you with the thing. So I guess he's trying to have the conversation is that he had a, a doctor who prescribed him a, it was a bunch of tablets, because again, yeah. there wasn't any set medication, but it worked for him. Yeah, yeah. So maybe instead of pushing the vaccine, the vaccine, the vaccine, get your boosters, get your boosters, get your seventh booster, get your seventh, maybe the conversation is like, look, if this is here to stay, where's the medication? Where's sure. if you get it, here's a prescription you can but go why to can't you have both? To, why, to well, I mean, it. I'm not against them developing medication. Like, I, I mean, I'm all for that, no. but, you know. Yeah, but my point is, but no one is having that conversation. The only conversation is the vaccine. Get the vaccine, get the vaccine. Yeah, well, they're pushing that hard. No, that's fine. It pretty much... Yeah, but pretty much everyone has got the bloody vaccine. Like not, over ninety percent of people in Australia are in vaccinated. Australia, yeah, in Australia. But so I, why are we still discussing the vaccine? Let's discuss medication. Well, I think let's discuss working on an actual medication for sure. this shit. But surely they're doing that as well. Like you, you're talking about a cure? Is that what you mean? I don't know. No, not a cure, Dave. Medicine. We've never cured the common cold. Yeah. But you take medication to get over it quicker, or again yeah. to reduce your symptoms, or to stop certain symptoms from happening. We don't have a medication for COVID yet. But I thought, and, and and I'm no expert, and I don't even care that much, but I thought that a big factor in why they pushed the vaccine so hard is that, in general, the majority, if, like, say me, okay, I'm fully vaccinated and boosted. If I got COVID tomorrow, which could easily happen, you know, um, it it's supposed to dull the effects a lot. I, and so, hence, I don't go to hospital. Hence, I don't take up a bed, again, blah, that, blah, blah. That's what they say, Dave. And again, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I've been vaccinated. Yeah. But I've had people who've... I've seen people who say, I'm not vaccinated. I got COVID and I had mild symptoms. So... Yeah. But I, I know people what, who've had... who What gave them... Yeah, I know. Mm. But I know people who've had the vaccine and had massive symptoms. I mean, we literally have yeah. five people at work. Yeah. And one of them got vaccinated and she massively sick, lost all taste. Yeah. And, and, and everything couldn't barely move, but she was vaccinated. So my point is, we need to be having discussions about it. We're not, and, and, and I mean sure. open discussions about both sides. We need to stop yeah. telling people mm. who maybe aren't like, hey, I'm not all vaccination saves the day and we just get vaccinated and that's the end of the discussion. Mm. Because as I said, there's people who have been vaccinated who have had major symptoms and there's people who have vaccinated who have minor symptoms. Then you have people who have unvaccinated who have also had major symptoms and but aren't they going for? So, I, I yeah. thought they're going for sort of more the uh, the majority. Like, there's always going to be people who react very poorly. They may have other conditions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So then the question is, if that's the case, how do you know if that's the vaccine doing it and not just who they are? Well, I guess they look at. Uh, that's they my, easy, that's they, my point. You could easily measure conversation. You could easily measure that. You could measure. You could measure a country that is lowly vaccinated or doesn't have vaccine, and it just goes right through the. You know, they can't afford it. They don't have the health care. There'd be plenty of countries like that. I imagine like in India, um, you know, PNG, those kind of places, compared to a country like us who is lucky to have a pretty robust healthcare system and has a lot of vaccination rates. And so when the COVID goes around, 
you can see here's here's what happens in a country that's well vaccinated. Here's what happens in a country that's not vaccinated, and you can just see how the healthcare system handles it and how many people die, etc. Yeah. Like you know, look at, at the end of the day, it. unlike uh, Neil Young and all these other people, I'm not afraid <laughs> of words of people discussing. Well, you know, look, I, I hear your point. That sort of stuff. In Neil Young's defence, I do want to say this, and he's even said I, he's not arguing for censorship. He's saying, look. Spotify are a private company. They can do whatever they want. I can, but I can pull my music. Mm, I'm going to have to disagree with you there, Dave. Well, that's what he um, says. He could have just said, "No, no, no." If he says, "I'm not pro censorship," then he sh- then there should never have been an ultimatum because that's censorship. If they had picked Neil Young uh, over Joe Rogan and kicked him out, that's he, that's censorship. You're telling them kick him off or get rid of me that you're advocating censorship. You should have just said, listen, uh, I don't want to be on the platform with Joe Rogan, so please take my music off your platform. That's all uh, he had to say. I but guess. The fact that he demand or put that ultimatum, mm, that's censorship, Dave. It's interesting. Yeah, you can call it something else, but that is censorship. Uh, it's interesting. as well. He is also an old-fashioned activist, hippie from the 60s, who's got – he like, this is not a guy hurting for money. He just sold 50% mm. of his catalogue for hundreds of millions of dollars. Weren't faction, uh, fas- uh, like uh, hippies and, and, and all that sort of stuff from the past anti-government though i mean back in the but that's what i'm saying he he that's what he is he's always been but, he, but he's pro but he's pro government now pro he's, pro, he's, he's, de- he's definitely pro vaccine says. i don't think it's but i i look at me i'm i'm anti-government but i definitely think the vaccines uh like i think vaccinations in general are a good thing i think there's been many diseases and stuff that they've managed to cure and massively limit over the course of like the last hundred years. I think we're in a lot better position yeah. due to that. And very and very few of these have been forced and mandated and made legal and illegal if you don't get it by the government. That's all I'm saying. Again, I'm not lumping all together, mm. but this is the first time that people have been forced to get an injection by the government and everyone's like, just do what the government says. Well, Don't I mean, the government. And prior like, oh, to COVID, that's, weird. that's really pr- weird. Prior to COVID, prior to COVID, there was a that anti-vaxxer thing about vaccinating children, and like there was those false claims that led to autism and stuff. You know, like so there was there was always that element there. There was always that discussion in the last ten years, for sure. I said, uh, there's just there's a lot of inconsistencies and all that with this whole thing and all that. As I said, like you know, you got people who you know. Uh, you know they don't believe anything the government says, and then then they don't believe that the government who they don't trust wouldn't use this to their advantage in a situation like this. They just go, no, 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 no. I've changed my mind. Listen oh, to the government. I, the government look, knows what they're doing. I, I just go, I, I, yeah. you can't. I, I just don't think you can chop and change like that. I just, I'm sorry. Well, like, I mean, I, 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 I frankly believe. Like, forget about vaccines. I, I do think that the governments have just like with nine eleven, they've used it as an excuse to uh, restrict freedom. Um, you know, personal freedom and 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 heighten and gov- and and presidents have said this. Obama said this that like there was a price to freedom and like you know they they put safeguards in so called safeguards in place that restricted freedoms of citizens for sure. They've done that and they're doing that now. So they're definitely doing that. The vaccine, I'm a little bit more um, forgiving on. No, look, I I look, I don't believe in like uh, I'm not saying like I you know, oh microchips all that sort of crap with the government but i'm just saying like i i just think that the fact that uh all conversation has been shut down sure and the and and you know governments are making it like illegal almost not you know and people are demanding that people are not vaccinated get put in camps and all that sort of shit i just go i think we've just lost the plot on the whole fucking 
the thing. I just think people have just lost their absolute fucking minds when it comes to this. Oh. In general, I mean, some politicians in Australia, general. I'll name one, Dan Andrews, have used it really to strengthen their own position. You know, and I think it's been ridiculous how some of the Australian yeah. politicians have handled the matter. I mean, frankly. Well, that, well, that's my point. If if this gives you massive control over the population, why would you ever want it to go away? Yeah, and, and that's a valid discussion. That. Just, that's all I'm saying. Like, yeah. just think but about that. If I, I, I question, I, I agree with you on that. Government shady, I, I agree with you on that. I do agree with you. You know I agree with you on that. Um, But I do, and I dare say Neil Young agrees with that, but I do think that vaccines in general have helped a hell of a lot for human progress over the last 100 years. We've made a lot of advances. Dave, Dave, I do agree with you. I don't have an issue with vaccines, but all those other vaccines that you're talking about took years, years Mm. to develop. Sure, they're fast-tracked this one. This is something that within a year was being jabbed into people's arms with no long-term studies, no nothing to, to see what problems could be down the line. I've got no problems with the vaccines. I've got no problem with curing chickenpox, all this sort of shit. But all those vaccines and stuff took years to develop. Mm. Trial and error, tests, making yeah. sure it's safe. And sometimes it wasn't safe and, you know, it caused complications. So I'm just saying I mm. don't see an issue with people being allowed to question, allowed to question. the validity yeah. of something that was super rushed and has had no testing pretty much. Or extensive Good testing point. whatsoever. Good point. Good I d- point. Again, I took the jab. You know, I took that chance and all that. You know, I, but did you have I said, to? You know, you, sure because of work? Because some works do. You know. No, I, I, I honestly, I got it before that. Right. It was yeah. so funny because I had actually wished I hadn't got it because, like, literally a few weeks afterwards, they put the mandate in that said if you're not vaccinated, you can't work. I was like, God damn it! Why did I get vaccinated? <laughs> 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 I was damn it! Why did I do that? Uh, so no, I I got it before those things. Yeah, yeah, like without effect, disclosing names. It was more. Look, it's more me trust trying to put trust in the doctors. Yeah. But I just I I'm sorry. I, I this whole talk of everyone like, oh the the government has got your best interest. Listen to the government. Blah blah blah. I'm like I don't agree with that. Just, yeah. Like the government, the government here in Australia has been handled the whole thing awfully, terribly. You know, in my I mean, opinion. if if COVID doesn't go away, if they don't like shit, they can just lock down the fucking country and go. You're all confined to your homes. Like mm. I'm just, I don't know. We we we've right now we've given the government so much power. Mm. I know of, of our daily lives, and it's pretty fr- scary. When and you think frankly, that. a lot of them are clowns. I will say this. Um, you know, I mean, I voted for him, but I I feel that the prime minister of this country has. I mean, he couldn't source the vaccine. He couldn't source it. He. You know, he, he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't provide leadership. He's been terrible. You know what I mean? And, like, so he's not anyone I have any faith in, and I don't have any faith in the opposition either. So I tend to trust the medical advice without really trusting the government at all. I, I don't think the government knows what they're doing half the time. You know, they're running from crises yeah, to crises. But, but as I said, when it comes to medicine and science, um there's always people that, you know, like, you need to question science as well. Sure. Yeah. No, like, I, I hear you. You can't yeah. just, you can't blindly, because that's why, you know, you, that's why when it comes to science, there has to be at least a consensus. Sure. And, and to me right now, I feel like there seems to be a split between scientists, mm. like the pro and the against. But I, I've not really seen a consensus where a majority, like, a get, like, you know, 75%. 80% of the scientific community agrees. 
it kind of feels like it's maybe 60 40 or something like that which you could argue with this but it's not like I wouldn't call that a consensus, 60-40. Like what you're talking about, like, like a, a mandate. That's so close to 50-50. Mm. I tell you one thing that um, I am glad, that they went away from that. What I think is very scary is you still got some people in the media here in Australia saying, oh, we need to lock everything down again. And I And I really think that, like, for the sake of just, not just the economy, the economy, but also just people's lives, you, you cannot have everyone, if we're going to vaccinate everyone, well, you can't lock them all up again. You, you've got to bring back that feeling of people can go outside, they can mingle, et cetera, et cetera. Like, oh, there's, you know, you've got to well, live that's with my, that's my That's my problem with the government is, is they keep us. Is what? They keep moving the goalposts. Oh, yeah. yeah so no, mine, mine too. We, yeah. Were, we were told... When we're eighty percent, we can get back to like normality. We can get rid of the mandates, right? Then they were like, "No, no, no! Now it's got to be ninety percent." Yeah. Now we're well past ninety percent, but we still have the mask mandates and the the fucking passport shit and all that sort of crap. And it's like, at what point you, we keep hitting these these milestones that you tell us we've got to hit? Yeah. And then you keep moving the goalposts, and that's why I said, I, I to me, the governments don't want you talking about it. They don't want you questioning it because yeah. they kind of want to kind of keep it in the air. Agree, like, agree. As as and, and let's face it, I, I don't know about the US politicians, but our politicians here, they talk straight out of middle management. They sound like middle managers. They're all about getting responsibility off themselves. Um, it's it's not leadership. It's 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 honestly pathetic how, how they speak in the media now. And, and you're right, how they refuse to give straight answers. There's been many examples of their dithering and their contradictions and their lack of, you know, they're, they're not able to take stands on things. They're always deferring to someone else. Um, I think our the governments here have been shown to be disgraceful in a lot of ways uh, and have been shown up. And, and sadly, the alternatives are, are all bad. I mean, my next, my next election, I, I might just vote 100% fucking, I might go back to basics and vote green as a protest, you know? Uh, because I am just that sick of how they've been running the country, frankly. I, I'd almost prefer chaos, you know? Um, you know, I, I have some significant reservations about the government, Rich, which I won't even get into because we could be here all night. Uh, I will say Joni Mitchell yeah. has also pulled let's, her... Let's move on, though. Oh, no, no, no. Well, it's an interesting topic. I mean, in terms of... Uh, in terms of no, but, but we're here to talk about entertainment and... Yeah, that's true, Rich. And, uh, movies and, and games and, yeah. and comics and yeah. whatnot. Not, not, I knew not this Neil Young I, and I, the vaccine. I did like it, though, Neil. You know I like Neil Young. There was one guy, just to wrap this up, uh, getting... I just, I just had a good laugh. I just had a no. good laugh because I heard him make the ultimatum. Yeah. And then, like, literally a day later, the headline was... Spotify says goodbye to Neil. Well, <laughs> and I just was like, I just. In fairness to Neil Young, firstly he's worth a lot, and he just sold fifty percent of his catalog for like fucking three hundred billion. So he's not hurting for cash in any way. So I don't really think he sees this as a huge loss at all. Like him losing no, Spotify. I, I think he's, you know. he's done this as as um as as uh, uh, protest. Uh, Brownie points, basically. He's, well, he's, I, he's, I would... It's an empty gesture. I don't even think brownie points with Neil Young. I think he's one of those guys who passionately believes in it. Like, I, I actually believe he's a genuine activist in the well, sense that, like, he's passionately yeah, believes Yeah, but here's the thing. He sold 50% of his catalogue, which means that people who own the 50% will put that back on Spotify, so... I don't know about that. Like, I don't know. He sold, like, the publishing rights. That's what I think he sold. Because Bob Dylan just... Did another yeah. deal. Well, so. they, they, they can well they can publish it on uh, Spotify. Well, they've already pulled it, Rich. 
So his 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 management team and all that have already pulled it. He may have. The, I don't know the who who has the final call on that, but they've done that already. Um, but he he he. I believe it's the publishing, the songwriting publishing that he sold. Didn't he only somewhere. just sell his catalog though? Oh, a couple of months ago, yeah. No, well, usually deals like that take about a year to come into effect, though. Yeah, he yeah, it was recently the deal went through. Yeah, yeah. So my point is, he again, he could be doing this, and it goes off because he knows at some point after the deal's been finalized and all the he could come back on whatever that half fifty percent of his catalog will be back on Spotify anyway. Yeah, I mean, but it just makes him look good. Clearly, though, he also like outside of this whole Joe Rogan bullshit, he has a genuine gripe about streamers anyway. Neil Young hates the MP3 format. You know, like he hates old, it. Old man yells it. Oh yeah, old yeah. You know, no, no. He's like, seriously the old guy who, you know, really believes in sound quality and all that. And I am rolling my eyes when I say it. But as a Neil Young sort of fan who knows a fair bit about Neil Young, oh, this has been a there's been a long-standing gripe with him. So he hates streamers before this even came out. So that's the other funny part of it as well. Like. Him, him losing Spotify, you know, he probably almost feels good about it. Now, um, turning on to other news away from uh, Richard and David discussing politics. Um, Peacemaker, uh, Richard, have you had a chance to watch any of it? Uh, no, not yet. I'm going to, just in case I do want to keep watching it, I'm going to uh, catch up next week with it. I just want oh. to get a few more episodes. Did you watch any? Have you watched any of it yet or not? No. Okay. No, no. I watched episode. I want to say it was episode five. Um, I really, really like it, Rich. I like it's. I I actually think it's it's just so. Partly it was because my expectations were so low to start it to start out with. I mean, I I only put it on for the show. You know what I mean? Like, and I really liked it. It's I'm five episodes in, and I am so engaged. Uh, completely the opposite of, say, a Boba Fett, which I watch almost out of a sense of duty for the show, you know? Um, it, I actually, I, I finish it, it, you know, and I'm like, I'm not saying it's the world's greatest show by any means. Like, it's a, it's 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 it, at best an eight, you know? 7.5 to eight, but it's consistent. It's funny. It's got good characters. He's really good, but the ensemble cast is also really good. The storylines of what they're doing is a little simple, if, you, if I have to be honest. Like, it's... It's it's a lot of you remember with Suicide Squad the James Gunn Suicide Squad, I like there wasn't much to the story. It was all about the the sort of moving parts around the story, if you know what I mean. Like the characterizations, uh, the actual story itself was really quite simple. Here it's also quite a simple story, but it's all about the characters and the performances and and the comedy. And I'm finding it it's hitting like consistently. So I'll be interested to get your take on it when you do watch it rich it might surprise you you might enjoy it more than you think you will well what i find fascinating and we'll we'll get to this later in the show when we when we do the weekly comics is sure. uh they've just put out a peacemaker comic which is literally the complete opposite of the show that they're busy doing at the moment yeah the garth ennis one mm. yeah we did that and that's that's in weekly comics this week yeah um yeah as i said we'll we'll, we'll discuss it a bit late find it fascinating that they've got this show which is going for a more comedic one and they kind of release a peacemaker yeah. comic almost kind of alongside with it but it's a completely different tone i just find that fascinating in a way mm. because again if you find if you like the show and you find out there's a comic yeah and you go pick up the comic you go what the fuck is this i thought i was getting more 
Uh, it's like, it's one more time. It's one more time where I almost just like, even though I kind of enjoy the comic, I, I despair once again at DC and Marvel's inability for synergy. Um, yeah, but, yeah, you know. synergy is well. Back in the day, they used to actually change the comic to to, to meet the 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 movie. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. Like yeah. when uh, the first X Men movie came out, and they're all running around in those. And black leather, yeah, the, the uh, Great Morrison, suits, the Great Morrison whatever. comic, yeah. Then, they, yeah, they they went and they were like, well, we'll better put the X Men in those black <laughs> tracksuits in the comic book. So, yeah, they've lost all synergy, good or bad. Like, it's just yeah. no synergy now. I agree, and, and you could argue, uh, and I am on the fence myself. You could argue it's a good thing or bad thing to have synergy, but they've just abandoned it like completely. Um, their, their Peacemaker comic that they put out this week is almost kind of influenced slightly in tone to the original 80s one, which we did. It's kind of a more serious, you know, I would say a more depressing version, you know? I don't, I don't have a problem with synergy because, I mean, as comic readers, you know everything's going to go back to the way it was at some point. This is just something that they're doing for a while for maybe new readers, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because when X-Men became X-Factor and... Cyclops was running around in that horrendous blue and white oh, yeah. costume with a giant X on it. Yeah, it's bad. You know, eventually, he went back to his his blue and gold, you know, a, a more like traditional one. So, you know, I knew that the jumpsuit thing was only going to be, you know, a, a limited thing, and then they'd go back to the costumes. But just in that time period, yeah, you whatever new readers you get on, they'll then be there for when you change it. Back, and back to the guess what? I was you know one. I, mean? I was one of them. I because you know I love my Grant Morrison. And when I watched that X-Men movie, I don't know if we'd met uh, when that X-Men movie came out. I think it was shortly after that. But I, I love that movie so much. And I read so much X-Men, the 70s and also... The, I was reading the 70s stuff in The Essentials. And I was like, I was loving it. And then I realised Grant Morrison was writing X-Men in the comics. And I went and bought the hardbacks. And it was still... He was coming towards the end of his run. And I just dug it so heavily. And then when Grant Morrison left the title, they rebooted with uh, Whedon, actually. He's just Whedon before the uh, allegations um, when he was everybody's darling. Which was, not a, which, is, which was not a terrible run. No, it wasn't. No, no, but I'm saying when he brought did Astonishing X-Men, a run I enjoy, he brought back the costumes. Uh, that's when they brought mm. it back. So, yes. it was, yeah, it was interesting. So... Well, yeah. I mean, they they did an updated uh, version of the costumes, which yeah. as I said, you knew that was going to happen. Like as Definitely. soon as that sort of period ended, they were always going to go back to the costume. So again, I don't mind the synergy because I know it's a short term thing just to capitalize on the movie, TV show, or something. Very true. Very true. But um, it's but it's weird to look. But it's weird to launch a TV show mm. and then launch a comic side by and have them be completely totally different that's, well that's a weird choice that's almost back to the old days when sometimes they didn't know what they were doing you know um yeah i i think it was, look they're just hoping that people enjoy the name peacemaker and just go and buy that peacemaker comic and i guarantee you a lot of those people i was one of them had never even heard of the character and they won't be finding out they won't be doing the signal deep dive on the 80s stuff they'll be rushing to the if hopefully, rushing to their comic store and purchasing that Peacemaker one-shot and they'll be going, what the fuck is this? You know? Because um, it's such a different take. But anyway. Um, so then we come to... Oh, yeah. So Suicide Squad director James Gunn teases a second spin-off series in development for HBO Max from the Suicide Squad, though details are scarce. Uh, 
Uh, what do you think, Rich? What what character could it, could it be a vigilante one? Potentially, he's because he's in the peacemaker. Could could it be a probably? Vigilante? I mean, the way that they the, the the fact that they've written him like fucking uh, a cheap Deadpool probably makes me believe it. But though, I don't know. I, I haven't seen all the characters. I haven't watched the show, but I'm sure it'll be. Uh, I'm sure it'll be uh, someone else in the show. Let, be... let me watch the show and I'll get back to you on yeah. the spin-off could be. They spend a lot of time with the, te- the team. I'll, I'll give you an update next week. Fair enough. They do spend a lot of time with the team, if you know what I mean, like developing each character. Each character gets a fair bit of sort of time, so it could potentially be um, my pick. Isn't, uh, isn't James Gunn's wife in this or something? Yes, she plays uh, yeah. hardcore. She'll, she'll, get the, she'll get the spin-off show. Well, I was going to say, I th- I thought maybe the actual team itself could have a spin-off. So the mm, the maybe. the ops team, you know, her the economist guy, because he's you see that guy, that big fat guy with the beard. I mean, I've seen him before in shows, so he's got half a career. Her and <laughs> and maybe the black girl who's been brought into it, the daughter of Amanda Waller. I'm thinking they could potentially have a spin-off, you know. Uh, just an idea. I mean, it's it'd be kind Maybe. of. I, I've I've got a sneaky suspicion that the ensemble cast is going to be the thing that turns me off the show. Right. I don't know. It's all right. We'll um, see. We'll I was going we'll to we'll say something. There, there is a danger when you spin off and spin off and spin off. You can wind up with the lone gunman from X Files. They were, they were great in X Files. Then they got their own show, and oh my god, wow, um, that was one spin off we didn't need. You, you know when you spin off so many times, you you can spin off too many times, and then suddenly you're going, "What are we doing? We're sitting around playing poker." Well, uh, because those three characters, I think, uh, are fine in smaller doses. That's 100%. the problem. Certain characters, while they might be popular, yeah, they only popular in the small doses that people get them in. Exactly, I totally agree. Like it's like it's like when they did a really good example of a spin off, and we're using his example again was Angel off Buffy. They spun it off really well, but they were clever. They didn't then spin off from Angel, you know, and go, oh, here's Cordelia's spin off. You know, you can you can deviate too many times and I think you lose the power. Lone Gunman was a great example. They took a really, they were kind of funny in small doses and you enjoyed them. And then if you give them, you know, 48 minutes week after week, there's no way that's going to sustain a season, let alone multiple seasons. Like, they ran out of gas by episode two, you know? I, I remember yeah, it. I agree. I remember it at the time. Now, Rich, uh, Fedathon um, kind of got taken over this week by what was just the most egregious example of Mandalorian fucking product placement. Um, there was no Boba Fett in Boba Fett this week at all, like uh, excluding the recap. Um, it was instead an episode of The Mandalorian, Rich, wasn't it? Uh, yes. In fact, I actually had two friends message me because I hadn't watched it until Friday. They sure. messaged me and they were like, oh my God, this is the best episode yet. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll be the judge of that. Right. And then after I watched it, I understood why they were saying it was the best episode because it was, it was the Mandalorian episode where it was literally nothing, but it well, literally felt like the Mandalorian season three, episode one. Well, yeah, but what an odd decision. Like, are they just that not confident of Boba Fett and... They just feel people are just missing the Mandalorian that much that they need to do this. No, well, no. This is all filmed before, so there's no. They're not filming it as it's, the episodes are coming out, so there's no way to course correct. I just think that was always the plan to have, uh, probably just to stretch it out. Yeah, pad it for the the, the seven episodes. Um, 
But I tell you what, I would have fucking much preferred continuing that story, <laughs> um, that storyline of of um, you know because now he's he's been kicked out of the the Mandalorian thing because he took his helmet off, so now he has to go to some impossible place to like um, bathe in some water or something, so they can be accepted back into yeah underneath the seas of you know, Mandalore or something. Mandalore. So I was like, okay, well that's good. They're sitting that up. That seems like an interesting story. How's he going to get back into you know? Plus, he still has the dark saber. Which means he's supposed to like you know become the leader of mm. the Mandalore. So I mean, it's fascinating. Like, I mean, it's just much. See, and this is why I've always pushed for Disney to do their own shit, right? Sure. And leave the leave the the original characters alone. There's no. I have no expectations when it comes to uh, the Mandalorian. Right. I have no preconceptions. I've got no expectations. But don't you have two seasons worth of preconceptions now? Not really, because it's it's a new character who I'm experiencing as it, as it's going. Do you really think? You that, can I be honest? Do you like, like I hear what you're saying, and I kind of agree. But do you really think the Mandalorian was like that good? Really? I mean, it was like I found the first season rather dull. Mate, <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the problem is you have to put in perspective. Right. I found the Mandalorian more enjoyable, sure, because it wasn't pissing on anything. Right, right. It wasn't. It was all new characters. Yeah. No older characters were getting shafted. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I, I know in season two they, still, you know, obviously then then the they the start wheeling in everyone else from um, all, all those. Like season two, I I enjoyed season two a hell of a lot more than season one, which I I famously found season one um, rather dull. But season two was all product placement for their spinoffs. From memory, like that yeah, whole back end. I, I, dis- I yeah, but I disagree with you about season one. I think season one has a, a lull in the middle, mm. but I think the first two three episodes and the last two three episodes are really good. Okay, um, you know, like when he when he goes to find the baby, and you know he has the big gunfight. Oh, there's the, good the moments. There's good moments. All the mercenaries and stuff. Yeah, you know, um, and I really like Cole Weathers' um, grief yeah. cargo. Yeah. Another interesting character. Love the way that he played him. I've got a question. You know, I've got a question. Quill, uh, you know. Yeah, I've got a question for you, Rich. Because, okay, so in this episode, which I quite enjoyed, um, when he comes back to the lady uh, who you know who eventually exiles him, uh, um, the who, armorer. I don't like her at all. The armorer. Okay, who is the character that he fights? Like, who is that? So that that that's a guy that you introduced to in season one right. in the hiding place in Moss Eisley and all that sort of shit, and uh, they come out of hiding to help him, um, uh, like escape with the child. Basically, they came down with and all their jetpacks, didn't up... they, or something at one point? Yeah, yeah, they came out to sort of help him escape with the child, and uh, most of them got slaughtered. Oh. Um, that's what the guy says. He goes, "There's only like three of us left," or something like that. Um, uh, but they don't see that as again they're Mandalorians. It's not seen as oh my god you got us killed. It's like this is the way. Okay, I've got you a question. I mean? you, okay, you live by code and yeah. you die by the code. Got a question. So I, one scene I I mean there, there were things I really enjoyed about this episode. Don't get me wrong, I enjoyed it. Um, the scene where they have the Imperial bombers destroying like the city and stuff, um, and also you almost had Terminators. Did you notice there was a real nod to Terminators? Mm. Um, where were those fucking Terminators throughout the rest of the Star Wars movies? Because they're a hell of a lot more effective than Stormtroopers. Um, I don't remember seeing them at any point. But when that happened, that's 
this is you know I, I need your Star Wars knowledge. So that happens during the reign of the Empire, and are all the Mandalorians dead? And there's only three left, or or just a lot of them dead on the planet, but the planet's still alive. What's the story? All right, all right, all right. So settle in, okay? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm happy to. So back in the uh, back in the old Republic, mm. Mandalorians were uh, a, a massive like culture of warriors, right? Mm-hmm. And they just like they believed in battle, and they actually went to war with the um, the Republic, right? And uh, the Jedi eventually they were defeated, and the 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 uh, the helmet. Of Mandal- the faceplate of Mandalore was basically hidden from them, uh-huh. and so they they couldn't like, reform because again, they, it's, this is the way they're very strict with their codes and all this sort of shit. Anyway, um, in the, the uh, uh, Obi Wan era, mm. uh, Mandalore the, the Mandalorians have basically split into two different camps. You've got the the old camp, never take your mark, you know, don't take your helmet off, live by the old code, yep, all that sort of stuff, and then you've got the new Mandalorians who are like. Uh, live like proper society, government, politics, all that sort of stuff. So that is the place that was bombed in that scene, mm. the the planet Mandalore. But those the, those most of those Mandalorians were not the warrior Mandalorians. They were sort of already sort of cast out by the new uh, uh, civilized Mandalorians, mm. and so most of them survived. But they've all kind of had to go into hiding because obviously the it was it had a strict, I guess, fucking kill every Mandalorian on site policy. So the, the warrior Mandalorians, the warrior Mandalorians, like the Mandalorian of the show and the Armorer and whoever the other guy is, they all survived but kind of went undercover. Is that right? No. So they were never on the planet to begin with. Right. They were exiled already from the planet Mandalore. Yeah. Okay. So they was- they survived, but they because they, they had been exiled, so they. With the, the planet was kind of carpet bombed, like by the yeah. E- but they Empire. still had to go into hiding because obviously, as I said, the empires had a standing order to basically get because the Mandalorians could be a problem. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, Mandalorians being a warrior race, loving wanting to go to war, yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of shit. They they could he he possibly saw them as a if they ever like you know um, unionized in a way or basically all got together, mm. they would wage war on the empire. So basically. They were just being slaughtered left, right, and center, and that's why a lot of them had to go into hiding. Why wouldn't would the Empire conscript them? Like, if they're such perfect warriors, um, I guess because they also because of their code, they they, they won't listen to you if you right. if you tell them to do something that goes against their code. Mm. So, it's, why would you have soldiers who? I mean, if you're an evil empire and you want to do evil, uh, dishonorable things, mm. why would you get a, a a bunch of people with a strict code? Like, well, you know, whether I, that code is, yeah, a, I hear, is a good code or a bad code, it's still their code. I remember, yeah, okay, thank you for that explanation. So the planet is still there, but it's just massively wrecked by bombs and stuff, is that right? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's glass. Uh, is, does anyone live on it? Like, any Mandalorians live on it, or is it dead? Uh, look, I don't know, because uh, what I'm finding out as much as you are, because, again, this is all the new law. Gotcha. Okay. Like this is all the Disney law, so yeah. I, I can I yeah. can't tell you. Okay. What I, is happening there because I don't know you. I got a couple. I got two more things. So when we, way back in the show's history, probably in our first twenty episodes, Stu and I did. It was kind of like Knights of the Old Republic comic. It was fucking awful. Um, it, it was. I think it was called the Knights of the Old Republic. 
era or something, and it was it was honestly one of the worst things we've ever done. Um, in that back in the day, the Mandalorians were like fighting the Sith or something, or there was like a war going on that I could never understand who was fighting who. Does that ring a bell? Uh, okay, so it's a massive war going on. Do you remember this? Uh, okay, so yeah, yeah. So this is very difficult to explain because again, uh, older public stuff is a little bit more intricate than stuff today. So, um, the Sith used the Mandalorians in their war against like the Jedi, right? But this most of the Sith were wiped out at one point by Darth Bane, right? And that's when uh, Darth Bane introduced the rule of two. Yes. Now, if you're going to go to the the old republic, uh, like let's say the Darth Revan stuff, uh-huh. um, or Revan and all that sort of stuff, the republic was actually at war with the Mandalorians. Right now, right. the Mandalorians, I believe, had been tricked or been used by the Sith uh-huh. to start the war, right. right? Because the Sith were trying to um, weaken the republic and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and that's kind of where Revan fell to the dark side, is because. He went to war against the Mandalorians, even though he was told not to, you know, because the Jedi don't war. Yeah. They are protectors, peacekeepers, blah, blah, blah. And he went and he became more militaristic. You know, he, he ends justify the means type of character. Yeah. And that's how he basically started falling to the dark side. He said he was like slaughtering Mandalorians. He was like sacrificing planets. Right. If it meant, yeah. you know, like, you know, um, slowing them down and all that sort of crap. Right. Anyway, he ended up de- defeating Mandalore who's the leader, and as I said, he took the mask and he basically hid it from them so they could never reform right. to to wage war again. Uh, eventually, you know, the Mandalorians did get it back. But the reason why the Mandalorians did is because um, it's similar, similar to what they're doing in the show now with the Darksaber. Yeah. Right? One of the reasons why the Mandalorians have not been unified to take on the Empire is because there was no leader because no one had the Darksaber. Yeah, okay. And can you I just I mean? say so, how, how badly... Does he fight with that fucking thing? It was pissing me off. Just he was just so well, hopeless with it. Well, it's an interesting thing that he mentioned something in it. Would, uh, this is the first time hearing about it. Is that apparently the it gets heavier and heavier every time he takes a swing with it? Yeah, he said that, and and, it's, and she was saying something about oh, because you're fighting against the sword and not against your enemy on some bullshit crap like mm. you know you know spiritual sort of shit, I guess. But um, the, apparently that's the reason why he looks so bad with these because every time the longer he fights with them, the more he swings with it, the heavier the heavier he gets. And that's why yeah. when he was fighting those dog, uh, I can't remember the name of that race, but the dogmen, yeah, um, he ended up injuring himself on the leg with the sword because I really was, didn't by enjoy the way, her fucking, explanation. How fucking badass was he compared to Boba Fett in that first opening scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he was, fucking yeah. chopping people, stabbing people. Yeah. He chops the main guy in half and then chops his head off and walks out with it in a bag. I was like, geez, it'd be nice if Boba Fett did shit like that. Yeah, well, they've really pussified Boba Fett. Um, they've literally, uh, Sean Penn would probably have something to say about it. <laughs> no, they've really, I mean, we've we've said before on, on Signal, and, and I mean, I stand behind it, they've just taken all the edges off Boba Fett, everything that made him cool, uh, and unfortunately, they took the helmet off, and we've got some of the blandest acting on display from Tamora Morrison, who just seems to be just reciting lines and putting in very little effort. Um, yeah. But but I, this is also the stuff I think that's annoying me a little bit. The Disney stuff is I think that secretly now, after their failures, they are actually stealing ideas from Legends. Yeah. Um, and 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 trying to do it under the radar because. The story that they tell in kind of with your, uh, you know, uh, uh, Din Djarin is that 
obviously they're setting it up to probably be the new Mandalore, you know, the new leader of the Mandalorians. But yeah. that was something that Boba Fett did in Legends, as I said. Like, oh yeah, that's the one who yeah who reformed the Mandalorians and became the leader of the Mandalorians. So I kind of feel like they're like, oh fuck it, let's just do that. But we're not going to do it with Boba Fett. We're going to oh hundred percent, man, hundred percent. They're doing that. But then they're like, oh, let's have our cake and eat it too, and let's do a Boba Fett show. But let's, for some weird reason, make Boba Fett the kind of like not the same and just crap. Um, oh, I did have something else I wanted to ask you. So there was that aspect. That's the, yes. So here's my last question. Um, okay, if the Empire had such a thing about the Mandalorians, and by the way, I love that scene with like the Terminators firing on people and the bombs and everything. Um, if they had such a thing about Mandalorians, why was Boba Fett fine just to roll around and go on sort the Star Destroyer and all that in Mandalorian? Oh, Boba Fett's not a Mandalorian. I, I understand that because I'm told that, but I wouldn't know that. He's wearing Mandalorian armor and he's just standing there. Uh, okay, again, again, you're asking me to explain Disney pissing yeah. over like established law. Like I can't yeah. explain. Like, yeah, you know. And again, I know George has done it too, but that's just one of those things. Like, sure. when you keep telling stories and and the long stories go and stuff, you're gonna you're gonna step on your own toes. And and you know, also, you know. you know what the problem is? It's not just that they keep telling the story; it's the fact they constantly flash fucking back. And are forever trying to fill in every single gap possible, and mm. inevitably they contradict themselves. Like I know that Boba Fett's not a Mandalorian because people have told me that, but I'm like, okay, like that's not in the movies or anything. That's you well, know, again, you that, know. but 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 that's why Legends makes more sense. Yeah, because in in the OT world, uh, yeah. the Mandalorians were gone. They were defeated people. They were broken race scattered amongst the stars. Yeah. almost lethargic you know what i mean like the culture had pretty much died out right and so yeah like the empire didn't give a fuck like we're bad boba fett and you know other than well if he breaks you know the law then he becomes an enemy of the empire but yeah they did there wasn't like a mandalorian thing but uh, and that's why again boba fett you know goes on and he you know um reforms the mandalorian culture and and you know they they, they basically colonize the planet and all that sort of crap so i mean in that aspect the legends makes far more sense in terms of uh, Mandalorians being this, like what it is, as opposed to now where they're kind of like, oh, the Empire's always feel the Mandalorians. Not. Yeah, they didn't have an issue with like, they didn't shoot a Boba Fett on sight, even though he wasn't a proper Mandalorian, but he was a Mandalorian of it. Would you really take the chance or would you just put a bullet in him? Yeah, exactly. Or a, um, a blaster. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Look, I also kind of question, he's got this new starship or new fighter thing. He can't oh, ca- hate it. He can't carry anybody in it. Like Yeah, I know. I thought it was so fucking stupid. I'm hoping that it's I'm hoping he's gonna get a big ship. Right. And that's gonna be his like uh his like fighter jet. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's my hope. I'm hoping that th- this is just uh like something he he's getting now, and then eventually you'll get like a big enough ship where he can store that fucking thing on it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? For 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 missions where he needs something like that. But yeah, he cannot he cannot be a bounty hunter inside sort a of small fucking ship with no cargo hole. Yeah. Well, no Michelle said, stuff. I mean, Slave no, One no, was already Slave One was, to my mind, already pretty small. And the ship he had originally was reasonably small ships. But Michelle said, well, he's not a bounty hunter anymore. And I'm like, yeah, but like, does he ever intend to become one again? Because he can't fucking hold anybody in this no, thing. No, 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 no. What do you mean he's not a bounty hunter anymore? He's but, still a bounty hunter. 
Well, that's what she says. She said he's no longer a bounty hunter. He's just, I don't know. No, he's, he's no longer a Mandalorian. You don't have to be a Mandalorian to be a bounty hunter. Right. Well, then I don't understand why he'd be happy with that ship because he can't carry anybody in it. It's 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 a fucking solo vehicle, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not happy with that. But as I said, I'm hoping that he, he'll end up getting like a really big ship, mm. you know, and and that can will be something it. that he stores or uses. You know what I mean? Like he, he'll yeah. have multiple ships. But no, that... That's the that's the stupidest fucking bounty hunter ship I've ever seen. A Naboo Starfighter as a bounty hunter ship. Fuck off. Yeah, um, that's the only thing in that in, in that episode I didn't I didn't agree with. I didn't all right, like. but you did enjoy the episode overall. Oh yeah, as I said, I enjoyed the Mandalorian just because, as I said, there's no history there. Yeah, there's no there's no expectations. There's, I'm not bogged down by the thirty years of development of a character. It's a brand new character that I can enjoy the the story, the ride, you know see where it goes, yeah. you know, yes, would they do things like give him a Starfighter that I don't agree with or don't like? Sure, but it's fine. I didn't have any expectations going forward. Uh, I wasn't set on anything, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why I said I, I I, would just really prefer, and that's why I said I would have preferred if Disney had started their new sequel trilogy 100 or 200 years in the future, Sure, created new interesting characters that I have no expectations, no history with, and and tell me a new story, and that's why overall I enjoy the Mandalorian because I get to enjoy new characters that I don't have any history with. I don't have thirty years of, mm. of expectation books and, and novels and video games. It's just all new, and I can enjoy the ride. Again, it's not always perfect, but again, it doesn't upset me because again, I don't have a super massive thirty year return to the character. Yeah, but they were all about that opening weekend on Force Awakens, you know, and. And then in Last Jedi, and they they wanted everyone to have those feels, which they did get in Force Awakens. You know the uh, Chewie were home and all that kind of stuff. So that they knew that was box no. office, man. They knew that was box that office. That was so cre- that was cringy. I didn't mind that. Jesus Christ, I hated the storyline of Han Solo post Return of the Jedi to Force Awakens. What there was of it, you know. Oh my God, I hate that. He what he leaves Leia. He's just like a gone back to smuggling but it's not very well explained he's lost the falcon like it was just awful choice after awful choice rich you know what i mean yeah no as i said like as i said and that's why i i i i'll never get on board with those shows because i've had as i said i've had 30 years worth of novels of watching han and leia grow into like a wonderful couple yeah who've gone through like ups and downs who've lost children you know and but they've gotten closer and closer where they they they, they work like, like a well-oiled machine, you know. But yeah. in the later years of the novels, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where they know what each other's going to do with just a glance or a look, you know. Yeah. Uh, they just got this really great connection, and then you know, uh, thirty years of of Luke uh, uh, stumbling his way, trying to reform the Jedi, or you know, learning as he's going, making mistakes, but you know, mm. improving them. Like I. Don't, I don't know. I, I, I'll take that. Don't, you know, as I said, I'm good. I've I've got 30 years worth of novels. I'll keep going back and reading them and stuff. The new, the Disney timeline, I don't really give a fuck about. I can enjoy Mandalorian because I said it's not tied to anything. Sure. You know, it's it's a new character, and even though there's shit around it and all that sort of stuff, at least I can just get some enjoyment out of that. You know what I mean? It's not perfect. I got a question for you. I got. A, I totally understand what you say. Got a question. What if you heard, like, you know, five years from now, they say, we're going to do the story of Luke Skywalker from Return of the Jedi, you know, 
we're going to fill in that time period in a TV series called Luke Skywalker, and we're going to have a fresh actor playing Luke, obviously post-Return of the Jedi, um, blah, blah, blah. And they're going to, maybe they might even follow some of the stuff you're talking So they might draw on a lot of that legend stuff, and they'll recast him. Maybe they'll use CGI, but most likely just recast Mark Hamill. Would you be up um, for that? The, 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 only, the only thing that would get me on board for that, if they basically said, we have wiped the sequel trilogy off the map. It doesn't exist. That never happened. Right. Because it doesn't matter what Luke Skywalker TV show you give me. If that's the end, then it doesn't matter what he does in the show. Because that's yeah, where yeah. it ends up. Yeah, yeah. Which is what would happen as well. They would just... That's my point. So I'm not interested. I'm not interested in 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 watching him just to get to the, the, the failure of Luke Skywalker mm. in the sequel trilogy. Like yeah. what an absolute failure they made him. No, I agree. Absolute yeah. fucking loser. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, so just wrapping up uh, Fedathon, though really was The Mandalorian uh, starring this episode, uh, there was talk that a lot of people were saying online that the next spin-off, instead of Boba Fett, should be Black Christantian. Um, a lot of people say no, they think a spin-off of him would be interesting. Rich, where would you be on this? Because this is, as you say, a new character. There's not really any... <laughs> Yeah, but but explain something to me. How interesting is it for a character that can't talk? Well, I'm not saying I'd find it that interesting, but like, would you? No, well, I, you know, I'd like someone to answer the, who who says that. I would love for them to answer that question of like, how the fuck do you build a show around a main character? Could they subtitle talk? it? You know, uh, do you? Re- I I really don't want to be sitting watching a fucking show <laughs> subtitles, a, a Star Wars show, <laughs> all subtitled for like. <laughs> fucking an hour um yeah it's it would be hard you know something i said to michelle what i wish yeah carry on i was gonna say what i wish they would do they're not gonna do it because because we i feel like we're halfway through this boba fett show and it's just crawling its way towards a conclusion um i i can't believe they haven't had the other bounty hunters like a dengar a bosch uh ig what's his name 88 those kind of guys coming in for a Battle of the Bounty Hunters kind of style kind of um, stuff, uh, they weren't on Jabba's barge. Why can't? Why haven't those guys been involved? Yeah, that would be so much better than what we've what we've got. You know, interplanetary is well rich. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I just don't know. I don't understand the point of the show. That's the problem. Like, I don't understand. Like, like I mean. It's, uh, Fundamentally, I don't have a problem with um, I don't have a problem with Boba Fett deciding, fuck it, I don't want to be the bounty hunter anymore. I want to be a boss, a crime right? lord. Yeah, I, I don't have an issue with that fundamentally. It's just the way they're going about it that I, I just have an issue. I have with. a problem with the world's nicest crime lord. You know, yeah, um, no, I want I want him to be going to like it. It should be a proper fucking war. Yeah. He's going around. He's assassinating them, and they and they getting other bounty hunters to fucking fight him and yeah. track him down. And you can you know you can have a, a showdown with him and Cad Bane or him and you know uh, Bosk. You know because again you know they're all bounty hunters. There's no like yeah. love between them. No, definitely. So although, hardly. Yeah. You know, and maybe Dengar shows up to help him. You know, because him and you know Dengar did save in the legends did save him from the um the Sarlacc pit. So. Yeah. Uh, I've got a know, question it's... on Dengar. I've got a question on Dengar, and it's fascinating me since I was a child. Um, you know how his head's all in bandages? Is that like a yes. common for him, or is that because he just got hurt just before the you know being on the Salastroya? Or is like is he is he just so maimed that he has to wear bandages all the time? 
So if I remember correctly, I think that covers up his like um, cybernetics or something. Oh, okay, right. Um, right. I didn't realize that. Okay, so he's cyborg, and he's a he's a Corellian like Han Solo, isn't he? Correct. He is Corellian. Something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, He's in the state that he is because of Han Solo in the Legends. Um, right, I okay. I remember, like, something, something happened. There was, like, a, a shoot-off between him and, um, and and Han Solo. He was, like, wounded and sort of stuff. Uh-huh. And I think he's got, like, almost a robotic brain now or something like that, and, and that's why he wears that... Um, well, I mean, that, my God, there's there's a whole episode that would be so much more interesting, you know? Something about Dengar and his robotics and, and, and mixing that storyline with Boba Fett. Um, I've got no problem with Boba Fett trying to be a crime lord, but it's the fucking pussy way, the whole... And sort of, we've, I don't know why they felt they had to make Boba Fett so damn likeable and nice. And I like Boba Fett less now that he's also nice and cuddly, you know? I actually, I he used to be one of my favorite characters, and he's he's just falling down the rankings. He's like a tennis player who just can't win a match right now for me. He's just tumbling down the rankings in free fall. You know? Yeah, as I said, I just feel like the show. And you know what? A lot of people are like, oh yeah, no, but it's Disney and all that. And I'm like, yeah, I can't find whatever it's Disney. They, you so, know. And then in fucking episode five, I'm watching Din Djarin just fucking shank people with with yeah. with, with the the dark saber and fucking cutting the guy in half through the table. No, and the fact is Disney is not an excuse for poor storytelling. There, there goes the Disney fucking, oh, this is the Disney Channel thing out the fucking window. That's now, the Disney. Now it looks even worse that you've got Boba being a pussy. That's the Disney fanboys and fangirls who just think the mouse can do no wrong. Oh, it's Disney, so they've got to soft pedal everything. Bullshit. It's no excuse for poor storytelling. It's bland, poor storytelling by Disney, and they should be held to account rather than excused. And as you say, in the Mandalorian episode, they're, you know, he's freewheeling. So they're allowed to have, you know, violence of a sort in these shows. They just chose not to for some reason. I really think they've misread the character and the audience for Boba Fett. Um, it amazes me how wrong they get it sometimes, man. It amazes me that they don't have any... Like, when I'm watching it, I don't think I'm the most critical person when it comes to Star Wars. The first episode, I, I said to Michelle... And this, I, I knew nothing of the reaction outside. Jesus Christ, I'm making Boba Fett like a pussy nice guy. Yeah, and she goes, oh, there might just be a, a red herring. Well, we're, we're deep into the show now, and it certainly, you know, just continues. Well, there's, only, of, there's, only, there's only two more episodes to go. Well, for me, this show's becoming a bit of a chore, frankly. Um, and, mm. and I'm certainly not going to rave home about it. Oh, by the way, Bryce Dallas Howard, Ron Howard's daughter, directed that Mandalorian episode, Rich. Um, I don't think it would have mattered who directed it, honestly. And the inevitable, um, you know, fans were out there, stands were out there, oh, she needs to have a movie, they were saying. Oh, well, she must have a movie right now for Star Wars. Like, she's a Look, I mean, I don't mean wrong, she's a good director. I mean, she's very capable at her job, but I'm just saying, like, uh, whoever wrote the episode made it more interesting than the directing. Yeah. Good like, you know, I'm sorry, as I said, I just, the, the character is interesting enough. And again, the, the Mandalorian society in this legends, um, uh, in this Disney thing, it's not terrible. I, I'm enjoying it as I'm learning about it and all that sort of stuff. Cause you know, Mandalorians have always been interesting. Um, and they do seem to be following, uh, very closely to like the kind of the old 
like Mandal- it's a bit of a mix up, but I mean, it's very similar to the old Mandalorians in a way. Sure. Um, so I think it's more the writing, the characters that carried that episode, not the directing. Even though there was nothing wrong with the directing, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not like the directing made that episode. It was just it was a good episode and well written episode with the character. So it's it was enjoyable. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Rich. At least it gave you something to smile about. Um, yeah, one out of seven, not bad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, R.I.P. to Meatloaf, who passed away recently. By the way, I think yes, he yes, passed yes. away in between yes, shows. Yeah, um, everyone's everyone's just kicking the bucket at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, now this is again. I'm calling on your knowledge. NFTs, something that I still struggle to understand, and Ubisoft. Um, Ubisoft are going into the NFT market, Rich. Um, and the Ubisoft, I believe, president was kind of doing a spiel about them. And do you want me to read out the? He he, he was getting they were attracting some criticism. Uh, and he here's his quote: "I think gamers don't get what a digital secondary market can bring to them. For now, because of the current situation and context of NFTs, gamers really believe it's first destroying the planet, and the second just a tool for speculation." I would agree with both those things. But what we at Ubisoft are seeing first is the end game. The end game is about giving players the opportunity to resell their items once they finish with them or they finish playing the game itself. So it's really, for them, it's really beneficial, but they don't get it for now. Also, this is part of the paradigm shift in gaming. Moving from one economic system to another is not easy to handle. There is a lot of habits you need to go against and a lot of your ingrained mindset you have to change. Um, Richard, I'm going to pretend i understand this so if i had like let's just i'm purely speculation my skyrim character which i created with you know whatever armor and all that shit if i had an nft of that character is he saying that i could then sell that to somebody and obviously ubisoft would take a percentage is that the kind of shit he's talking about man can you explain um so i believe what it is is you have to earn an NFT in the game. Oh, okay. By either or a comp- like, so you still have to pay for it. I, I believe how it's going to work is that you have to jump through a bunch of hoops in the game, right? Which will then make you eligible to buy a unique right. NFT, whether that be a skin, uh, right. a, 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 an avatar picture, a weapon, or whatever. Uh-huh. Now, once you own that NFT, you can then yes sell it. Right. Um, to someone else and then you lose it but then you get money for it and basically what it is is like people decide how valuable it is you know what I mean like yeah. um, uh, kind of like a painting you could buy a painting and then you know try and sell it and then someone says oh, I'll give you 10,000 for it even though you only paid 5,000 you know what I mean like yeah. uh, people to pay, uh, uh, give something worth I don't agree with the whole oh it's destroying the planet bullshit I think that's just a really made up fucking <laughs> argument don't they? To, I mean, look, uh, I don't, I don't know nothing about it. Don't they say the energy or server farms or something? Um, uh, okay, so then something. let's all stop playing games. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry, like well, I drove that's my a ca- stupid argument. I drive my car to but, tennis today. Uh, you know, I, I do agree that it's just companies trying to make money. Like, yeah. that's all it is at the end of the day. And guess what? Guess what? Let them do it. If you don't believe in NFTs, then just don't fucking buy it. Yeah, yeah, that's Just play true. the games, and if they say, oh, hey, you've unlocked the ability to buy a unique NFT, you go, fuck you, I'm not interested, buy, and don't buy it. Like, yeah. what do you, you don't have to stop them from doing it. Again, fuck me. Why is it so hard for people to understand? You speak with your wallet. I mean, to me, I'll be you honest. Don't, you think... don't boycott 
got anything, whatever. You just say, I'm not participating. I'm not buying. And if enough people have that attitude, they yeah. go, oh, fuck, we're not making any money off this NFT. To, to, to me, forgetting about the energy thing, because I don't know nothing about that. To me, it's just a scam market. But as you say, it's kind of, you know, let the buyer beware. If you're stupid enough to buy into this bullshit, then you're an idiot. But, you know, maybe you'll make some money off it, but more than likely what will happen is the market will crash and tank and, you know, you'll be out some money. But as I said, Richard, it's not compulsory to buy. Um, you know, if you're 100% like Assassin's Creed, it could pop up and say, oh, you can get an NFT of this and it's going to cost you X amount. You know, if you're dumb enough to do I, that. You know? I, I just think that NFTs are dumb because it's digital. Yeah, that's like, what I think. Okay, let's say let's say you play. Let's just say uh, I don't know. I, I, you play Rainbow Six, right? Mm -hmm. You play it all the time, and you play ten thousand hours. And so they say, "Hey, you now have access to this exclusive NFT. Buy it for five hundred dollars, mm -hmm. right?" And you have it, and you feel special. But guess what? At some point, everyone stops playing that game. Yeah, that's it. They move. They move on, especially if it's a multiplayer game and all that sort of shit. So. You own a digital thing now in a game that no one's playing. Yeah. Oh, what's what's the? I, it's the digital thing that throws me right. Um, I don't mind people wanting to own maybe like digital artwork or something like that. I get it. I mean, make sure you back it up and keep it safe and all that sort of crap. You certainly don't want to lose it. But the digital game stuff, I don't get because you those games don't exist all the time. You know what I mean? Like, mm. uh, I know some people argue oh, there's still people in court. Yeah, but it's not a big. It's a like, niche audience. Um, it's it's not a big like player base that it used to be back in its heyday at the peak yeah, of its yeah. thing. So my point is like, how much are you really going to get out of spending money on an NFT in a fucking game? Well, it's like, it's kind of like you know what it, I know it's not the same, but like you know when they were trying to say five ten years ago, a big thing, and you would know all about this because you work in a game store. When when a game like Oblivion came out, for example, the big thing was get the get the the sort of the case. You might get a figure with it. Like there were little add-ons that they would throw at you to try to get you to spend it with the steel book, you know, that kind of stuff. Like they were always trying to monetize it to get a little bit extra for the really hardcore people. Um, Look, that, that, I don't have a problem with that, right? Let's say you buy collectors and they're like, oh, you get a, a digital skin mm. or you get a, a, a unique armor or sort of stuff. Yeah. That's fine because you were going to buy the game anyway. Yeah. And usually when you buy a collector's edition, it'll come with a fucking physical thing as well, like yeah. a statue yeah. or a collectible or something like that. Yeah, I'm just saying this so, is the latest version of that is what I'm trying to say. It's, it's They've like... Yes, but without, the but without the physical thing. Yes, exactly. They've abandoned the physical now and they've gone, okay, let's go all digital and, and let's scam them. Because I do believe there's a bit of scamming that goes on with all these collector's edition stuff. It's all a bit of a... It, like Tom Petty said, they want you to see how much they can get you to pay for what you used to get for free. You know, they, they're they all about, like, just trying to put a bit of extra stuff in there that they know is not really worth much, but if they can fool the gullible, diehard yeah. fan. Well, look, I mean, in in all my life, I have never, ever, ever bought a collector's edition that's digital. I'll give you a perfect example, right? Mm. You, okay, I have been playing World of Warcraft for fucking 15 years, okay? Yeah. I have got all the... Um, the collector's editions, right? Because when you buy them, they come in a giant box. Mm -hmm. You get an art book in it. You get, um, you used to get um, the uh, World of Warcraft like playing cards, mm -hmm. the um, the uh, like the Hearthstone cards and all that. You got a CD, and you oftentimes 
but a making of DVD and all that sort of stuff. And you got a mouse pad that uh, uh, was from that expansion, all that sort of shit. And I own all of them except for what was the last one that I didn't buy? Uh, a Battle for Azeroth. Mm. I never bought the Battle for Azeroth. Do you know why? All digital. Yeah. You could still you'd get an empty physical boss basically to look right. good on the shelf, but everything that was in there was digital. Yeah. Digital CD, like oh, access to the music digital. I'm like, no, I'm not sorry, I'm not paying yeah. collector's edition prices. Yeah. And I'm I was a massive WoW fan. Do you know what I mean? I yeah, have yeah. bought every collect, but I got something physical out of it. Yeah. I got a great art book to sit down and thumb through. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. For a CD to pop in, I will never ever ever spend money on a collector's edition, a digital collector's edition i only buy collector's edition get me something physical in the real world that i can put on a shelf or put on a, a yeah. tabletop or something like that never ever in my life will i ever buy a collector's edition digital and someone made a good point just to wrap this up that really the goal of ubisoft in doing all this is if they can create this secondary market and they're, they're earning money off it i mean it's just more money it's just it's just another revenue well, it, stream you know it's just more it's just more microtransactions Yes, yeah. it's, it's all about it, it, today's games, especially from your Ubisofts and your Activisions and your EAs. It's all about their microtransactions, man. How can we get more money out of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate. I, I famously I refuse to do it. I like you know how much I've played um, Assassin's Creed and I've loved it, but I know that if you wanted to, like if you wanted to, you can open your wallet up and spend thousands. Like honestly, if you were stupid enough, you know what I mean, like. You could easily spend money because it's all there. It's all like buy more tokens to get this fucking item and all this shit. And I'm just like, I don't care that much. I, you, you, I'm, I'm not a yeah. fool. You know, I, I'm just like, oh. no, I'm not a fool. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give you another example uh, and I'll bring it back to World of Warcraft is because, mm. again, that's just a game I've played for such a long time. Mm. They opened up like a, a, a digital store, mm -hmm. right, where you could buy like um, uh, uh like armor skins or pets or mounts and all that sort of stuff. Sure. My friend and I, we did once buy a mount for each other as a joke Christmas present. Yeah. Right. As a laugh. But other than that little joke thing that we did for each other, I have never, ever, ever purchased anything off the WoW digital store. Yeah. Not a mount, not a skin, not a pet. Yeah. Well, that's nothing. good. Good I've, for you. Because again, it's fucking digital. Yeah. It's, and, but, but you can see what they're trying to do. And they've been trying to do it for a long time. They just—they know they've got you where they want you. They've got you playing in this fucking world day after day. That it's, if we can just squeeze them and just—it's almost like it's almost like medieval. Like if we could just tax them, the peasants, and just yeah. get but, the. But revenue. the problem, Dave, is that people buy it. Yeah, That's I know. Issue, you see, see oh, of course they do. Yeah. I spoke with my wallet. I was like, "No, you're not putting it in the game for me to earn by like being at a drop in a, from a dungeon or something." I'm the, like I'm the exact the same. I'm the exact like, same. I'm yeah. not doing it, but. People were buying it. I saw people running around with these store-bought mounts and pets and all that. And it's like, it's you people that, that make them keep doing that. Because if no one did it, or if barely anyone mm. bought that stuff from the, then they'd shut it down. But like, I could just put it all in the game, put it in a, a vendor, whatever. No one's buying it from the digital shop. Yeah. But there's enough people that are buying this digital stuff. Definitely. That that they're keeping that separate from the game so that they can charge people. 100%. The, 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 the and they do the same the thing dolphins. in Assassin's Creed. Uh, it, it's if you go into certain aspects of the game, there is there is a whole thing, and it's, I'm not talking about the downloadable uh, expansions. There is a, there is a whole separate revenue stream where you can buy these tokens. Yeah, you do earn some of them in the game, but if you want to really just get shit, 
you you could spend money. There, there there's a storefront in the game. You know what I mean? And that you can spend and get all these extra weapons and stuff. And, and I I mean I I am so on the same page as you, Rich. I wouldn't even consider doing it. You know what I mean? I, I spent a long time getting Excalibur doing all those bullshit quests, and believe you me, it was a grind. Didn't cost me anything though. You know, other than time. Um, but I, I yeah. just, I just hate having to fork over. I don't mind for it for a downloadable expansion pack like Siege of Paris. That's fine. It's a new adventure. I'm hooked enough into the game. Okay, sweet. I'll, I'll buy that. But no, just you, you can buy the great armor and have the world's best armor. It's only going to cost you twenty bucks, Dave. Fuck no. You know, um, because yeah, we're 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 in total agreement on this topic. And this guy from Ubisoft can go fuck off, basically. Um, now, speaking of Ubisoft, uh, the first plan for Assassin's Creed Three ended with Desmond and Lucy leaving on a spaceship to go start human civilization anew. Did you play Assassin's Creed Three, Rich? No, I've told you I've only only played, really played the first one. I've not played three. I played one, two. Uh, some Black Flag Origins and uh, Valhalla. I didn't play through. I I don't I don't think you can start a new civilization with just two people, can you? There's a lot of inbreeding there. <laughs> well, Adam and Eve, man, come on, Are you kidding? That's magic, though. Well, I know, but that's the you know that's uh, myth, I guess, mythology. Um, how well, about hey? But hey, maybe that explains why we're such a fucked up race, though. <laughs> It all, you know, maybe, uh, maybe because they got kicked out of Eden, like, um, yeah. um, yeah, Eden, Eden, is, yeah, the you know, of Eden. is you know, maybe they were supposed to have magical babies, but when they got kicked out, they had to do it like through like inbreeding, and maybe that's why the human race is so weird. Well, you can blame it all on the serpent, I guess. Then can't you really? The serpent that got in her ear from memory that was is Satan. It serpent, is it? Is it the serpent's fault? Well, he implanted the idea. It's either the serpent yeah, or her fault, Rich. But Dave, if you if you dare me to jump off a bridge <laughs> and I do it, well, that's what I'm saying. Fault or is it my fault? Uh, well, I'm just saying it, 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 it's it's either the serpent or her, basically. If you, if you go by the mythology, I don't. I forget what she well, did. I don't even know what she did. Like frankly, she ate the apple. I think that was it. I think she ate the apple. I think that was yeah, yeah, the apple. But my point is, is like. You know, you, <laughs> you got, you've got to take responsibility for your own actions. It doesn't matter what sure. the snake was doing. Yeah, well, that's, well, that's right. I mean, the devil's always in our ear. The devil's always in our ear going, if you could just twist the law, you could bend the law, you could extort this, you could do that. If we if we all followed our worst impulse... Well, we, I must be honest, it always baffled me because I'm like, he basically gave them paradise, right? Sure. And, like, basically his only rule was don't eat the apple, right? But... You're living in like the lap of like fucking of, of paradise and That's shit. That's human and so nature, though, Rich. That's just human nature. So funny. No, no, I know, but I'm just saying it's just so funny to me because I, I, I if that had been me and the, and the guy was like, oh, you know, well, God, you know, eat this apple, I'd be like, yeah, I'm okay. Like, sure, I'm just but, loving life. You know, but just then sitting there on the beach or you yeah. know in my hammock, I'm kind of like I don't really need the apple. <laughs> I know, but it's it's. I think it's saying something. It's something about human nature. Even paradise gets boring. The apples alluring because it's forbidden. The allure of forbidden fruit. Blah blah blah. That kind of stuff. You know. No, I get that reference. It's just so funny to me that it's not like you're living in squalor or. I don't even like apples that much. So you know. 
<laughs> I, I, I like, you know, like you don't have to eat the apple. I'm like, sweet. I don't really like apples that not that much that I couldn't yeah, do without an apple. They made it something that was a lot more to my liking, like a bowl of ice cream. I would probably find it very hard to resist. Oh, although, but to be fair, maybe it was like she had never eaten an apple before. She was like, oh, I don't think she did an apple. I, I think that was part of it, man. And plus, the devil got in her ear too, man. The devil was like Satan, and probably unwisely was allowed in the garden. Firstly, can I just say, like allowing him into the garden of Eden was probably a mistake. Um, as well, if you want to get Not really, because I mean, that's technically that's the whole point of God is that uh. He gives you commandments, He gives you instructions, <laughs> and then He gives you free will. <laughs> I guess you know, so... <laughs> it's kind of more of it. The more you think about it, the more you think about it, it's it's like the more you think about it, the more like it's more of a capricious God running an experiment than anything else. It's just, yeah, it, yeah. it just is, like, if God were an arsehole like if he was like some sort of strict like sort of god he could have just like put it on a fucking mountaintop where they couldn't reach or you know put like a fucking barrier around it or something like that but he basically just said i'm giving you free will no i think he wanted to run i i I always got the impression that it's guys running a program and they just want to see how the ants react you know more than anything else so they want to make it so that it's they want to introduce that into the into the scenario because that's what creates the tension, and they they kind of know it's inevitable that probably they'll eat the apple, and it's just a question of how long. And, and the same thing they add in the random factor of a Satan character to supposedly, um, uh, you know, get in her ear. Whether that could, you know, I don't know. It's it, it's an interesting experiment more than anything else. I I, I like the way um, you know, it, it it sort of plays out. It's pretty cool. Um, okay, how about this? Mouse, you familiar with Mouse, Rich? The the comic about the Holocaust? Yes. Okay, so that's mm-hmm. been banned by Tennessee School Board for scenes of nudity and profanity. A sad indictment on them, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, more, you know, whitewashing of the past. A total miscommunication over what the Holocaust was and what people went through and the degradation of their humanity and there was nothing sexual about these scenes. There was nothing sexual about the Holocaust. It was the stripping away of people's dignity, rights, everything, lives. Uh, it was amongst the worst crimes ever committed by the human race. And these people have just misread the comic. And it's a unanimous vote. It was 10 nil to ban it. Uh, and I think... I'm sorry. I just want to get some um, context here. Yeah. This was a uh, a high school or like a primary school? High school. High school. High school. They banned it. Okay. Yeah, it was. It's terrible, Richard. Like, um, firstly, the profanity is very minor. Oh, I don't I see. Here's the problem, Dave. I don't know if it is because we we put age restrictions on movies. We we don't allow kids under a certain age to watch a movie, no matter what the context of their movie is, if it's got nudity or violence but it's or, nudity of mice stuff, so, it's nudity so. of mice Richard. It, it doesn't really matter though well it does it to me i mean the... this is the important lessons that should be taught and are so powerfully torn in that comic book to take that out uh, to ban that book is it's just so silly and again i, I just, do agree you know, with you but i but i'm also seeing it from the other side of the argument is that we do put age restriction stuff on materials but you don't think high schoolers are aware of prof- like who gives a shit about the well, profanity? Well, Dave, the, you know? the problem with high schoolers is it starts at a young age and you finish at an older age. So 
maybe because of the younger age of the people that just come into high school, that's why they've maybe just banned it. I, I think it's um, I think it's awful. I, I think it's ridiculous. I think learning about the Holocaust in in different ways, allegory as this is told, is just as important as teaching the bare facts of it and show. Like I remember, I still remember as a as a, as a high schooler. I was a high schooler, a young high schooler, grade seven or eight, and I saw the footage from the concentration camps, and I was honestly uh, chilled, sickened but chilled to my bones about what I was witnessing and realizing what, what they had done, you know, to maybe, those... maybe that, maybe, maybe that is what has set you on this path of uh, staring into the deep abyss. Day. No, but I, like I honestly, into the blackness. what it created was a, a massive uh, compassion for, for, for them and what they endured and, and just, and also to know that, that humans could do that to other humans was a big lesson. And the danger of it, I, I and I, and let's face it, this is a very, very acclaimed comic. That I think the message overpowers these very minor concerns that this very conservative school board has had. And I think it's it, you know people apparently are flooding the libraries there with copies of Mouse. It's getting Mouse back in the press again. Uh, I just think it's an awful state of affairs where they're focusing on those aspects and ignoring the far more strong and pertinent message of mouse and they've they've they've, they've, they've absolutely missed the you know they can miss the fucking forest from the trees or whatever the saying is they, they've totally so missed I, the point of mouse I, okay 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 dave but i've just had a look while you were talking and schindler's list has an r rating so kids can't even watch schindler's list so but mouse isn't as graphic as schindler's list and, and kids can access kind of, Schindler's List. Again, but that's kid, also up kid, to the, the Kids school, can access Schindler's List. In, in today's society, it, it, like, it is quite possible, but just like children can watch porn, they can easily access Schindler's List in today's digital society. They don't have to walk into a store and buy Schindler's yes, List anymore. I understand that, and they can also go and download and read Mouse, but my point is the rating is there so that parents and all that understand yeah, but but well, I but I I just I'm I'm just saying if you can make a movie R rated mm. that's about the Holocaust, which means that it's not suitable for children, the subject material and all that sort of stuff. I can understand but there's many, why there's a many board, Holocaust I can, again. Books. I don't agree, but I can understand why a school board might come to that consensus. No, I think the school board's come to completely the wrong conclusion. Boy in the Striped Pajamas is not R rated. There's a, there's a film and a book that is based on the Holocaust. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure not everything in the Holocaust is not suitable, but I'm just saying there are maybe certain ones that are maybe not suitable well, for Well, what about this? When, when, I was when, a kid, older. when I was a kid flicking through a textbook in school, a school textbook, I saw pictures of the concentration camps, pictures of the, you know, emaciated survivors, okay, pictures of the... They were naked. You couldn't even tell what sex they were because of what had been done to them. And, you know... That was there. I saw pictures of Hitler talking to the Hitler youth on like the final day when he was going out. I saw a picture of his dead body, you know, I, well, what they claimed was, you know, um, all this stuff was there. So I don't know. It's it, it's all available. I, I, I really feel that they've, you, there are you, two approaches. One, they could be massively anti-Semitic and it could just be a whitewashing of the Holocaust, which does happen. More likely, they're extremely conservative, prudish people who have completely mm. missed the point of mouse. 
And, you know, it's the same people who ban, who ban Huck Finn. It's the same people who ban To Kill a Mockingbird. They, this is what these people do. They, they're so determined to... We talk about censorship. They're, 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 they're literally almost... They're banning books, you know, that are so vital to giving people understanding, you know, and they're just... They're banning them because they don't know what to do. It's too problematic. It's too scary for the children. It's like there are messages in these materials. You know, like To Kill a Mockingbird uh, should be taught in schools. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I, I, look, it's not... The, the state isn't banning the book. It's not banned from every library in the, the thing board or shops the and all that stuff. It's the just school one school. And let's not pretend like they're banning every single fucking book in the library that's about the Holocaust. Mm. But why that's this one? One book. Which well, they, why are they banning this one, too graphic. Do you really believe maybe, okay. the language okay, is know, that bad? On. Maybe think about it this way. Maybe they're just concerned that maybe the animated mousiness of it is just not suitable for the discussion in their school of the Holocaust. But so maybe that's a complete mystery. Maybe the concerns of like the profanity and the nudity and all that, maybe they feel diminishes because it's 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 mouse. Maybe they see it as like just not. But I'm sure they've got other books in their library. But the about whole the power of Again, mouse when like you read it. Every book about the Holocaust. The, the whole power of mouse is when you realize as it gets peeled away the true horror that lies behind the relatively benign surface at the start. Yeah, but again, I'm I'm more, I guess I'm more pro-parents deciding what their kids should read and what's appropriate for the kids, not really schools anyway. I, I'm, I'm not comfortable with the schools banning hardly anything when it comes to this kind of stuff. Like, if there was graphic sex, sure. Okay, but there's not. We're not talking about that. We're talking about oh, hey, mild you, profanity. But you should be. But you should be thankful that they banned well, it because now, now the sales are spiked. So it's a good thing at the end yeah, of the day. Well, I, that's the other part that I'll never understand. When, when they're banned, like it's the same thing with Huck Finn and To Kill a Mockingbird. It's the same kind of people who ban those books, Richard, and the, they don't even know why they're banning them. They they try to justify it because they don't want to introduce. One aspect they want to teach one oh, version of history. I, I, what when 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 was Huck Finn banned? Huck Finn was banned recently, recently. Huck, Huck. Probably, it's probably because of the N word in it, though. Nothing to do with. Uh, well, that's one of the justifications for it. But then, why was To Kill a Mockingbird banned? Because that was banned recently too. You know, and, and other books. I'm giving uh, two maybe examples. Maybe because they viewed it as a negative portrayal of black people or something. Why? He he was innocent. That's the whole I, point. I, of to Kill I a Mockingbird. No, but I I don't, look. I haven't read that in a while. But I mean, well, he was innocent. The, Let me uh, tell you, he was innocent. Richard. The, that's the whole I, point I, of the I, book. Yes, but they, I think there have been that just the way that the black characters are written in that book is a bit racist. Yeah, well, you, you could say if that. I remember there's, correctly. There's so a lot, a lot of, of people. There's a lot of people. Of... There's a lot of people who disagree with that. And again, banning is not the answer, though. You know, you talk about wanting discussions. That's the point of having a mouse. The point of mouse isn't just to read it and just accept every. Mm -hmm. Like the point is to open up the discussion. If you're interested in discussions, these are the things that need to be taught. I'm so against schools banning books, shutting down discussions. That's exactly the kind of thing they should be doing. And rather than going down the banning route, it's very dangerous. And I and I'm completely against it. And I Yeah, but again, that's that's been going on for years, Dave. Schools yeah, have well, always decided what books are they will keep. Yeah, but luck, keep, luckily so now there's a lot of pushback. Change. And I, I mean and I believe you me. I'm no Will Wheaton fan, but I will say this about Will Wheaton. Um the only thing I can think of in the last twenty years that I've agreed with supposedly upon hearing this news he went and bought like hundreds of copies of mouse and flooded the libraries with it oh, so you know good 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 for him but the problem is is we also <laughs> don't know if the majority of parents in tennessee agree with us 
if well, they do, then the I'm sorry, then the, 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 it's not really a banning. It's it's just conforming to your state's yeah conservatism or or, well, or obviously it's a conservative view, so, state, you know. but like at the same time, Richard, is it not important to have these discussions? Like, do you not think it's important that a high school student has some awareness of the Holocaust and of what happened to the Jewish people there? Because I think it's I, very. Oh important. my God, Dave, Jesus. Christ, Bounce is not the only book about the Holocaust in a school library. Yeah, you're, but it's a, the it's way a, that you're conflating it is like they've banned every single book in the library about uh, the Holocaust. Uh, they've banned a book about fucking mouse. Yeah, but what, what worries me, book. what worries me as well is, and this is something that I feel very strongly about, the, uh, a sanitized version of history and the Holocaust is being told now. Okay. No, where, you where, don't know that, Dave, because you don't know what other books they have in the library. They well, may just not want a fucking mouse book about the Holocaust in their library. Like, well, that mouse might is, just be the, the, the end of it. Mouse is considered one of the preeminent graphic novels of all time and one of the most important well, documents from a layperson's perspective on, on, on it. Like, you know, if you're fantastic. looking at it. School doesn't agree. Yeah, but we disagree with the school. That's the thing. There's a huge groundswell out there, Richard. That are, that are pushing back against this. And, and I want to plant my flag very firmly in saying I'm 100% behind it. They should feel some heat. Because if you don't give these people heat, they continue banning stuff and they continue whitewashing stuff and they push their alternate and, version of history. And again, if 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 they, the people in that Tennessee state and all that sort of stuff uh, agree with the school, then it's not going to change. You can push back all you like. It ain't changing the school's mind. Well, you know, you never know. It could change, change the next generation coming through. That's the thing. Like, just because it's predominantly conservative state doesn't mean they get carte blanche to sort of whitewash the Holocaust. God, no. That, oh, that's a very dangerous thing. I'm just saying it's a very dangerous perspective. Yeah. Like, uh, you've, 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 got, you've gone from one to like 50, like just. Well, off the I back. feel very strongly. One one book, one book, and they've and they've whitewashed. The it's Holocaust. a seminal oh, book. Oh, they're not teaching the Holocaust because they banned. Well, mouse. the next, like, the next thing. I is... mean, I agree. I don't agree with banning, but I think you are over, really overreacting. Well, the, the reason the reason the I'm saying one this book. is the reason I'm saying this is not because it, I consider it the only fucking authority on the Holocaust. It's a very popular entry point into learning about that tragedy. Okay, and it's an important thing. That's but that's your remember. point of view, Dave. Well, they might not agree with that being the well, best book to teach that. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying like, in general, though, it's, over the last thirty years, it's over the last thirty years, it's been a very important tool. Taking that away removes that entry point for those children, okay? And they instead will do some sort of sanitized version, okay, where they want to take out all the the, the horrible nudity that was not sexual at all. Uh, by the way, of mice, which you would think if they were worried about nudity, they'd be a lot more. You'd think mice would be a lot more, you know, palatable to these, let's face it, religious conservatives who just can't tolerate the sight of a naked person, which is another thing I have an issue with. But I just have so many issues with the whole banning of books in the first place. I Like, I have a fundamental problem with, with that in the first place. And if we want to talk about discussions, that's a separate topic. If you can, like, people are always saying, "Are we hang on, but but hang on, but are we even using the right word though?" Or what word? So, are are people saying that they've banned it? That's the word that people are using, or they're just yeah. basically saying we're not, we, we, it's not part of our curriculum. We're not going to carry that book. They've we banned it. School, they've banned it from the library. School, this is every school in the world 
They get to choose what books go in their library. And just because they choose not to put in the book in the library, that's not a banning of the book. They've banned the book from school libraries and they've banned it from the curriculum. That's what they've done. They've removed it. I mean, you could buy it in shops. and banning is not the You could buy it in shops. I don't know if that's the same thing. Well, it's it's being removed from school libraries. Look, I'm just saying every school, every school gets to choose what books go in their library and what books don't. I don't consider that to be banning it's very important not to it's very important it's very important from my perspective and from my view of things especially in regarding to the holocaust and what happened to jewish people it's very important to push back against this what could potentially be massive anti-semitism or it's or it's either massive anti-semitism or it's extreme religious prudiness you know that's actually damaging uh you know the fact it's 10 nil worries me. The fact the vote was 10 nil also worries me. And the only thing you can do is put heat back on the people, and that's what, that's what I'm doing. You put heat back on these school boards, that's when they start to reconsider and shift their position. They're nothing more than administrators, dude, and sort of petty politicians. So when they get some heat back on them, they generally start to flip. And that's exactly what they're getting right now, and I'm glad. And you are right. There's big religious segments in the United States, and there's big... There'll be segments of our audience who disagree with me. That's fine. But the important thing is not to ban, but to have a discussion. If you had a classroom discussion on Mouse and you had different viewpoints, that's okay. You know, these are kids being able to talk about something with a teacher there who presumably knows something and can offer some input. But to ban? No. Is, is, in my opinion, is mm. it's, it's, the, it's the wrong move. It's the wrong move. And I mean... You know, I don't, we, I, I don't agree with, the, I don't agree with the word ban in this situation. I mean, that's what that's what they've done. When when you when you ban a book, that's, uh, no, 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 from the school that's library and the curriculum, reported it, and and that's how well, what you, do you are call reporting it? it. What do you call? But it? again, a school gets to choose what books they keep in their library. But they did the same to Huck Finn. They did the if same thing to Kill a Mockingbird. Books stay and all that. That's not a banning. Well, you can't get the book in the library, Richard. Like that's... You can't get it in the school library, Dave, <laughs> because the school library gets to choose. Even other libraries get to choose what books they stock and which ones they don't. Bookstores get to choose which books they keep in the store and which ones they don't order. Is that banning, Dave, because a bookstore chooses not to keep a, a book on the shelf? Well, that's a, that's a commercial is decision. That banning, that's a commercial is that decision. A, a business's or a library's choice? If I go to the school library and go, I want to read Mouse, if I go to Mouse, oh, we're not allowed to give you that book. That's banning. You know, if I if I go into the they can't give it to you if they don't have it in the library though. If they go, that's not part of our range of books. That's not banning. It's not them saying not allowed to have. They're just like, sorry, we don't keep that. Uh, in the I library. think it's banning, it's and, and I also think that's a large part. Like in all fairness, I think that's a large part of how these people try to get around these issues because they constantly want to argue semantics, and what they really want is to ban these books and keep them off the shelves, and that's what they want. They, they want to hinder access to them for the children because they know that a lot of kids won't bother to go out. Some kids are inquisitive readers like I was, and they'll go out and read a lot more on this topic. A lot won't. They'll read what's put in front of them. So they're all about trying to limit and, and to push their agenda. And instead of having a book that actually could engender some discussion and could go a lot wider than the Book of Mouse and get into the actual Holocaust, they want to, oh, no, let's not do that. It's, it's, it's too much. It's too problematic. We don't want to deal with those issues here in a little religious fucking conservative backwater state, you know? And 
And I'm not. That's, I'm not a, that's a lot of assumptions you've made there. With well, I mean, I'm I'm only going on what they've done. I mean, and these are the same people who banned. You, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You you have reported what they've done, but you are now drawing your own conclusions as to why they've done it and what their motives well, are. I think we can take. They're definitely prudish. You've they given won't... them really. I'll, I'll give you this. You've given them really <laughs> nefarious motivations. Over, get, like, well, there's no two. Evidence. There's two. What one is anti-Semitism? That's potentially one. Okay, that's definitely... Uh, see, again, you've just said there, potentially, you have no evidence of anti-Semitism, Dave. Well, the fact that they're banning a key text about the Holocaust tells me a lot already. Like, that, that is a red flag. That's a red flag. I don't we're, know. I don't, I, we're I'm giving sorry, them, maybe I just don't have an affinity to mouse as you do. We're giving them... It's like, my God. We're like giving the, them... We're the giving only them, book that explains the, the Holocaust. We're giving them an out. We're giving them an out by assuming... They're religious and prudish, which is probably more likely. No, I'm not giving them an out. I'm just not going to assign nefarious, well, evil doings until they actually come out and say their we're actions because we don't believe actions, in the Holocaust. Their Sorry. actions, their actions say it all. In banning the book, they've already said so much. That's the thing. Uh, by banning the by banning, hang on, by banning an, a, a, a graphic novel yeah, about the Holocaust, about cartoon mouse anti-Semitic because they yes, banned one because. Because of the subject matter Ooh, and the and, and let's face it, this is a very acclaimed key text. Okay, okay, but you know? but Dave, if I go into that library and I find a dozen books on the Holocaust, mm. proper books on the Holocaust, are they still anti-Semitic? Well, no, but that decision could be though. That that we're talking about the decision. I hope. That they've got, I hope to God, they've got books on the Holocaust in that library right now. I don't know. Again, I, I'm just not that person that jumps then, to wild But then why are they banning it, Richard? If, if they're not anti-Semitic, why are they banning maybe it? They just don't like, maybe they just don't like the book, Dave. Yeah. Maybe it's just they don't like that book. Did you ever just think that maybe they just don't like the mouse book? Well, doesn't doesn't, the, mean, they don't, doesn't, doesn't mean they're against the Holocaust. Maybe the, they just don't like that book. Doesn't the 10-0 vote worry you, though? Because the 10-0 vote worries me a lot. Like Not really, I mean, this could be just like old teachers that have been there for a while, and they and they know what they want to teach and what books they want to keep. I don't know. As I said, I don't assign anything to people without them this actually is a, coming this is out and saying this I'm, is why I've done it. I, I'm I'm pulling up the article which has a quote from them: Tennessee lawmakers file bill targeting obscene books in school libraries, uh, da, 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 um, deemed obscene or harmful to minors. Uh, blah blah blah. Librarians already say they have processes in place to reconsider textbooks and materials flagged as objectionable. Blah blah blah. So it's I don't know. It's I'm trying to find the thing about mouse, but they're talking about it, it, it's obviously a hot topic there because it's it's going up for legislation to to book to ban books that they deem objectionable already. So I don't know. I have significant reservations about what they're doing. I really am Again, against taking... I, I'm just saying, for all you know, the whole thing could be they just don't want a book there that um, cartoonifies the Holocaust. Again, it, it, for you, you may not see it be. that way. It's a no, deep and powerful book for allegory. you. It's an allegory. Maybe they're like... It's this, an allegory. Maybe a kid picks it up thinking that it's a cute mouse book. That's the whole point of mouse. That's then, the whole point of mouse, though. That's the whole point. It, it has a benign start. And then gradually the tragedy is laid completely bare yeah. because it's an allegory problem, I'm for sorry, what happened. Dave, I, I'm, I'm really sorry, but in my point of view, Mouse was not written for kids as much as it was written for adults. It, but as well, it's it's all, like it's an allegory also about how gradual 
the persecution of the Jewish people was in the German state at the time. Like it started off small. I'm not. I'm not arguing about what the story is. I'm just saying it's a. It was a graphic novel. I don't. I don't, don't know if it's actually really targeted at actual like young kids. Oh, I think it's it's targeted like all graphic novels around that thing, and from anyone from thirteen plus, twelve plus, like it's it's that readership, young adult to adult. That's it. I mean, that's you know, it's yeah, basically but again, it's target maybe market. the school has just decided that it's not appropriate. Here in we their go. Life. Ten members yeah. unanimously yeah. agreed in favour of a mouse book about the thing. Dave, and, if they come out and say we hate Jews and all that, I'm on your side, bro. I'm on your side, okay. but I just don't. I'm not the let's, person let's, that that. Damns people and, and jumps to wild conclusions over well, an article I've read. I'm sorry, I'm just not that guy. Ten members unanimously agreed in favour of removing the novel from the eighth grade curriculum, citing its use of eight curse words, including the phrase goddamn, and drawing pictures of naked drugs, drawings of naked pictures of women. After a social media backlash, the board members said in a statement that the book's unnecessary use of profanity and nudity and its depiction of violence, and let's not forget what they're depicting, the Holocaust and suicide, were too much for a class of 13 and 14-year-olds. Taken as a whole, the board felt this work was simply too adult-orientated for use in our schools. I mean... There you go. Yeah, I disagree. That's the thing. And and they're, get, they're getting the disagreement through loud and clear. They've made a statement, Richard. It doesn't it's mean that fine, they're... But I'm know. just saying, I'm not saying they're right, but I'm just trying to give you an understanding of possibly their motivation. They are just maybe worried that a book that looks so cartoony and like a comic book... It's just not what they want in their library about the Holocaust. Mm. And they're religious. Maybe they just don't like oh, books. The religious is a massive. The religious is a massive. I don't know, but Re- the it religious... doesn't make them anti-Semitic because they don't like goddamn in their the, books. The religious... Makes them religious zealots, but... The religious zealots is they're out here. Okay, because the other out is... Not out. The other conclusion is anti-Semitism. But I think... Yeah, they've I, also that's, got that's a wild conclusion. Though. I don't think it's wild conclusion. When you start banning books about the Holocaust... The question of anti-Semitism oh. comes up pretty quickly, you know, or Holocaust hey, denials. If you had told me this was the tenth Holocaust book they banned, I'd be more on your side, mate. Okay. But one book does not make yeah, a thousand. I hear, you. I hear. You. But let's have a look at this. The board said that its members. This is where I fucking hate them. The board said that its members do not diminish the value of Mouse as an impactful and meaningful piece of literature, nor do we dispute the importance of teaching our children the historical and moral moral lessons and realities. And that's a key word: realities, Richard. Because if we go to those pictures that I saw when I was a, you know, when I was this age, and I saw what they they'd done, I mean that was that was chilling. So if you want to show the reality, that was the reality, and the reality also was just dead bodies piled on top of each other. So let's not. I, yeah. I don't. I just like that. That's the reality. If you want to teach reality, that was a reality, and how they the, got the- there. I understand that, but also the problem in my eyes is you're taking reality, but then you're making it a fantasy by making by making it uh, mice. Yeah. Well, the yeah. author spoke. It's leaving me with my jaw open. Like what he called the ban Orwellian. Uh, I agree, frankly. And the U.S. Holocaust Museum also uh, condemned the move. So plenty of plenty of places are, ba- uh, are reacting to this. So the Jewish community, the, the Holocaust Museum you know, uh, deeply offended. And, uh, you know, or we have to, oh, we have to roll, you know, we have to just shake our heads and go, oh, well, it's just those religious zealots getting away with it again. You know, that, that that's, the, that's the crime to me, that they, they don't feel the backlash. Because as you say, they're, they're probably in religious uh, conservative communities, uh, majorities, not, not all. And again, they're trying to, you know, basically mollycoddle the children, 
teach them what they want to teach, don't expose them to what actually happened, and it it it, it you know it doesn't it doesn't get the message across, which I think should get across. I think it's an important moral message for for children to learn. That's just my opinion. Mm. You know. Yep. Maybe I'll just be an ass and say, but it didn't happen, Dave. I don't think the mouse were treated like that in, in Germany. <sighs> yeah, but the, the mouse, it's a metaphor. I mean, it's obviously a metaphor for what happened. That's the whole point of the book. I, yeah, I get it. But at the end of the day, while it's based on historical stuff, the fact that it's mice is, does also make it basically fiction. It's not fiction at all. Like, it's, it's, it's a historical fiction. It's an allegory, though. It's an allegory for yeah, like it's like watching. But I'm just, I'm just saying, Jesus, I'm just saying it's one, it's, it's just a fucking book about. I just, mouse. I'm sorry, I don't even like the book. To me, much, it's the, but the maybe, fact, that, maybe that's why I just don't give a shit because I, I, I think the book is a bit overrated. Yeah, well, you know that's okay though. I mean, it's 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 constantly praised as like the number one, so of course it's open to that question of being overrated. But but it's like Watchmen. People talk about Watchmen, you know. So that if anyone outside comics always thinks of Watchmen or Mouse, now it's inevitable that stuff like that gets overrated because it's what's always preached to the mainstream audiences. Um, yeah, but again, as look, as I said, as long as they've got books in their library, mm. proper historical books about the Holocaust and all that for for the students to learn, I don't really give a fuck if they don't want to keep the. I mouse hear book. You. I'm sorry, I just don't. No, that's okay. We can move on. I wanted to make you know I feel very passionately on this topic. I've brought it up before. I'm glad that we've at least explored the topic to, I feel, its conclusion, you know, to its nth extent. I mean, I've said many times in the show we run a pro-Israeli podcast and, uh, and you know, massively kind of like it's a very important topic to me. So it's just why I have to shine the spotlight so heavily. And I don't mean to shine it at you, Richard, because I know you're not the school board, but um, I'd love to get one of these pricks on the show and just lambast them. And I hate the way they retreat into saying that, though. Oh, we think it's very important and a great book, and it's very important we teach our children at the same time that they ban it. That's that's the hypocrisy of that statement is what galls me the most. It's just politics at that point, you know. We're just playing... They should just say we're just playing to our base because that's what they're doing, you know. We're just playing to our base. We know we're Maybe, safe. As I said, I, I, I learned about the Holocaust without mouse and... I'm fine. So did I. So did I. I, I. I didn't read Mouse until I was well into my 20s. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't need Mouse to to understand the the Holocaust and how bad it was. So I'm just. It's not the fucking end of the world because they don't want to keep the Mouse book. It's just. I know, but the, there'd not. be the some children learn about the Holocaust. There'd be some children that would be their first exposure, Richard, and it, you know, and some of these kids, it would hit them like really in in a way an allegory can, you know, and like I think allegory like Narnia can. You know what I mean? Uh, like, I guess. But, I mean, but that. we're also living in a world at the moment, Dave, where kids don't even know what fucking history is. So, sure, I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of data flying. Let's get on to let's get on to another topic because I feel like I've I've campaigned on this long enough. I, I'm ready to run for election almost. You know, vote one, defend. <laughs> oh, seriously, I've, I it, we all know it's one of my topics that I do get on my soapbox about. So. Spare the listeners any further um, about. It. I knew when I put this topic in that I was going to be. <laughs> I you must didn't try. Well, when I saw it, I was like, "Do I really want to put this in?" Because I know that I'm going to get very. Well, it's yeah. it's news because I mean it, it is a graphic novel. So no, I had no, Richard. Don't fit, don't worry. As even as I asked that question, I was like, "Of course, I'm going to put this quit." <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> All right, turning to some lighter news. I think anything's lighter than the Holocaust. Would you agree, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> like just I would say almost everything. Everything is the else in the yeah. the world. 
Um, okay, Ronald Acosta brought me this news. Mortal Kombat 2 is officially happening. Uh, he said Richard's going to love this. Uh, and I said I wouldn't be too sure about what Richard's going to like, let alone love. Um, Rich, what are you thinking about Mortal Kombat 2? I hope it's better than Mortal Kombat 1. I hope it's not banned in schools. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mortal Kombat 1, I'm trying to remember it. it. It had the weird character that was a new character, which I didn't really like. Remember that guy? He got a new power or something at the end. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. I'm shit. not. I'm sorry. I'm just not a. Uh, I'm not a fan of that movie. In I thought it was. I um, mean, Ronald Acosta's I pumped just, up. Uh, yeah. I didn't love it. I mean, it was hey, enjoyable. I'm not. I'm not opposed to a sequel. I mean, as long as they can improve on the, yeah. the first one and maybe yeah. just kind of maybe, maybe actually give us a fucking actual tournament this time. That would be nice. Totally be agree. Nice if we get an actual Mortal Kombat tournament. Totally, totally agree. Rather than um, whatever the fuck the story was last time. Was um yeah, just random fighting. Was Raiden in it? I'm trying to remember. Was he in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was Nightwolf in it? I'm not sure if Nightwolf no. was in it. Yeah, see, that was a, that was a minus. Nightwolf should have been. Jax was in it briefly, wasn't he? It was a Jax character. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, 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 yeah. But he, he... got his arm ripped oh, off. I just, I don't. I'm, I'm not. A, I'm not a fan of that power shit that they like. The whole point of Mortal Kombat is that it's 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 humans and and the power comes from their chi, you know, yeah. like their kung fu and all that sort of crap. Like, I'm not a fan of this. Like, oh. You've got to find your hidden power yeah. with the dragon. Tattoo. Like I was like, oh, I hate that. That's so fucking. That's so like nineties. Yeah, yeah. A movie of like a, a video game or a comic, you know, yeah. where they they go, oh, we've got to change, you know, something to make it more palatable. And it's like, no, you've made it less palatable. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is very nineties TV show kind of thing. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, uh... I'm sorry, I still. I still love the first Mortal Kombat movie just oh, because I, mean, I know it's dated and all that now, but it, it it was just more faithful to the actual like concept of the Mortal Kombat. You yeah, know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. The Raiden chose his, his, his champions. They went on the boat. They went to the fucking island. There was an actual tournament going on with a whole bunch of fighters and shit. You know what I mean? Like mm. at least it was true to the story of the, the first video game. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And when I say true, I mean, it's not like 100% true, but it's like at least like 80% true. The, the basics, the fact they had a tournament, I think, is is key, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, they need a tournament badly. Now, one thing Ronald said, I still haven't watched the animated stuff. He said the animated movies are very good. Yeah, yeah, they are. I, I actually prefer the, the animated stuff over the, um, the, the live action stuff. I yeah. mean, the games are still better at the end of the day, but yeah, I mean, the... The the uh, the animated ones are definitely better. Oh man, the fucking games are like, kick ass on this kind of stuff. Like, is it just budget? Is that why they can't do the the actual game? You know how the games kind of the, the at least the last two games they have a pretty extensive cutscene kind of movie quality to it. Um, do you think it's budget why they why they don't sort of you know take it to that level in terms of the movies? Probably. I mean. Uh, Mortal Kombat had a first good movie and then a bad second movie, and that kind of killed the the, franchise. the movie franchise. Yeah. And um, they were pretty much, I think, they kind of knew that, like with the the COVID and all that sort of shit, they probably did maybe cut the budget a little bit and say, "Look, we're not going to do a big theater release. Yeah, it'll yeah. be a small theater and then streaming and stuff. So we've got to cut the budget down a little bit." And I mean, that does that does suck because 
I wasn't super impressed with the the special effects and and all that sort of stuff. I mean, there was some good stuff in there, but there was also some bad stuff in there. Yeah, and and that's probably just due to the fact of maybe the the, the budget got cut a little bit. But uh, I would like them to put money behind it. But again, it's an un, you know, it's it's an untested uh, property in a sense because as I said, they had one good movie, one bad movie, and then it went dormant for 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 years. But I think you know, considering how bombastic the video games got. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm. they just like raised the bar, raised the bar in terms of just the wacky shit that's going on. Mm. I think they kind of needed to spend money on on the actual movie and make it a bit more bombastic. Yeah, man. I I don't know. I just like there's yeah. They you need to you need to pump some money into it. I think you need to give it a tournament. I think you need to make it. I mean, the thing with the tournament too is you can concentrate on what's that guy called. Uh, we've got like multiple arms. Is it Goro or someone? Uh, you know, uh, yeah, the the main one is Goro. Yeah, yeah. The first the first. Get that kind of shit going in a tournament, kind of like you put it in a tournament. You can you can put it in a big. I'm picturing like a big kind of gladiator arena with Shao. Is it Shao Kahn? You know, there on the Shao Kahn's the the emperor. Yeah, of, on uh, the seat, uh, like yeah. watching them fight and stuff, like. I know they're just yeah, but they've already wasted. They've already wasted Goro, so you know. Well, yeah, maybe they'll not... bring one of the other ones in, but I mean, they've already wasted Goro. Did they have the robots in? In they didn't have the robots, did they? No. Well, there you go. Where was Sector? Where was Smoke? You know those kind of guys. You know where was Nightwolf? Well, again, they the well again the problem is is to get to that point, you still need to first um, delve more into the Lin Kuei. Um, storyline with Sub Zero and all that sort of shit, which they haven't really. Uh, they need to first set that up. Still, yeah, I don't know, man. I've just got, um, I've just got sort of emotions, and I'm just feeling like there's potential, you know. Oh, there's always potential. That's the that's the that's that's the the thing that always gives you hope is that there's always potential. Mm, yeah, I don't think a lot of things are living up to their potential these days, but the potential's always there. Well, okay, now turning to we've got actually got another hot button item and I'm by no means as impassioned now. I've I've I feel like I've I've run out of I'm I'm kinda like one of those uh, you know, shock jocks, but I'm kind of all shouted out now. The next Punisher should be a black veteran, says co creator of the Punisher, Jerry Conway, who by the way, we're moving to get on the show soon. Reinventing the Punisher as a black veteran would make him a stronger representation of the current cultural zeitgeist, Conway says. Um, I mean, there is a Black Punisher. He's, I want to say his name was Outlaw in the 90s, British. Um, anyway, but, you know, sorry, Jerry, but they already well, did that. Yeah, the, 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 but yeah, the thing is, I mean, technically anyone can be the Punisher. That's the, that's the simplicity of his, of, of his character and his story. Like, you know, I mean, he could, yes, he could be a, a an army vet who's a black guy who comes home and then his wife and kid are killed by gangsters. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Shot in the street in a drive-by or some shit. Like, the character of the, of, of, yeah. of Punisher, I don't mean to sound nasty, but it's, it's just a typical revenge character that yeah. you've seen hundreds and hundreds of times in movies, <laughs> like, um, comics and stuff. Yeah. What's interesting with the character, like, They've made the character interesting, though, because, you know, they've delved a bit into the character. But I'm just saying, technically, any venge, you know, uh, person, you know, any vengeance thing can be any character. Like, any, yeah. yeah, literally anyone can be the You could have an Hispanic guy as the Punisher whose who's wife and kids are killed by the, you know. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Well, 
whatever the lost whatever fucking gangster whatever you could have a, an asian guy who's fucking killed by the triad or the yakuza like it, it at the end of the day the 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 punish is just a typical uh revenge so what's character. jerry's point though like he is he saying that like because they could do i mean uh, if they rebooted the punisher in the movies i mean and they made him black and his name was frank castle i mean oh, hi, oh, it wouldn't be that bad you know, like, I mean, I'm like, so I mean, what? Like, kind of, it's my reaction. Look, I mean, at, at the end of the day, in, <laughs> in that, a sense, Charles, uh, Charles Bronson is the Punisher in Death Wish. Yeah. It's the, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, again, but what what's he's his saying point, is though? Oh, like, God, he's reinventing it... the Punisher. It's like, no, anyone can be the Punisher. Yeah, I, I'm kind of like, after. is he allowed to be the Punisher, though? That's, I think that's the bigger question. Like, is this just, see, I think Jerry hasn't really thought this through. Uh, I think Jerry thinks he's onto something big. But you could be very cynical and just go, well, this is going to be Disney's way of sidestepping the racial question because of, if you recall, I believe something along the lines of someone wearing a Punisher hoodie or something was in one of the riots. And that was like one Look, of the, you know. This is, this is Jerry Conway's uh, um, push to keep getting royalty checks. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. Because, but, yeah. Because if they make him black, then yes. You, you'll be like, well, then maybe, you know, uh, the anti, you know, um, cop movement will lay off the Punisher because he's a black guy now. Yeah. Um, and then Jerry Conway still keeps getting his royalty checks because the Punisher is still being in use. I mean, that's the cynic in me, but I mean, could be true. It's a cynic in me, but I, 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 I think Jerry, it seems like he comes from a sort of more, it seems like he thinks he's, I think he thinks it's more profound than it actually is kind of thing. Like, Really, at the end of the day, I don't think it would make that much difference. I, I wonder if... Surely Marvel and Disney, all their hesitancy, would it be all washed away by making the Punisher black? Uh, you know, would they be like, okay, Punisher can go back now to fighting crime? I don't know. I mean, they've obviously been very sort of picky about the character and what you can and can't do with the character for the last, say, five uh, years. Look, uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say something hot. Hot mic here. Sure. But yeah, the, the only acceptable uh, 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 is, is, is black on black crime. So maybe, yes, having a black guy <laughs> killing black uh, criminals is fine. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's, it's just odd. I, I tell you what, one of Michelle's shows, The Rookie, starring your favourite guy, Nathan Fillion. It, Jesus Christ, dude, the, the lengths they go to apologise for being police officers in that show is amazing. You know, it's just sickening hmm. to listen to. I mean, I'm surprised the show got cancelled, honestly. Oh, it's but they're bending over backwards. Oh, you know, and and he's leading the charge like you wouldn't believe. Like every single thing is Nathan Fillion. Didn't didn't they announce that they were cancelling Brooklyn Nine Nine? I don't know. I that I didn't know. I wasn't aware of that. But yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I know there was. I know there was talk of that after the whole. Uh, defund the police and all that sort of crap came out. I know there was talk of, of cancelling. But there's the a million cop shows on TV. There's a million and two cop cop shows are like, you know, twenty percent of mainstream TV, if not more. Think of how many cop shows there are. How many franchises? Yeah, but that was like, cops. Yeah, but to be fair, that was more of a comedy show than a cop show. So, like, yeah. it, it was a little bit unique. You don't have too many comedy cop shows out at the moment. I would have but thought that would make it more likely to series. survive. The fact it was a oh, there's some talk maybe they'll make them like firefighters or something, but I'm like, it'd be fucking weird. Jesus. Well, 
Yeah, Jerry, I, I, you know, maybe this is just you just hoping to get, you know, I, I think it's just Jerry Conway, uh, left winger, uh, desperately trying to, you know, he, he created this character that, that became bigger than Ben Hur. He did make an interesting comment. There was He made a comment that was actually kind of true. He was saying, like, in the 70s, I'll try to find his quote. He was basically saying in the 70s, the Punisher was the themes of disillusionment, um, Vietnam, you know, Watergate, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you know, the themes of disillusionment that pervaded the 70s. Okay. From... How, how, how original. No, I know, but it, but those kind of things. That was the 70s Punisher. The 80s became more black yeah, and no, white. I'm just saying that's not unique. No, but I know. But I'm oh, just... yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I get that. I get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then the 80s, that, yeah. it was more black and white. He was kind of an adventure, a hero. And now we've got, and then he did, and now we've got to this current state of affairs where, you know, everything's been questioned and the police are massively corrupt. Blah, actually, blah, blah. Can I be honest with you? I'm, I'm actually surprised that, yeah, that they don't have the Punisher now going around in today's climate, just going around fucking not hunting criminals, but hunting dirty cops. I'm actually shocked that he's not just doing that uh, right now. Well, he always had the thing about not killing cops, um, but he has hunted a few dirty cops in his time. Oh. No, but I'm saying I'm surprised he's not doing that exclusively right now. <laughs> right, just, just 100% <laughs> dirty cops. Like That's it. He's like, no, I can't go after the criminals until I've cleaned up the police. I'm only, I'm only dispensing justice to dirty cops until I get rid of all the dirty cops, all I the love racist it. dirty cops. I love it, I'm, I love it. I'm yeah. surprised he's not doing that. Yeah, that's funny. Um, all right, so moving on from Jerry Conway and his desperate quest to, you know, rehabilitate, you know, himself after creating the Punisher, which became this monster that <laughs> he doesn't know what to do with. Um, Blizzard Entertainment is creating something new. The studio revealed it's working on a brand new survival game set in a whole new universe and is looking for help to make it happen. Uh, we're going on a journey to a whole new universe, home to a brand new survival game on for both PC and console place full of heroes we have yet to meet, stories yet to be told, and adventures yet to be lived. God, I hate that kind of shit. A vast realm of possibility waiting to be explored. Mm -hmm. uh, the job listings include cover art, engineering, design roles, and blah, blah, blah. So it's a new AAA survival game, and not a spin-off of an existing wizard game, but a new IP for PC slash console, set in a world different from any other Blizzard has created. Now this, I would say, they've spent a lot of time milking their kind of Warcrafts and all that kind of stuff on their edge. So, uh, yes, well, the last new IP they had was Overwatch, right? And that was a couple was of years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, now, but, yeah. but to be fair, that's that's always been Blizzard's MO, yeah. Like, Blizzard is has always been slow to um to do new IPs, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, um, which I it's, it's not necessarily a problem, do you know what I mean? Like, if a studio only really had like four IPs but they they banged out quality, yeah, exactly, yeah, like all the time. Like it wouldn't be an issue, but you'd just be like, you know, if they kept making good Diablo games, good Warcraft games, good Starcraft games, yeah. and all that, you'd be like, yeah, it's fine. I don't care that they've only got like three fucking. Well, that's the whole point of having franchises, isn't it? Like, I mean, who owns fucking Assassin's Creed? Because they spam the fuck out of that. Ubisoft, yeah. That's you. That's Ubisoft. At EA with FIFA, like you know, exact. You know, you know what I mean. Like some games just constantly yeah, like, come out. But you see, I don't mind. Like, here's the thing. Like, Blizzard was was kind of. I thought they were doing well at a stage, right? Because they were kind of like having a different genre. Mm. Okay, so you had your World of Warcraft, which was your MMO, mm -hmm. your massive multiplayer. You had just, and then they still had the Starcraft, which was your your RTS, your real time strategy game. Mm -hmm. Then they had Diablo, which was your isometric, RP, you know, single player RPG game. Yeah. So that is that itch, you know. Then they came out with Overwatch, and that was like your 
your multiplayer hero shooter sort of game mm. you know and then they also had hearthstone and that was it was based on world of warcraft but it was a it was a card game you know like like magic the gathering and and all that sort of stuff and then they also tried their hand at like the the dota um uh um league of legends type moba sure. type thing so i mean at, at least they literally had a di- that every game was a different genre do you know what i mean yeah Unlike Ubisoft, where every fucking game is the same game, and you, and you've said this so many times, you've actually convinced me you're right. Now, I there is I love them, but there is a similarity underneath the hood kind of thing to those to those games, you know. Um, oh yeah, they've they've slapped a different skin on it, but it's essentially like your Assassin's Creed, your Watch Dogs, your um, your Far, Far, Cry. Cry. Far Cry. They've yeah. all got a little bit of different coat of paint. They've got a little skin, different skin on them, <laughs> little face masks, but. It's at the yeah in the core under that hood, hmm. it's it's really the same mechanics and the same core gameplay. Hmm. Interesting, yeah. So I don't know. I, I mean, are you are you down for a triple A? Triple A means it's like a no proper I, game, doesn't I, it? It just means high budget. It just means high budget, right? Yeah. I so. don't really give a fuck about survival games, honestly. Uh, it's my least favorite. Type survival is that mean it's like um, that awful game I played that zombie thing, but it was like, remember that game I played and, tr- and tried to understand what was going on? It was like really bad graphics and you were running around and you had blocks of wood and stuff and I was just like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, so, yeah, survival, survival games is basically you've got to chop down trees, you've got to, you know, oh, pick plants, you've no. got to hunt for food, you've got to keep yourself from starving, oh. you've got to keep yourself warm, you've got to keep yourself cool. I always think it's that'll a survival be cool. Game where, like, oh. I'm like, I don't have time for that shit, seriously. See, honestly, there's a part of me when you, they say that, I'm always like, oh, that sounds like it could be good. And then I start playing and I'm like, this isn't good. <laughs> this sucks. Uh, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I find it's weird because I, I, I do play grindy games like, you know, MMOs and stuff, which would be considered grindy. But yeah. Uh, my um, that's my limit i cannot get into i find survival games so fucking boring so do i and and part part of my brain thinks it's going to be good experience and then i start playing it and i'm like oh my god i'm so bored you know like i call i'll tell you a game that i consider survival that i think's fucking awesome and it's about to have a sequel dying light I love that game. Yeah, I know, I know, I know that you. I know you're eager for that. Now, I know but what I'm saying is, to me, that's sort of a survival game, isn't it? Because you, you you have to get back to base. And, um, you know, uh, no, um, that's not what a survival game is. Um, that's more of a like it's, it's more of an Assassin's Creed, Ubisoft yeah. type of thing, yeah. where it's more just an open world thing. I love you know, that. go and get supplies here. Go and help this person here. Go and save that person there. Yeah, a survival game is literally you're fucking washed up on a shore, no clothes, no weapons. Right. Start, you know, start makeshifting a weapon. Start hunting for food. Start making a fire. <laughs> you know, try and yeah. make tools, and you can build a house. You know, build like a shelter. Like it's a proper like you wash up on a fucking. It, yeah. You're Robinson Crusoe, basically. You know, you're fucking. You're on an yeah, island. Yeah, but like it never gets interesting. Survive. You're Robinson Crusoe, but it's not interesting. It's 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 basic. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like yeah, yeah, like if it was Robinson Crusoe and you and you went to this massive adventure, yeah, sure. But no, it's like oh, you've got to light the fire. It feels like something like back in that dude. You're a few years younger than me, but I remember uh, we're talking like eighty five, maybe eighty four, around that region, mid eighties. I'm in primary school, and our school got a computer, and this, and sort of 
these computer games that were really basic, but they were sort of survival, like raft, you had to do all this rafting and get across this river and all these, like, puzzles. And and I was like, it was, people were super fucking excited. And I, and I liked it because it was a computer game back in the 80s, but this is what this feels like, like a more modern version. Like, it was all like, make sure you get the coconuts and get the fucking thing to shatter the coconut, otherwise you die. You only have so many moves to do it. Like, it was like a little puzzle. And I remember part of my brain thinking, this could be so much better. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, pretty much. Maybe a bit more basic uh, <laughs> and more. But, yeah, I mean, it's the same principle. You've got you've got to survive. And it's really just all there is to it. Yeah. So, yeah, that sounds, now that we're saying it. Like, like, like gen- generally, they don't even have much, like, real story in it or anything like that. Right. It's just basically, yeah, just... Survive, yeah. You you you're a survivor, washed up on a thing. Survive. It's like okay, great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, and just while we're talking about this, I'm I'm just bringing up Dying Light Two. I believe it's coming out on the fourth of February, Richard. And my sister got me a voucher for Christmas, and I'll be using that voucher to purchase Dying Light Two for the PS Five. So there we go. So Feb five. I'm I, I'm a little bit annoyed because I can't get my money back because I put down a pre order for uh, Total War Warhammer three. Oh yeah. Right, because I'm I'm a big fan of the games, but then I just found out that it's coming to Game Pass. <laughs> it's like damn it. Oh really? And you can and with Game Pass you can play on a PC, can't you? Yeah. So I mean, I would have ended up buying it eventually, but I, I could have waited till it was on sale. Yeah. Right. So you know, it's... I never, I never ever thought that game would be on Game Pass. That's why I went and pre-ordered it because yeah. um, I, I'm well, going to buy. It. I only pre-order games I know I'm absolutely going to play because I've played the previous installments. I've never. But I pre-ordered that, and I was like, just recently I found out. Oh, it's on coming to Game Pass. Like, damn it, I can't get my money back from the the pre-order. Wow. Okay. See, I've never used Game Pass for PC games, even though I know you can. But I will use it to check that out. That's really cool, actually. You know, like that's that. Yeah. You know, that's that's awesome. So I love Game Pass, dude. I think Game Pass is like, you know, so much better than I. I have the PS Five version of their whatever they have, and it's so much more crap compared. Like it has some games, but well, I I think the PlayStation One is basically just a it's a thing to play. Uh, um, uh, uh, fuck, what's it called? It's it's all old games, but it's um. Yeah. Not simulated. Is it simulated? You get. Like I can't remember the word. It, it has a whole selection of old games, but nothing like as much as on Game Pass. You know, I don't know. It's yeah, just... but it's, it, but it's mainly all old games, like backwards compatibility, uh, sim type games. Uh, not the Sims, but like it's a. Uh, oh, it's got like God of War. Game. It's got like um, Last of but Us. The old God of War, doesn't it? I don't know. You don't. You don't have access to the new God of War on it, do you? I don't know. I think so. The latest, whatever the last one was, yeah, I think is is one of the games. I think I I, got, I, I believe one. Of, I know one of the things that people complained about with the PlayStation One is that that you don't get the, the games day one like you do on Xbox. No, you don't. It's way more oh. crap, dude. It's way yeah. more crap. It's way more crap. Like the game. No, it's it's yeah. It's you're right. It's old games, dude. Like so, it's not even Last of Us Two. It's like Last of Us the original. You know, mm. it, dude. I don't use it. I I almost wish I'd. I don't even know why I have it. <laughs> there must be a reason. I don't even know why. I I think I got a speculator and I got a, a discount or something and I was like, fuck, I'll just get it. But I never use it, you know, ever. And um, the Game Pass on Xbox is, like, so much better because it has all those Microsoft Day 1 games come on, plus it has all those old things and 
It's just so much better. Uh, they need to... I know they're talking about making the PlayStation uh, 1 better, and they need to if they want to compete. Like, because... You know, I've got no problems with the console. I quite enjoy the PS Five. Like, I, you know, you know me. I like both of them. So, but their, but yeah, their PlayStation version is just so much more shit compared to the Game Pass. Like Microsoft just beat them hands down on that topic. Um, mm. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. No, I like the Microsoft one. How they, how you know, because it's starting to pay fruit now. Like shit's coming out on it. You're like, oh sweet, I don't even have to buy this game. You know. And you know what yeah. games are like. You know you know what games are like, dude. Sometimes they're a bit of a disappointment as well. So when you play them, you're like, oh, I don't really like this at all. I'm glad I didn't buy it, you know? Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a great way to try before you buy kind of thing and all that. It's really, yeah. it's really Now, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who, by the way, had a serious car accident the other day. Um, I believe a woman was injured, uh, went to the hospital, and he was worried about her. He was okay. Uh he announced he's going to play Zeus in a mysterious project slated for release in February of this year. But there yeah, was... he even he even released a, a poster or something. I don't. It's probably not, it's a, probably a fake poster. I imagine. Maybe. There's some speculation it could just be a Super Bowl ad. Um, there was definitely. Uh, I saw that speculation today online that it could well be just a Super Bowl ad where he plays Zeus, you know, and he's just putting a bit of hype on it, kind of thing, which wouldn't surprise me. Really? Yeah, you know, yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, it's Arnie. You know, he's always about the cash. Um, Matrix Resurrections Keanu Reeves is under fire in China over a Tibetan benefit that he's attending and participating in, and China's like hopping up and down because he's daring to do that as a fucking you know American, uh, you know, oh. lives in democracy. How, how how dare Americans think for themselves? Yeah, exactly. I fuck China. I'm so sick of China. Like with this fucking like they're not they're, they're not content with brainwashing their own population. They're now trying to. Make us all forget about the oppression in Tibet, and just like they like they were up in arms with someone. What do you mean? There's never been an oppression. Yeah, nothing no, yeah, nothing's happened. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Tiananmen Square massacre? Oh, no, that didn't happen. That was an imagination. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, how about this? Uh, the Batman Robin Patterson wore George Clooney's Batman and Robin suit to screen test. Warner Brothers pulled George Clooney's infamous costume out of the closet to screen test him as the Dark Knight. Why would they have picked that costume out of? All the costumes, um, uh, probably because they were using the um, Michael Keaton one for Michael Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just odd. Like, I mean, I, you know. Anyway, um, how about this? Uh, a bit of Batman news here. The Batman director talked up the Kurt Cobain influence in influencing the character. He was basically saying to get into the mindset of writing Batman and Batman the Batman. He had to picture like Kurt Cobain and grunge music and all this, and I'm like, okay, so angst basically is what you're trying to. You needed that. You needed. You, you needed. You know. You you weren't. You weren't. You sort of needed. Oh yeah, Kurt Cobain angst. Yeah, that's what Batman needs. Like it wasn't in every fucking version of Batman filmed almost. You know, like I I, I wouldn't say that Batman is known for angst though. I mean, that might just be me. A I mean, moodiness angst. and all that yeah. sort of stuff. I wouldn't say like teen angst. Well, I mean, Nirvana's more like uh, teen <laughs> angst, not really like <laughs> n- normal angst. If rake that makes sense. me, like, remember that song? Rake me, like well, that one. And he, I don't know he got pretty angsty when he wanted to, man. Yeah, but yeah. again, the songs were like smells like teen spirit and stuff and all that. It was more younger angst. That's the issue. Like Batman's is more of a old man angst. But this was a this is a younger version of Batman as well, dude. Remember. 
Uh, I guess. I'm not really, I don't really care, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I've got a bit more um, news on this. So a four-hour cut was screened uh, by Warner Brothers, a four-hour cut of Batman. I'd actually like to see that. And then finally, this one, um, the Riddler. Have you seen how the Riddler looks, Rich? I think we did it last show with the fucking, like, he looks like, more like a bad scarecrow. He's got like a like a he's got like a hessian bag uh, over actually, his head. Can I just, no, he doesn't look like a bad scarecrow. He actually looks like a, a really cheap uh, gimp. <laughs> he does, yes. It's just like I look at that and go, how the fuck is this Riddler? Um anyway, Paul Dano's Riddler was inspired by a real life serial killer. Um blah blah blah. He Reeves revealed it's based on the infamous sixties Bay Area based killer the Zodiac was the basis for Dano's Prince of Puzzlers. The premise for this movie is that Riddler is kind of moulded in an almost Zodiac killer sort of mode and is killing very prominent figures in Gotham and they are the pillars of society. These are supposedly legitimate figures. It begins with the mayor and then escalates from there. And in the wake of the murders, he reveals the ways in which these people were not everything they said they were. And you start to realise there's some kind of an association. And so you kind of... And so just like Woodward and Bernstein... You've got Gordon and Batman trying to follow the clues to make sense of this thing in a classic kind of detective way, detective story way. Uh, it did sound very Court of Owls-esque, his description there, like the Court of Owls beneath society kind of thing. Um, but I still don't understand why, why Riddler's running around like that. And is it just me, or is this guy like hitting really obvious beats? Like the only serial killer he could think of was Zodiac, which was done in the movie, you know, you know, fifteen years ago, like it's just like, man, like you're not. Like, I, oh, had okay. to, I, I'll, you I'll be honest with you. I've never once in the entire history of reading <laughs> Batman and seeing the Riddler have I thought, yeah, Zodiac killer. Definitely. No, n- neither have I. I. Like, in fact, I don't even think of him as a killer at all. Like, I'm sure he has killed, but it's not normally his thing. He's a thief, and he and he's a bit psychotic and like sort of those riddles. Well, I mean, in, in, in a way, <laughs> the way I've always viewed it is that I've always seen um, uh, Jigsaw, you know, from the Saw movies. Oh, I've yeah. actually seen yeah. him as more of a um, a Riddler gone violent. Sure. Riddler in gone a sense. Like, I mean, he doesn't use, like, necessarily riddles, but it's a puzzle. Yeah. You know, you've, you've got to be willing to do something or even solve a puzzle to get out of a situation. So to me, like the Riddler, yes, he probably has killed people, but it's more like because they couldn't solve the riddle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he has killed, but it's not like... But he has not actually like gone out to specifically kill. He's kind of given them a chance. Yeah, he's kind of cruel. I'm I'm talking about a real, like a not real life, but a more more modern Riddler. Obviously, the Riddler in the Batman was a bit more comical and all that sort of... Frank Gershon or whatever his name was, yeah. Fucking love Frank Gershon. He's such a good He's good, yeah. He was good, I agree. I, I mean... Yeah, in my head, Riddler has killed. He is cruel, but it, it's not his day to day. He doesn't. It's I, I can't see him in the comics just going around and just killing all these people in society. Well, yeah, yeah. It's I, as I said, for me, it's more like it's in his eyes, it's people's stupidity that gets them killed. Yes, not not him. He's given them the opportunity to solve the riddle. Exactly. It's that they're not smart enough to solve the riddle, therefore it's not his fault they died, it's their fault for being stupid. That's <laughs> the yeah. way I view it. Yeah, I agree. And, and like, I, I prefer, right now I prefer Jim Carrey's Riddler to this Riddler, you know, 
because <laughs> I mean Jim Carrey's Riddler was fucking crazy, but at least he was funny. Um, uh, I, th- I really feel like I don't know. I would have loved to have seen Jim Carrey as the Joker because because um, you know you can you can do d- different versions of the Joker. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, um, and I just would have I would have loved to have seen him as the real crazy Joker. Mm. You know, um, more because I feel like his one was a bit more. His Joker would have been a bit more Mark Hamill Joker. You know, always laughing, always yeah. being like a bit over the top. You know, uh, maniacal kind of thing and all that would have been interesting because he was definitely tapping into Frank Gorshin when he was doing his Riddler. Though he oh, was like yeah, Frank 100%. Gorshin times like a hundred. Yeah. yeah, he's exactly. There was he was kind of operating off the same template. Um, yeah, and then and then kind of modernizing and then going really just way more out there. Now, uh, Entertainment SME, which is basically Sony, has fully acquired Bob Dylan's entire back catalogue of recorded music, as well as the rights to multiple future new releases in a new expansion of their six-decade relationship with the legendary musician. He signed with Columbia um, back in like 1961, I think, or 60 or 61, um, the landmark agreement uh, comprises the entirety of his recorder body of work since 1962, uh, beginning with the artist's self-titled debut album and continuing through 2020's highly acclaimed and successful Rough and Rowdy Ways. Uh, they will collaborate on a range of future catalogue reissues in the artist's renowned and top-selling bootleg series, which, I'm, which I love, which began in 91 and includes 14 releases through 2021 springtime in New York, um, which covers 80 to 85. Um, yeah, provides the opportunity for SME to partner with Dylan on few additional projects. So he sold his publishing rights uh, earlier this or last year um, for, I believe, it was three hundred or four hundred million US, and he's now sold this as well. A lot of this is um, to do with uh, inheritance taxes or something, or capital gains taxes changes that Biden was going to make. So that was a large chunk of why a lot of these artists cashed in. So they wouldn't mm, be su- wouldn't mm. be subject. That was why there were so many of them doing it. I also think for him and others, it could be an inheritance thing. You know, um, potentially getting well, cash balls. That's why I always say when when the rich lefties scream for more taxes, <laughs> don't believe them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. I mean, they're all motivated by cash, and I don't think Bob Dylan is particularly. He's never really. I mean, he's wherever he wants to be politically. God knows where he is. You know. Um, no, but I'm saying, if any rich people is, if any rich person is saying no, higher taxes, higher taxes, don't don't believe them. They've yeah. got loopholes. They, H- higher taxes for everyone them, but me. When it does come for them, they'll they'll quickly like sell their shit and all that, so that they make much much profit before new tax laws come. Well, in, like always, that's Bono. That's Bono. Like save save Africa, and as he as he has all these fucking shell companies wherever else, so he doesn't have to pay islands tax rates. You know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. As I, said, I don't trust any of these celebrities that that reckon that they, uh, they, they are they for higher taxes. Just in general, just in general, when you get your generic celebrities kind of bewailing the state of the world at times from their multi-million dollar mansions, I just part of me just throws up inside a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, like it's just like oh, no, I, I'm laughing because I agree with you. Yeah, it's just it's just like oh, please spare us if you could. Possibly just spare us. That would be fantastic. Um, Elden Ring, Richard. I am mm. on the fence of whether to buy this or not. Uh, it's been re- designed to reduce player stress, which is nice for me, without reducing anything with difficulty. They say it could be completed in 30 hours with dozens more hours of side missions. Have you heard of this Elden Ring, Rich? 
Uh, I have. It's uh, supposed to be uh, written with George R. Martin or whatever. Um, oh, really? Um, I'm, look, I'm not a big um, Demon Souls and Dark Souls and all that sort of player, but I am tempted to give this one a, a go just to see hmm. um, what, what it is like because it, it definitely does look interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm... I'm kind it, of it looks assigned. gorgeous. It looks really nice, and it's open world, Rich, as well. All the well, I mean, uh, all the doctors and all those open world as you can be. It's not so much that it's open. Well, this one is open world. Yes, I believe it's a bit more open world than your Dark Souls and all that. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm. I, I think it could be pretty cool. Um, e- it, it looks beautiful enough that I'm willing to give it a go. <laughs> I might not enjoy it, but I'm. I, I, I'm willing to give it a crack. Yeah, well, why not? Um, I'm looking forward to it. I think I'll give it a go. I mean, I might get Dying Light first, though, because that's a game I know I'm going to love. I And I just I just purchased, on Dion's advice, I just bought this game called Serico. S-E-R-I-K-O. Um, it's by the makers of Dark Souls and all that, and it's a Japanese samurai um, game. Um, is it Shadows Die Twice or something yes, like that? Yes, yes. He reckons it's awesome, so I've just purchased it. I purchased it today because Michelle's away for a week, so I wanna, I'll have some gaming time because I'm kind of all Assassin's Creed out, you know. I've, 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 I finished the whole thing, Asgard done. I'm just like, you know what? Like, even though I bought Siege of Paris, I, I kind of need a break. You know what I mean? I'm just like, my, my fucking Viking's done a lot. <laughs> he needs a rest. <laughs> he needs a fucking rest. Um, EA. Respawn Entertainment is working on three new Star Wars games, Richard. You might enjoy this. A sequel to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, a first-person shooter, which I think would be cool, and a strategy game from former XCOM developers. Um, is this what you've been crying out for, Rich? Not really. It's all still no. under EA's Bang. banner, so um, we'll wait and see. Did you like Fallen Order? Uh, it was not terrible, yes. That's probably the best thing I can say, but it was not <laughs> it actually was the, terrible. It was really good combat in it. Um, I not. I don't think I like the character, the main character, and all that. I don't think he's anywhere near as interesting, right? Um, as as obviously Legends characters in that same time period and all that sort of stuff. But you know, um, uh, I'm willing to give him a go. But as I said, my, uh, see, my only issue with this sort of stuff is, um, how do you fit the character into like? So again. Did he die? Because why wasn't he there to help the... Oh, you can't think too hard about that kind of stuff. Like, why isn't he in the movies or something? Yeah, I agree. But that sort of stuff does still bother me, though. That's the problem. I agree, I agree. That stuff bothers me a lot. It's the same with, like, a... You know, I always thought that they were going to kill Ahsoka off Mm. um, uh, back in the day because I was like, well, oh, well, you know, he doesn't have a... There is no Ahsoka in the OT... You know, so she must have died and all that sort of stuff, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if he dies at the end or something like that, I'm okay with it. Like, yeah. it, it's fine because, it's, you know, there's there's lots of characters that they wrote back in the day who they ended up dying. Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to, one so. day, I, by the way, while speaking of Star Wars, I've invited Eric and Jimmy onto the show. Um, yes, you have to come on with us, and we get, and we are going to do it in the next month or two with with you and me, and we're going to talk uh, in general. It's going to be a Star Wars State of the Union, 
Um, we can talk all about Boba Fett and a- anything else that comes up. And I thought we might do the Star Wars The Empire Epic Collection as a reading activity for all of us for discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But can you one day point me to this character, Mara Jade, because I want to read that story. Because I, I, I really, I hear this name mentioned all the time. And I would Wait, like... What, what, what story do you mean, though? Are you talking about like a novel or something? No, a comic. Is there a comic where, it, or is there not a comic where it tells a story? What, what uh, or, or novel? I don't or novel. believe. I don't. I, I mean, she does appear in the comics, but I mean, if you oh. want a proper, yeah, I want uh, the proper a proper story and introduction of the character, then you should probably read the novel, uh, the choices of one. Okay, cool. Well, that's what I need to know because I I just recently got my hands on a whole stack of the books um, digitally, uh, pretty much all of them. And I figured, yeah, you can guide me to whichever one. So, okay, yeah, that'll I'll put that yeah. onto my uh, Yeah, the book is is called. Uh, I just I mean, uh, uh, choices of one, and it's written by Timothy Zahn, who's like one of the best Star Wars authors. Yeah, right. That's what I want to read because I want to read that because I hear that name mentioned a lot, and sometimes I'm like, I'd like to read the story of that character. Yeah, because uh, if I remember correctly, she uh, she does sort of make her kind of first appearance in uh, Timothy Zahn's uh, Heir to the Empire. So I mean, if you if you kind of want a first introduction to the character, mm-hmm. not like as a main character, but just like when she first appears, I would you could read the comic, um, uh, Heir to the Empire. If you don't want to read the, uh, the three novels, but mm-hmm. if you want a novel that's centered around her, it's Choices of One. Oh, cool. That that fills in more of her backstory and all that sort of stuff. Sounds good to me. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with these Star Wars games. A shooter might be all right. Do, do you remember? I'm going to, maybe it was Shadows of the Empire, in the 90s, okay, so mid mid to late 90s, on, you remember Doom and all that, like the original Doom, um, there was a Star mm-hmm. Wars one that had Boba Fett at the end flying around, you had to fight, I, and I, I don't... Uh, so, no, that, that, what you're thinking of is the um, Shadows of the Empire. Right, okay. But the but video game, the, one of the earliest games that you're thinking of, what what that came out sort of that was inspired by the Doom and yeah, um, and and the Wolfenstein and all that. That was actually um, don't remember. It was something. I I remember it. It was at uni and it was in the um on the computers at uni. And I I only played it a little bit, but I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, I, I, I can tell you because I've got them on my shelf because I actually own all the um, all the Star Wars games. Um, really? Wow. Yeah, because one of the one of the earlier ones was the um, the um, the Jedi Outcast one, mm. uh, which they did change the name of it. It started as um, something else. I'm just trying to remember because they did kind of rebrand it as the the Jedi Outcast series. Right. And then there was actually one with uh, with Mara Jade in it as well, which was a much, much earlier one. I'm just trying to look on the shelf. This now. was a long time oh. ago, but this was this was this was like mid to late nineties. It was probably about ninety six or so. I, Shadows of the Empire, I thought it might have been. Oh, Dark Forces was the yeah, first one. That rings a bell. That um, does ring a bell. Which which then became Star Wars Jedi Knight Dark Forces Two, which then became Jedi Knight Mysteries of the Sith. Which then became da 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 da. That's one of the first early 
like shooting games, very much like it looks exactly like fucking Doom in a, in. That's in a exactly sense. what I'm thinking of. And am I right in saying that there was a scene with Boba Fett flying around or something at the end? Nope. Really? Nope. I thought That's there a completely was. different game. Oh, okay, I'm confusing the two. You're thinking again. You're thinking of Shadows of the Empire, right? Which was uh, again um, uh, still a late game. Um, came out uh, again. That was part of the whole. Um, uh, the big uh the multimedia kind of thing yeah yeah where it was a novel a comic yeah very ambitious um yeah yeah it was it was really fantastic as i said i've got all that sort of stuff um, did you buy it all the but time the one that I, hey did you buy with that for what's it called shadows of the empire did you buy it all like the comic the game the book and all that at the time yep uh no no i i, I unfortunately came to it a bit later right um, as i said i couldn't um Living in South Africa, I didn't have easy access to get stuff, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you, but you got it later. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think that they. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Well, again, when I got a bit older, and then I finally found an actual comic shop. Uh, what you know, it's not like um, like say in America or in, in Australia. Like when I got to Australia, I found like three comic shops like straight away. Yeah, <laughs> like in the city, we didn't have that in South Africa. Like I found, I finally found a comic shop hidden away. But at this point, I was like fifteen already. Sure. So before that, I used to just buy, um, uh, like off the rack in in uh, uh, street shops and and yes. uh, and stuff and all that. So um, you know, convenience stops and all this sort of stuff. Very much like the old off the rack. Oh before yeah, before comic yeah. before comic shops were even invented. Basically, I remember that dude buying off the rack at the news agents yeah. and stuff so like that. The Shadows of the Empire came out in 1997. Gotcha. It's probably the one you're thinking of. I am. I'm thinking of the two things together. And I didn't really play a lot of either, but I just sort of want to remember it. Um, how about this? Some news. Blasts are flashing radio waves coming from a mysterious near- nearby object in space. This was completely unexpected, says one scientist. It was kind of spooky for an astronomer because there's nothing known in the sky that does that. Straight away, I thought, is this it? I really did. <laughs> Calling occupants of interplanetary craft. Uh, goodness me. <laughs> The jury's still out, though, Rich. The jury's still out. We know they landed my, in 1951. My, we know they landed my, in 1951. Uh, as, I keep, as I keep telling you, my jury has deliberated, came back with a verdict, and uh, I've never had to come them, bring them in again. <laughs> well, I, well mine, is, mine are constantly out. I constantly send my guys out. Um, well, I think, I think your jury keeps giving you the wrong answer, and so you keep getting a new jury in. <laughs> Uh, how about this? Stargate, an Independence Day creator, Dean Devlin, is launching a new sci-fi original series, The Ark. Uh, the high-concept sci-fi series follows the crew of a spacecraft as they try to stay alive after a devastating event destroys part of their ship, derailing its mission to save mankind. Um, Devlin will serve as showrunner on the series alongside Jonathan Glasner, Stargate SG-1. Blah, 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 uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, the story is set in the fu- 100 years in the future at a time when planetary colonisation missions have become a necessity to secure the survival of the human race. The um, series uh, series follows the crew of Ark 1 after they encounter a disaster on their mission with more than a year left to go before reaching their destination. They'll grapple with a lack of life-sustaining supplies and leadership vacuum, forcing the remaining crew to become the best versions of themselves to stay on course and stay alive. Um, you're a bit of an SG One fan from back in the day, aren't you, Rich? Yeah, but that got... sounds terrible. Yeah, you don't like it. The Ark sounds very generic. Uh, it sounds very. I'm very just generic. not. I'm just not interested in in Stargate that's not centered around a Stargate. 
I just don't care. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you know, I, well, they did it like before where they were, had them on a ship, mm-hmm. and then, but, but I, I just want like the the proper SG one going through the go through the Stargate every week. Yeah. On an adventure. Yeah. You know, um, uh, fighting, getting out of trouble. I just want that episodic show of the week where they go to different planets, sure. meet new people. It's just that's what made it interesting. It's like Star Trek. But these you guys watch Star could... Trek because you want to see them go into crazy adventures on different planets. But these guys could land on different planets to try to, you know, get the ship moving and stuff, couldn't they? I mean, I guess I, I, I don't know. I'd have to see what it is, but it just doesn't sound. It sounds very generic. It doesn't to sound me. interesting. It doesn't sound like the world's most original pitch. Like, yeah, you're you're a, you're a starship called the Ark, and it, it it stops working, and you're trapped in space. And I'm like, oh god, okay, all right. Um, Ron Perlman, we all know him. We all know love him. Am I eager to do Hellboy three? No, I'm fucking seventy years old, seventy one years old. But we owe this to the fans, and we should give it to them because that would be an epic conclusion. So, good morning, Toro. If you're reading, get this fucking thing done, Ron Perlman. Uh, he just came out and make that rather bold statement. He then said it's more of a, um, I don't know what the word he used, but he, he, it's not confirmation of anything. It's just a wish, you know? Um, I don't think he's going to get his wish, do you? I don't think Kumar Toro is going to no. rush to make Hellboy. Not, 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 not after the failure of the last Hellboy movie, I don't think. Exactly, and it's got to be coming up to twenty years since Hellboy Two, you know. Hell- yeah, well, I mean that 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 showed that they had no interest. Yeah, well, there in, was interest in at the continuing time. the uh, Del Toro um, Hellboy. I mean, if that doesn't tell you that, if you don't get that message, then pff, don't know yeah. what to tell you. Yeah, I think he's. Uh, I think I think old Ron's just kicking back a little bit. Maybe he had a little bit to smoke, or maybe he'd had a few wines. And he's just kind of putting ideas out there and just seeing if anything's going to stick, you know. Oh, look, I mean, it, ma- it makes him look good, certainly with the fans. Yeah, you know, it, they, yeah, I want this to happen in fans. Yeah, yeah, Ron wants it to happen. Of course he does. I mean, he's an actor. I mean, <laughs> it's a part that he probably enjoyed playing. I'm not taking that away from him or anything like that. But I mean, again, it's it's just again, it's just he knows he can say it because it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, he's just putting shit out there, and he's even kind of, oh, it's not me who wants it. He's doing that kind of technique, you know. Yeah, I'm not interested. I'm seven years old, but the fans want it. Yay, we the fans. He said the fans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly, Richard. Uh, now, we had an email from Michael Kellershim. Uh, Lois, Doctor Who stuff. New poop has come to light. Rumor has it the BBC is seeking David Tennant. New poop? Yeah. Or did you say scoop? I know he's saying poop instead of scoop. Um, oh, okay. Sorry, I thought I heard you wrong. With uh, what the fuck? The BBC is seeking David Tennant to return to his iconic role. BBC has said no comment, but since they already back Russell T Davies, this might save show that the BBC is desperate to save their flagship show over the whining of the Twitter mobs. And boy, are they desperate! The latest Jodie Whittaker episode brought in the lowest rating since two thousand five, and she's being snubbed out of an iconic regeneration scene with rumours that the transition to the next Doctor may have a time-lapse, uh, like, for example, Christopher Eccleston's with a time-lapse from uh, Paul McGann's. Uh, meanwhile, he, he, the infamous BBC licence fee is being scrapped in 2027 and has already been frozen at the current rate. This means the BBC has to discover a way to actually make money off their shows as opposed to taxing the elderly TV watchers. This is one of Michael's favourite topics, actually. 
Right now, the BBC is shoving their woke programming down viewers' throats and receiving in return record low ratings and an ever-growing amount of people refusing to pay the BBC fee altogether. This puts the future of the Doctor Who in a jam. Their most important and bankable show needs to have a comeback but will have automatically restricted funding. If Doctor Who is to survive, they need to abandon box-checking wokery and give fans what they want. David Bloody Tennant, or, and then he says something which I got very excited by, or hell, even an old Tom Baker would do. Oh, uh, if they fuck this up, the show will be cancelled with a restricted budget, a guarantee there is no way an expensive show like Doctor Who could continue with such piss poor ratings. Um, I think he's hitting on a lot of fucking very vital items. Firstly, the rumour of Tennant coming back, I mean, they'd have to throw some serious cash at David Tennant. I, I almost, I, I wonder if that's just fan casting, Rich, do you think? I, I yeah I mean uh, I mean I I understand why people would want it you know I mean sure he is an absolute fan favorite but at the end of the day that's just going to fuck up the 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 Doctor Who law even more you know they I mean they've already it. fucked it up enough with the Jodie Whittaker stuff if all of a sudden he can regenerate into a previous Doctor you've kind of you I don't know it kind of it, it causes more problems with the law I think me personally I mean. Yeah. Well, they could do. I mean, just get, a, just get a better actor. Just get, just get a better actor and start telling good stories again. That's literally all you have to do. One thing the Doctor Who has shown in the last, I'd say, three to four years, they don't give a fuck about the law in terms of they'll twist whatever way they want to twist. And, yeah, but I think Russell know, T Davies does though. Yeah, maybe. Um, I will say, look, I'd love to see it uh, if they did that, and it, and. I'm not saying a flashback. I'm saying that they do it and he's miraculously somehow come back to the same regeneration. And I think you, because it, it's a no- novelty, it's never happened before. Every other a meeting of the doctors has been with them technically back in their pasts, if you know what I mean. Um, I think you could get some story material out of it. Um, and I do want to mention, obviously, Tom Baker at his age now, he's almost 90, is not capable of playing the doctor full time. But having him as a cameo, oh my god! I don't know if you're aware of this, but in the nineties there was a there was when the Doctor Who was cancelled. Um, so before the TV movie, uh, between eighty nine and ninety six, I believe, it was the show was cancelled and it was it wasn't even on the screens, which seems remarkable now. But anyway, there was a script floating around called The Dark Dimension, which had an unregenerated fourth Doctor played by Tom Baker in kind of like a dark dimension where kind of like the Daleks or someone had won. And he was, he was, you know, he was going around doing shit. And I was so excited and wanted it to happen so bad. Because uh, back then he was only, you know, he was a lot younger uh, and he could have played the role. And I thought that would have been such a good idea. Um, but they had a lot of problems with it. It never really got off the ground. Um, but having a cameo with him again, I think would, would, would please a lot of fans. I... Th- I I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. I think David Tennant's had too much going on. I think he's had plenty of... It's not like he, he's had good omens. He's had various things. You know, he was interested and he's also, in... And he himself is looking a bit older too. Yeah, but when it, when he comes... But this is the thing. He could come back and he's not playing as if he just returned. He could come back looking a bit older. And he's like, oh, back to this body again. And then get get going, you know. Yeah, but again, but so, but uh, yeah, I don't know. But also, I mean, things have happened in Tenor's life and all that. He might not come back with that same energy, and then you're not getting the same doctor anyway. What so, the fuck's I happened mean, to him, Rich? I, I mean, he's know. he's gone from success to success. It's not like the guys had failures. Uh, I'm pretty confident he's an actor. Uh, he surely could do it if if you know. 
paid enough and I mean, motivated I, I, enough. I don't know. I mean, he's had successes, but I wouldn't say he's like, oh my god, like you know. Yeah, but but or anything. I don't know. I think he. I I, I think he like. I think it would like I would love it if it happened, but I don't. I think it's pure fan casting. I don't think there's any real chance of it happening, unless they throw the absolute cash book at him and say, "Look, we only want you for a year," you know, and all you have to do is like you know ten episodes or something, ten episodes and a couple of specials, and maybe they park enough cash at his doorstep. I mean, uh, Idris Elba did come back and do more Luther, you know, and his star's well established in Hollywood, so there are actors who'll do it. Um, it's not unknown kind of thing. I don't know. What do you think, Rich? Uh, Any uh, as I said, I mean, I know he, I'm not saying he wouldn't do it or anything. I'm just not sure if it's necessary. That's the only thing. Well, something's necessary. They need to turn the show around. The show, look, I watched. No, all, as I yeah. said, get a new doctor, a better doctor, a better actor, get yeah. a better showrunner like Russell T Davies. Yeah. Start telling interesting, good stories again and you'll yeah. get the audience back you don't have to go to back a to previous doctor to get them back you just have to go back to telling good stories sure with, I, with I, an interesting yeah. character I, and I interesting agree. cast that's all you need to do yeah you th- yeah okay i i hear what you're saying and i just think um yeah i i do think it's just uh basically i know i get i get it i do und- i do understand trust me i understand it it's like a warm blanket yeah that's you know it. what I mean? It's like you you want to feel that security again, and you know that you love Tenant, and and you want to feel. I get it. I do. I do understand that. But just remember, before this fuck up, mm. newer actors got beloved. Yeah, and they had and they had the fans because they were telling good stories. It's true. Once the stories start getting bad, that's when people start getting disgruntled, and and losing interest and not enjoying it. So it doesn't mean, you know, because people really enjoy the Eccles and stuff, which is good stories. People love the Tenant stuff and all that. And you know what? A lot of people love the uh, the Smith stuff as well. Oh, yeah. You know? Maybe not as much as, as Tenant, but he was still up there, still yeah, popular. Definitely. Because the stories and the and the companions were interesting and, and, and enjoyable. Mm, and that's, again, sure. that's all you got to do is just, just go back to what you were doing that was working. True. I agree. Um, live action Mass Universe movie has been cast. Kyle Allen from West Side Story, Rich, is playing He Man. Um, this is the long gestating. Is, 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 is He Man becoming a musical? I don't know about that, but <laughs> I had a look at the guy. The good looking kid, as you could expect. Um, obviously, it feels like this live action Mass Universe movie is just taking decades to make. Why? But why are they so scared to just go and actually get a fucking bodybuilder uh, uh, who can act to play him in? Why is it? Or is he playing Prince Adam? Oh, they want to get a pretty boy, man. You know, they want to get a pretty boy. Yep. Uh, I, I, I just want a fucking Hulk, man. Seriously, I don't mind him playing Prince Adam, but I want a fucking Hulk for him in. They're, they're going to have the same actor doing both, man. I guarantee. I don't want the same actor just with a shirt on and a shirt off. That's well, not good enough. That's what you're going to get, <laughs> I would say. Um, how about this? Pretty dark news. Charlie Brown voice, Peter Robbins, took his own life at 65. Did five years in oh, jail. Man. Did five years in jail. Uh, previous to this was bipolar, schizophrenic, drug issues. He cashed out, man. Sad story. Yeah. yeah. It's, it it's all... always a sad story when someone takes their life. Sure. You know, but I mean, you know, he played Charlie Brown, kind of a loser. Um, and then, you know. I mean, I don't know much about Charlie Brown, but he could never kick that football and stuff, never score that goal. 
Um, uh, he could kick the football. It's just that that bitch kept moving it. Yeah. What was the thing he couldn't do? He hit a home run and then finally hit one. Didn't he hit one just before the guy died? I think I believe that's the story. Like finally, in like nineteen. Uh, could, could be. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not. I'm not a massive Charlie. No, Brown neither am I. I. Look, I know it more by just osmosis. But I believe in like '93, like days before the guy died, he hit what hit a home run, and it was like. Oh, or did he kick the? Or did he kick the ball? Finally? I, I I don't know. I do not know. Um, now, the running gag was that Lucy always said, "I won't move it. I won't move it." Yeah. And then, yeah, and then she always moved it. He I mean, I hate to be like... kind of like a prick, but I, like, I honestly, I know people love it, but other than Snoopy, I always thought the whole thing was pretty lame, personally. No, I, I, I grew up watching that. Uh, it was was on South African TV. I, I really? have a soft spot for Charlie Brown. Again, I'm not a massive law nerd, but I always enjoyed it. I always thought it was fun. I liked, do you remember Snoopy was like the Red Baron? Or something. Yeah, yeah. That, well, his fantasy, yeah, where he would sit on top of that. His I liked. Kennel and... That I liked. That was always my favorite mm. thing. Way more than Charlie Brown, who I always found depressing. You know, and well, again, he was kind of that was kind of his character. Like he was yeah. the sad guy. You know, Jesus. Always, always felt like he had the world on his shoulders. Yeah, I, like I'm, not, I'm like I'm going to say something that might not, you know, like it might unsettle a few people. I'm not surprised the guy killed himself. Frankly. I know he had all these issues, but okay. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I know he had all these issues. The bipolar, uh, he was like doing whatever he said, prison time. But like, he always was such a fucking sad sack. Like, it was always such a misery to be around. It felt like, you know, like I was always maybe like, that way, maybe that way he got cast as Charlie Brown, man. Yeah, yeah, I think it was, and and you know, then it sort of it all came crumbling to an end. But anyway, um, Fight Club. As we all know, in the final scene, the narrator stands with his girlfriend, uh, Helen Bonham Carter, as they watch Explosive blow up a cluster of skyscrapers, all part of what was originally presented to the audience as Durden's plan to destroy consumerism by erasing bank and debt records. I really don't remember it, but anyway. Uh, that amount of... Blah, blah, blah. That amount of anarchy and the government's inability to stop it doesn't appear to have passed muster with China's notoriously strict censorship rules. In the version available on Tencent Video which CNN Business was able to view, uh, the entire scene featuring the explosions has been cut out. Instead, it has been replaced with a caption explaining to audiences that authorities arrived just in time to save the day. Gets uh, <laughs> <laughs> better. Through the clue provided by Tyler, the police rapidly figured out the whole plan and arrested all criminals, successfully preventing the bomb from exploding, the caption reads. After the trial, Tyler was sent to a lunatic asylum receiving psychological treatment he was discharged from the hospital in 2012. I mean, fucking China just never stop. And now, I've got to be honest with you. I kind, I kind of love, I kind of love it at the same time. Like, yeah. it's just so fucking funny. <laughs> but like, why would they even allow the movie in the first? Like, they're not shy of censorship, obviously. But why even have the movie? You know, it's a very subversive film. Uh, surprise no but probably because they realized they could have used it for like like good propaganda with the the people yeah it would have been like you know yeah the crime doesn't pay <laughs> it would have been funnier if they the actually government will find you cut in versions of you know it's a chinese police beating up on like a brad pitt lookalike or ed norton or whoever the fuck it was and um you know what i mean so they added in their own actual segment not just captions <laughs> it's like comes up. Actually, with... wouldn't it be so? Wouldn't it be so funny though? Even funnier 
is not not like look alike, but it, it switches to the scenes that they filmed, and it's literally like uh, Chinese people trying to look like yes, yes, Brad Pitt and anyone like not even trying to like <laughs> get a, like an actual double or anything. They just go like fuck it, just film it. They have to believe it anyway. Yeah, they have we'll to. Put them in <laughs> That's right. Yeah, if you don't believe it, you're arrested instantly. Um, Julian Lennon is to auction an NFT of Paul McCartney's notes for Hey Jude. Jesus Christ. Other Beatles memorabilia, yep. including outfits and guitars, to be sold as uh, NFTs by Julian John Lennon's son. I mean, seriously, Julian Lennon, this is just... I mean, he's just like, fuck it, I can make cash. He's like, so I don't even have to give away the notes. I own the memorabilia. Yeah, oh, beautiful. And then I just sell digital versions of it to yeah, idiots. I just, sell co- I just sell copies of it, and people think that they have the legitimate thing. This yeah, is fucking cool. hilarious. Really hilarious. Easy, easy money, bro. <laughs> Very easy money. And you don't even have to like part with the original thing, which has a value of its own if you ever want to actually flip it, you know? Correct. Jesus Christ. Um, that is just suck. Take, and, and think about Beatles fanatics. They're, they're fanatics, so you know there'll be a market kind of thing, you know? Mm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, surely he's got pictures of John Lennon. You know, family pictures and stuff. Surely he's he's got stuff. You know that he could do the same thing for, sell them for really big prices. You know, home photos and stuff. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just sell copies of photos of Dad Jeez. and his friends. And you don't, but you don't even have to lose the photo. Like, what a sweet fucking. No, deal. that's what I mean. It just make copies of it. Just sell copies of, of yeah. of of your your dad and his friends. Get it? You're getting, it getting a bidding frenzy going over that. Uh, Jeff Johns has killed FFG, 5G, sorry, with Flashpoint Beyond. Um, so good, I guess. I mean, I thought 5G was already think dead. It's gonna, I don't think it's going to... Mate, he fucking already stepped in to save DC with Rebirth. Yeah. And look how that fucking turned out. So he'll save it for a, a year or two and then they'll fuck it up again. So yeah. whoop do you fucking do. The Doomsday Clock, the metaphor- metaphorical representation of how close the world is to annihilation has remained the same, 100 seconds to midnight. Am I, am I, like, maybe I'm naive, but I always feel like they're overly pessimistic. Like, the destruction of the world were 100 seconds away? Really? I mean, yeah, if all I, the premiers and... I I think all current comics are, are depressing and nihilistic and stuff and all that. They just... Uh, I feel like all comics right now... No, this is the real thing, dude. This is the real thing, They all see man. the worst in people, though. But this is the real thing, the real doomsday clock that the, the, the scientists have. So this is the real oh. life Doomsday Clock, you know how they're Wait, always I like you were talking about the one in in, in no um, in Doomsday. I Clock, can see the, why you got confused because I was going straight out of Jeff Johns. No, this is the real one where they're like, oh, with this war with Ukraine and Russia, they're probably like, oh, we're going to move it forward ten seconds. Like they always do that kind of shit. Like they never seem to move it back. But I'm always like, I don't know. I'm just like, I just feel like, yeah, if, if the president of America right now, if Joe Biden was like, fuck the Russians and like fight all these nukes. Yes, within like 30 seconds, the world would be over, as we know it, you know? I'm sure he could do that, and sure the Russians could do crazy shit, but I don't know, it would take, you know, crazy people to make that decision. And I just I just wonder sometimes, are we really 100 seconds away from it? Is it that bad? I mean, I don't know, what do you think, Rich? I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know they were still using that clock. <laughs> oh, they, yeah, they, they, they do it all the time. They're like, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah Sorry, yeah. So I don't care because yeah. I didn't even know that clock was still a thing. 
I don't really care either, Rich. Um, uh, and then finally, I mean, it didn't. It turned out to mean nothing back then, and it means nothing now. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think one time when Nixon did a détente with Russia, they might have moved it back. I think occasionally they've moved it back. Like, but it's always so cheesy. It's like, oh, with the collapse of uh, Eastern Europe, like you know, the Soviet bloc, we're going to move the clock back a fucking minute. I'm like, Russia still has its nukes. <laughs> you, just, you know, they've got plenty of nukes. Um, anyway, so after 17 years and a spiral into injecting the popular franchises with woke identity politics, comic book publisher IDW has announced they will officially lose the publishing license to Hasbro's iconic Transformer and G.I. Joe franchises at the end of 2022. Um, I think we've been talking about this for some time. Maybe it's yeah, about it's not, time. It's not, it's, not, it's not surprising at all. No, and uh, have we got confirmation of where they're going? Did, what didn't... Kirkman buy them? I thought. I thought there was something about Kirkman. Not buying them, but I think Kirkman was Licensing probably them? looking to get the license for them and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So which would come out through his Skybound image imprint, I assume. You know. Mm. Anyway, we'll see. Magic when we played. The riverboat was rocking in the rain. Midnight was the time for the rain. Oh, Isabella, proud Isabella. They tore you down and plowed you under. You're only real with your makeup on. How could I see you and stay too long all along now? Out, stub their toes on garbage trails. Waitresses are crying in the rain. Will a boyfriend pass this way again? Old Mother Goose, she's on the skids. You ain't happy, neither are the kids. She needs someone that she can scream at. And I'm such a heel for making her feel so bad. I guess I'll call it sickness gone. Hard to say the meaning of this song. An ambulance can only go so fast. It's easy to get buried in the past when you try to make a good thing 
Dive alive and out on the corner. It's half past five, but the subways are empty, and so are the cafes, except for the farmers' market. And I still can hear him say, "You're all just pissing." Know it, but you are. And 
never knew a man could tell so many lies he had a different story for every set of eyes how can he remember who he's talking to cause I know it ain't me and I hope it isn't you Weekly Comics, Rich. We're here as we enter the 17th hour of our show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We've solved a lot of problems tonight. We've covered fucking... We've gone everything from, like, the Holocaust. We've solved multiple issues, man. I've made various pronouncements. If only I was king of the world. It'd be 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 interesting. I'll tell you what, there'd be a lot of fucking quick decisions made and repercussions. It might be a bit like China. You know, locking people up and stuff as well. I wouldn't mind a bit of that as well. Dion could could be could be. D- Dion would be locked down immediately. Um, <laughs> X Lives of Wolverine. Uh, this is I should mention. This is Benjamin Percy. Uh, they're finally Marvel have finally decided to put a spotlight on Wolverine. I mean, it's only taken them like three years since they brought him back, but they're finally like, you know what? Maybe we should do something with Wolverine. Um, and. Benjamin Percy, who's been writing the character, whose work, some of his work outside of the big two I've enjoyed, actually. He did some very good work uh, with AWA Comics, um, some stuff I read recently. But anyway, now, um, this event, the X-Lives of Wolverine and the X-Deaths of Wolverine are running concurrently for, I believe, five to six weeks. It's like a 12-part story, I think, 10 to 12-part story. So one week's the X-Lives, the next is the X-Deaths. Um, what I could gather of the story is, and and I read a primer for what the story was, and that was the only reason I could understand what was going on. Basically, Wolverine, as we know him, like regular Wolverine, jumps is jumping into. I'm not sure. I don't think he controls it, but he's jumping into past moments in X Men history. Uh, I think, and and sort of being injected into them somehow. I don't even understand how. 
Uh, and this one was the birth of Charles Xavier. Uh, we saw Cassandra, who's the sister, who turned up in Morrison's one. Like, she died in the womb or something, I thought, but here she just dies. Um, yeah, not that good. Uh, not that bad. Media, like, it's, 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 it's again, okay. Uh, why do they persist in these cold opens where they don't explain what's happening? If I hadn't read that that was what the storyline of this was going to be, I wouldn't have really gathered what was going on. Um, what did you think of this, Rich? Because I was a little bit confused. Um, I wouldn't even call this a, a Wolverine comic. <laughs> well, this one had more um, Wolverine than the next one. Jesus. Well, yes, that's what I was going to say. Like in um, the the lives, yeah, the lives one. It yeah, it's 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 all about Moira. I was like, I was reading. It going, no, that's the death. I thought this. I thought, the deaths. The lives is the one with Wolverine fighting. Is it a mega red? It? Yeah, like yeah. yeah. Well, which, which whichever one it was, I was kind of like like I thought this was a Wolverine one, the one that had Moira. I was like, yeah, I know. That sucked. It's it's really bizarre. Well, I, I, I it wasn't, I, it wasn't very good either. Well, even for this one, like, I don't know. I'm trying to understand. Was it Omega Red who was causing all these hassles? Was it? Was that who it was? It, it did seem like it was Omega Red. Yeah. Okay. I, I like. I was kind of like, why is Omega Red turning up at the formation of the birth of Charles Xavier? Like, what? What does Wolverine does Omega Red care that passionately about this issue? I never really. Okay, so, I, okay, so I think we're confusing <laughs> the ones. So the one with Moira literally has no Wolverine in it. Yeah, that's the X deaths. Yeah, and then the, the Omega lives. one is. Uh, yeah, it seems like Wolverine is is jumping through time, protecting Charles Xavier. Yes. Yes. Uh, a concept that seems interesting, but I just didn't like. I, I just thought it was kind of lame. Like, when when he turned up at Charles Xavier's birth, I thought, oh, this would be pretty cool. But uh, Omega Red? Since when is Omega Red, like, this massive thing against Charles Xavier? I always thought he was more of a Wolverine villain. Uh, and since, Yeah, as I yeah. said, I'm, I don't know why. Uh, uh, so it seems like Omega Red was um, upset because uh, they put a tracking right. a, a device in him or something like that. Um and they might have modified and, him, I think, as well. It says in the text. Yeah, but but somehow he's going back in time and, yeah. and trying to kill uh, Charles Xavier. I I, I don't know, man. But I, I honestly don't. You know, know what this was lacking? This was lacking that introduction that at least gives you some sense of the story. I shouldn't have to have read a primer from PR that that was what the story was going to be. The story should tell me that. You know, if you're doing an event. Um, it's a big Wolverine event, like, you know, the, Wolverine has been kept under a fucking, like, rock for three years. They've not done much with him at all. Interesting. Um, you've got, if readers are coming to this, and they are, Wolverine readers are like, oh, sweet, they're doing a big Wolverine event. You've got to hook them on the first page with the concept. But they don't. They just sort of, you're like, okay, Wolverine's just back here, but we're not given an introduction. I, I thought it was poorly handled. I'm being generous in giving it a six. I, I feel I'm being generous. Um, I, I didn't think much of the art either, Rich, frankly. You know? No, I, I don't know. As I said, I just don't... Uh, I really just don't find Wolverine that interesting of a character anymore, sadly. Well, um, and this isn't helping... <laughs> like, yeah. this event that they're calling it or... 
this focus is not really helping my view on that. Yeah. I just, you know, uh, as I said, I mean, the one book is more about bloody Moira. Oh, the next one. Than, we'll we'll than, move to the next than, one. Than Wolverine. What would you give no, no, the one with saying, the And this one here, it's more like, uh, okay, so now Wolverine is going back in time. He sees Charles Xavier as a father, and mm. he's jumping through different parts of his life, and he's he, it, it's all about protecting. So it's ah, I don't know. It's, I, I'm like I, f- I kind of feel like this is supposed to be about Wolverine, but none of it, none of those two books really feel like they're about Wolverine. Yeah, the, like I think the mistake <clears throat> they're making is tying it too closely into the greater X Men thing. I think Wolverine needs a bit of time to shine on his own. Um, well. I- uh, yeah, w- w- the one title that was called Wolverine, like the death of Wolverine, mm. I thought they were going to call it, it was more going to be a focus on all the times that he died. Yeah, yeah. You know, like a, a, a sort of rehashing greatest hits of, of where like yep. he should have died, almost died, did die, all that sort of crap. And then the lives would have just been like important parts in his life. Yes. That we just sort of, again, like almost like the greatest hits. Yeah, that's, thing. What, that's, that's kind of what I thought it was in my head. But again, maybe that's my own fault for... Th- coming in with a preconceived idea of what the the books were going to be but yeah they were nothing what i thought they were going to be so uh, a bit disappointing uh, overall i think what did you give the lives x lives of wolverine out of 10 i'm giving it six yeah i think that's uh yeah i couldn't give it any more than that for sure then we had the X Death, which is the story of moira which is mildly interesting if i was reading an x-men comic uh, i don't want to do my wolverine like every fucking page, I'm looking at now. Moira, 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 Mystique, uh, Jane Foster. Oh, we have to get the Jane Foster cameo in there because there's no other doctors in the Marvel <laughs> universe. Uh, then she. Turns I didn't in- even. Re- I didn't even realize she was a doctor, by the way. Yeah, and then she turns into Valkyrie. That's her, that's her as Valkyrie. So we get the bit of cross promotion there from Marvel. Thanks. I, Marvel. I always thought she was a nurse. <laughs> no, she's a doctor. She's always been a doctor, I believe. Anyway, she, I know. Think- I'm pretty sure she started off as a nurse. Oh, maybe started. She's been a doctor for a long time. I'm pretty confident. Uh, again, I don't know. I haven't been, like, focused. Anyway, we have fucking Black Tom turning up. We've got everyone but Wolverine turning up here. Um, yeah, there's so much Moira McTaggart in this fucking issue. Like, more Moira McTaggart than I want to read ever it, and, and in an X-Men comic. And now here she is, for some reason, taking front and centre in a Wolverine comic. And then at the very end, the only interesting part was when we have Jean Grey, who I notice has gone back to her old Marvel Girl costume uh, with um, Xavier, um, who I always think of as the Thinker with that helmet on, because it looks a lot like the Thinker's helmet from the you know the Evil Fantastic Four. Um, I always, I always, I must admit, I've been brainwashed into thinking about the Thinker when I see that. But anyway, and then this other Wolverine comes out. And because Wolverine's in a sort of like, he's under, I don't know if it's Cerebro or whatever he's under, he's under something, which seems to be how they're getting him to go through time. Oh, you there, Rich? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, sorry, can you hear me? Yeah, I can oh, hear cool. you. Oh, cool, yeah, okay. So I think that's how they get him to go through time, through some sort of like mind melding or something, and with Xavier there and Jean Grey. But anyway, then... Logan turns up while the other Logan's on the um, table and it's kind of like a, I mean, I think it looks ridiculous. I don't even know how to describe it, like a kind of Tron version of Wolverine. Um, and he goes, I'm no one. I was never here. And I'm like, I'm confused is what I am. Uh, that was the only interesting part of the comic. I found the Moira McTaggart stuff incredibly dull. Um, I think you could have done the Moira McTaggart stuff in two pages and said we had the whole issue about her. 
I, I can only give this one a 5.5. And even then, I preferred the art in this one. The storyline, I thought, sucked until the end bit with Wolverine with the weird claws, which was similar to the, the, the arm that Moira McTaggart had. And am I making sense, Rich? Have I summed it up enough? Yeah, it's a very difficult one to follow, to be fair. Because again, you 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 go into this book thinking it's a Wolverine book. Yeah, I and I'm, I'll be honest with you, I've I, I I just I'm not behind the whole Moira as a mutant thing. Where she it just seems so tacked on. Yeah, uh, and it's almost like she's the most important mutant now. Uh, so she's yeah, gone from like decades of just being a human. <laughs> <laughs> to now being like one of the most important yeah, mutants right. in the history of mutants. De- I just go, okay, De- decades of being care. a bit player, you know, and, and suddenly she, she, I kind of like the idea though, that she lives and gets reborn constantly. So she's explored all the different futures. I thought that was pretty cool. An idea. Um, but now Mystique has somehow sapped her of that ability. And she, now if she dies, she'll die. I mean, Okay. And she did something to the X-Men to betray them, which is why Mystique's so pissed. Um, I don't know. I, like, I just didn't need all this Moira McTaggart in my Wolverine story. I mean, fuck. Put that in a Moira McTaggart <laughs> miniseries, please, and keep it away from Well, me. they can't because, because <laughs> no one would buy it. <laughs> yeah, but I don't... But... The, only way, the only way to sell it is, is, is uh, calling it a Wolverine book, and then you get the poor Sapsu buy and go, what the hell? Yeah. It's my Wolverine. I, I just, I can't believe how they've mistreated the character of Wolverine. Like, a premier character, they've they've done nothing with him for three to four years since they brought him back from the dead. They, for some reason, they don't seem to know the strength of the character. Then finally, they give him this double, you know, I like the idea of they, they're going to give him a weekly thing, two books. It all sounds interesting. I thought we're going to do a greatest hits. Might have some Romulus in there. Could go through all the different bits and pieces of Wolverine. Instead, we've got this convoluted X-Men story where Wolverine seems like a fucking minor player in his own book. Uh, I can only give this 5.5, although I will say I prefer this artwork to the other one. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know. I'll probably give this a 4. Yeah. Um, I'm not... And also, you know, but I'm I'm not a big fan of this whole Jean Jean Grey, um, Wolverine, Cyclops... A menage a trois that's happening, <laughs> you know, like it's just it's just so weird because I mean, for years and years it was like, a like unrequited a love, love. Do you know what sure. I mean? Yeah. Jean was in love with Scott. Scott was in love with Jean, but Wolverine was also in love with Jean, and it was like the woman he couldn't have. Sure. And now the two of them are sharing her. It's like it's just sure. so fucking weird. Well, it's just it's just a bit it's a bit seventies man. It's just a bit like you know. Pass the quaaludes around, like let's just get let's just get crazy, you know. I get. I just. I don't know. Just. I don't know. Are they? I mean, I, I've not been reading it due to complete lack of interest. But are there sex scenes like with them together, kind of at the same time and stuff, or is it all a bit more discreet? I I I I couldn't tell you, man. I haven't read the. No. Um... I mean, my massive I lack, lack of it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm asking that purely. Like, are Marvel really kind of that courageous to do that kind of shit? Like, I'm surprised. Oh, actually. I don't think there's been any like sex scenes, but I mean, it's certainly like implied. either heavily implied or you see them sort of like together. But are they all snuggling but, up at the same yeah. bed and stuff, or, or, or is she, you know, being kind of handled? Oh, there around? might be. I, I don't know. There might be. As I said, I'm not reading the X Men books. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think the X-Men are the X-Men anymore. Jonathan Hickman just killed any interest with his overly complicated story. Um, 
and you know, I just, I, I just, I just found the whole thing too exhausting to care. All I care about is Wolverine, and they, they seem to hate giving him stories for some reason. He, you know, like this story has potential, and we're going to keep tracking it because it might, it might go somewhere, but they want to go somewhere fast because they're off to a bad start. Omega Red doing some very un Omega Red kind of shit in one book, which wasn't explained. And then this book, at least this book, I will say this book, at least one thing, it had a storyline that you could follow that was explained. You know, I'm not a Maura McTaggart fan, but it did explain it. It gave you context. I understood what was happening. That was a plus. You know, it was a boring story, but at least it made yeah. sense. The other Wolverine book was just random. It just didn't even, exp- like, I shouldn't have to read PR material to understand the book, you know? Um, I, I don't know. I, I think they're both overall pretty bad. They're, yeah, well, they're, what you, you gave it a four. I gave it a five, five point five. Um, yeah. I mean, at least I, I have to score the other one higher because at least one actually had Wolverine in it. Yeah, that's true. Well, that is true. Um, I agree with you on that point. Then we had Peacemaker Disturbing the Peace 1. Um, I gave the 6.5 out of 10. All sizzle and intriguing hints, but no steak. Uh, we just come off reading the Peacemaker Mini which was just action-packed and all sorts of shit happening. This was just Peacemaker literally sitting down on a bench talking to a psychiatrist. Uh, A very, very, very dark story, which does fit with Peacemaker. I guess he is a crazy character. Um, I don't know. It was was interesting. I mean, by Garth Ennis' standards, I don't think this was anything special, you know? Um, Yeah, and, you know... Yeah, I mean, I didn't... I don't, I don't hate this book, but um, it's certainly a very different peacemaker because this is a very low key peacemaker. Do you know what I mean? Like he's just sitting on the yeah. park bench, talking to her like super calmly, almost like emotionless. Yes, yeah. You know what I mean? Like almost like a like I get that they're going well. He's a psychopath, I, you know, like kind of thing and all that. But I'm like, and uh. And they they seem to so now they've changed basically what it means to be a peacemaker. Mm. So like the original peacemaker is obviously peace through killing everyone. Yes. Like killing all the bad people will bring peace. Yep. In this one, it's more like he's 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 called peacemaker in a sense because he brings peace to people. People are at peace when they're them. dead by killing them. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm just like, I mean, I get it. I don't know if I like it. I mean, I, I, I'll probably I, I, have to read another issue or something of this because this one's just basically a a backstory issue. Yeah, like the first issue is literally just a backstory, giving you the backstory of like it's a one shot, uh, man. It's parents. a one shot, dude. It's a one shot. There's there is no more. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's a one shot. Okay, well then I guess this is just an origin book setting up the new version of Peacemaker, I guess. But I mean, I'm not used to Peacemaker being so peaceful. Uh, but, I mean, I'm going to say it. I miss the helmet. I miss the craziness. I, mi- I miss the Nazi father. I miss just about everything that was cool about the 80s mini. And instead I just got another stripped-down, emotionless robot talking, uh, you know, kind of interesting story. I mean, it was interesting. Garth Ennis never really lets the side down with the, the crazy couple going on the killing spree, yada, yada, yada. Um, but... I just felt like, well, we're not really using Garth Ennis's main muscles here. I, I would rather have... It was interesting story. It was kind of like him sketching the idea out as if it was going to be a show. Like, here's some basic stuff that happens, but it was just all a bit... I don't know, just a bit sort of like... 
we're describing stuff that we could show and have done a lot better than we're just describing it, if you know what I mean. And and, and as I said, this one shot does not uh, fit in with the, uh, like from the trailers and all that I've seen from the TV show, which is a lot more wacky. Oh, it's nothing like the TV show. Like the TV show, John Cena's playing him so over the top. Like, like he he's so. I mean, there's emotion, um, heightened emotion when John Cena's playing him. Like he's he's really over the top. He's really big. You know what I mean? Whereas this was just like we've seen it a thousand times in comics. The 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 broken down, well, not broken down, but stripped down robot man just calmly explaining shit. You know? And um, I mean, I'm a Garth Ennis. Well, that's right. I, I kind of feel like they really, they really lean in on the peace aspect. Yeah. Like not only is he bringing peace to people, but the way he talks and he sits, it's like he's at peace mm. with like who he is and his past, and I'm just at peace with everything. It's almost, it's almost like Zen, which is just so weird. Well, considering what we read this this week in the '80s mini, um, Zen is not a word I I associate with peacemaker generally. You know. I mean, he's a yeah. crazy fucking guy. Uh, you know, he's so far yeah. out there and off the reservation. And frankly, so well, more... Well, he's, he's, he's on the edge. He's literally on the edge. He, oh, sorry, I just had a problem with my mic. Uh, he's so much more interesting in the 80s mini, you know? So much more interesting than just oh, this guy, sure. like, just sure. broken down guy, just calmly explaining everything. I was kind of like, yeah, I get what you're going for, Garth, and... It's 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 not bad. I mean, you're a very professional writer. I'm, I'm going to give it a six point five out of ten. But I I was hoping for more from Garth Ennis, you know, because I know his capabilities. I've read so much Garth Ennis, and he's so, he can do over the top like nobody. You know, he can do way over the top, like Hitman. Oh yeah, I was going to say I, I was I was coping. I kind of was hoping more for a bit more Hitman. Me too. In this Peacemaker uh, one shot than what we got. 100% agree with you, Rich. You've hit it on the money. What did you give it out of 10? Yeah, I give this uh, 6, 6, 6. 6.5 at the most. Okay. Then we had a, a double shot, and we can do them together as one. You know me, Rich. I am number one fan of Terra Man. I love Terra Man. The Superman. You may actually be his only fan right now. I, I love this guy. I stumbled across this comic. Uh, we read 250, but this is 249, the origin. I'm going to make a comment right now, Rich. Get ready for it. I think Terra Man should be in either Superman and Lois or in the next movie. Um, not as the main bad. He could kind of be like the bad guy before the bad guy, you know, or the bad guy that he, he, he meets. I got Lobo vibes from the 70s. I love this character. I love his winged horse. Guess what? Terra Man, to me, is not that much of a baddie at all. He's just a, a Western guy, man, just trying to trying to make some difference in the world. Uh, well, the fact that he wants to murder Superman and rob things... Other than... In the bad category. Other than murdering Superman, he isn't that bad of a guy. He's He, he, he got kidnapped as a kid. If you go to the origin story, go back to the document... Did he get cybernetically uh, enhanced? No, he he was not kidnapped. I thought he was originally. No, wasn't he? So the, his, his father's father? killed by the alien, and the alien feels guilt. Yeah. So 
uh, wipes his memory of the alien killing his father and, and, and offers him and says, come with me. I will continue your father's training to make you the most feared and best outlaw in the galaxy. So wasn't, he didn't kidnap him. Okay, he, but he was taken. He was taken. He was invited, sure. Sure. Um, <laughs> I love this character. I love this comic. Kerry Bates, take a bow, my friend. This is Bronze Age comics at their finest. I'm reading these issues, the stuff with Superman, how he's getting the... I mean, what was the story with Superman with the memory? Is some sort of a problem with um, memory flashbacks? That were depriving him of power, like birth pangs no, or something. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> I didn't quite understand. It's 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 birth pains. It's birthday pains. Birthday, uh, you know, two words. Birth right. Day pains. Uh, so apparently, every Kryptonian <laughs> feels guilt and shame and pain on their birth year. Is that because Krypton <laughs> exploded, or or not? No, it was happening before. I don't know what it. It's a weird fucking. It's a. <laughs> it's it's a, just a typical fucking <laughs> a weird Superman thing. I love it. I I, I... No, no weirder no weirder than him sharing his powers with a kid and then having to say the, the word links. links and imagine the kid's pet so he can get his super strength back. I love that links. I love that as well. That is such a fucking great storyline. And then he tricks Terra Man and like it's just the trickstery of Superman to get his powers back and for the kid to you know. Oh, as I said, uh, Superman was always a bit of a dick back in these days. But he, but he has to be. I mean, the, the... Always, he loved. Yeah, but he loved tricking people. He really loved it. Like <laughs> he loved tricking people, making them feel like assholes, um, like dumbasses. I love Terraman though, with that beautiful horse of his. That horse is so loyal. Um, there's just so much I love about this comic, man. Uh, like these two issues for me were a delight. I'm giving them nine out of ten. I love them, Kerry Bates. And I want to say Kurt Swan on art duties. I, I, I think it was just fantastic. Uh, I won't go that high, but they were enjoyable. They were fun. Mm. Um, I do have one gripe, though. Go I ahead. have one gripe with the story that I really... It, it just annoyed me. Is that is um, <clears throat> So in the book, The Origin of Terror Man, yes. um, the alien is stealing their gold, and the father like shoots at the alien, and then the alien accidentally kills him which you know it's fair enough i mean you know he was shot at first but anyway as the father's dying yes <laughs> he, puts, he puts like a bullet in the ground and he draws a circle around it right yes now i just want to point out the kid is standing right next to him when he's killed yeah but then his brain's right? washed brain no 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 washed. hang on hang on no no hang on so the kid knows who killed him right and then the alien, yeah, mind wipes him them and he's like, uh, oh, I don't know who killed your father. Come with me and I'll continue your training, blah, blah, blah. All good. All fine. Then he turns on the alien at the end there and he goes, yes. aha, I remember that you killed my father, da, 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 and then shoots him and all that. And he's like, how? How did you remember after I wiped your mind? And he says, my father left me the cue, the, the clue to his killer when he drew the circle. I was like, why would your father's dying thing to leave your clue be the alien? You were standing next to him when the alien killed him. It's true. Yeah. That's just like the right of being too smart or trying but to be clever. If we ever get Carrie Bates on the show, do not bring up that error to him, though. I agree with you, for the record. That's a good point, Rich. But do not bring that up to Carrie Bates. We don't need to. Bring, <laughs> we don't need to bring the mood down. Like, Carrie, back in 1973. <laughs> um, 
Good point, Rich, but, you know, fuck, man. Like, it like, would have been more interesting if the alien had said something uh, to give himself a way that triggered his memory mm. than the other... Because, like, again, you only leave a dying message like that when the person's not there so that you leave them a clue as to who killed you. Yeah, no, you're you right. You don't do that when the person who killed you is standing right there and your kid is standing right there and he can see who killed you. Like, that's just so weird to me. Yeah, It just bothered me. Just, it, when I got that, I was like, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> I did love the story. Did Terraman... This is where I'm a bit confused. Did Terraman have any cybernetic enhancements after the alien got hold of him? Did Yeah, I think the alien put some shit in him or something. Yeah, I, I, that's what I thought too, because... I mean, he can take punches from not, Superman. Not necessarily cybernetics, but like technology. He put like technology in him. Right, because he, he can take... Kind of the same thing, I guess. He can take full-on punches from Superman and everything, you know? Like, he can he can, he can can hold his own against Superman. He's got plenty of tricks up his sleeve, but he at, at times he, he's taking full-on blows from Superman. So... Yeah, that, but I mean, Superman also tends to pull his punches when that's he's true. dealing with normal humans, so... What are you giving them out of 10, Rich? I'm giving them both nine. Um, I'll I'll give them I'll give them a, an a, an eight. Okay. And we always enjoy these Bronze Age. I, I love them. You knew I was going to do Terry Man, didn't you? When I said to you we were doing some old Superman. I I had a, I had a feeling. Yes. You I, know why I, I like Terry Man? I like Terry Man because of his Western motif, but I really love that flying horse. The fact he's got that horse that loves him so much elevates him in my eyes. You know. You know, I I, I would love to see. Um, if if they do bring Terra Man into like Lois and uh, Superman and and Lois and all that sort of stuff, yeah, I would love it if they could get uh, Henry Cavill with his mustache to play him. That would just be as awesome. a little, That'd just as awesome. a little like nod, wink. Did you? you know, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea, Rich. It's a very good idea, Richard. Very good idea. Did you get some Lobo vibes? You know, because at one point uh, he's called the Man. I mean, Lobo before Lobo. Oh, no, I didn't even put that together. I just, I just kind of felt that like that was the way that people... Yeah. Um, well, it was good stuff. In, but I, I didn't get Lobo vibes from the character. No. I might have been searching there a bit, you know, a bit hungry for Lobo. Yeah. I mean, I, I can definitely see, as a Lobo fan, how you can draw distinctions, but my brain just didn't go there Yeah. when I was reading it. Um... Yeah, man. Man, I love Bronze Age soups. I prefer Bronze Age soups to any era, I think. It's my favourite era. I love it when he's working for the Galaxy Broadcasting Corporation and all that stuff. I mean, stuff. Put, it, put it this way. I would, I definitely prefer it over anything, like, now. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah Bendis is bullshit. And I definitely prefer it over, like, the New 52 stuff as well. Oh, 100%. Are you kidding? Yeah. But you prefer the John Byrne overall, don't you? Um... That rebooting and the reworking of the character is definitely my favorite, yes. Because it it grounded him a bit more, you know what I mean? Didn't make him so, like, godlike. Yeah. Uh, but also uh, brought him back to being unique. True. You know, there wasn't all the super pets and the super boys and the super girls and the super womans. All the things I love. And, and you know, yeah, I mean, look, that it's fine to love that. But, I mean, I, I as I said, I'm just a fan of your characters feeling special. Yeah. I like characters to feel special and unique. I understand why companies do that, you know, because it's a popular character. You want to market to more people, to girls, to boys, to all that sort of stuff. You want to, you know, merchandise. I get it. I understand yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But just for me as a purist, I don't like it when there's multiple spider people or or super yeah, no, people. I, I, I prefer characters to be just special and, and unique. 
and you know, just, is he yeah, allowed to have that, super gold? Is he allowed to have the mate of might in crypto? Huh? Is he allowed to have the mate of might super gold and crypto? I, I I will give you the crypto, but not the super gold. No. And so I guess you're saying not a streaky, the cat. Correct. I will only give you crypto. <laughs> I always try to sneak in streaky as well, but I knew you'd be a wake-up to my games. Um, all right, so <laughs> moving on from Superman's Bronze Age, even though I feel like I could do another hour about it. Re- read it, kids. Superman 249 and 259, do yourself a favour, read the origin of Terra Man and come back to me and tell me that that should not be a character in the TV show. Wild West. I must say, it, it is pretty funny that uh, Superman refers to him as most his most dangerous and deadliest enemy. Yes. And I was like, really? <laughs> I was like, he's a cool character, but I'm not sure if I'd go that far. Yeah, Superman's <laughs> kind of hyping up this new guy in the block, like, yes, my most dangerous ever. I'm like, okay, I guess. I mean, Brainiac, you know, Lex Luthor, yeah, Mr. McPizzlick. There's like quite a few out there that are fairly dangerous, like Terra Man with a flying horse, okay. And po- and, 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 and Terra Man with some tricky guns, gun, gun, gunsmanship as well, you know, like he... Be tricky I mean, with yeah, the gun. Don't, don't get me wrong. He's suitably dangerous. I just don't know if he's your most dangerous foe. Yeah. I mean, move aside Doomsday. <laughs> Terror Man's well, character. To be, to be fair, Doomsday wasn't even a thought then. That's so. true. That's true. All right. Now, as we move into the 25th hour of our podcast, we're doing our trade of the week, uh, which was Richard's choice, although provided by me to Richard. Uh, Peacemaker, the 1980s miniseries, four-parter, um, by Paul Kuppenberg, uh, who's been on many episodes of John Suntress's Word Balloon and a fantastic interviewee. Um, I love their chats, and I would recommend, actually, uh, you check out the Paul uh, Kuppenberg chats with John Suntress. Um, it got, I, I'm, I'm an idiot. I, he was before my time as a writer. I've since gone back, and I've really been enjoying the stuff he's been doing with Superman, but... I thought Peacemaker. Um, I really want to check out this 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 time period. My God, it, it's wordy, it's dense, but I enjoyed the hell out of these four issues. I took my time reading them because it was like reading a book. Um, there was text inserts at the end. The stuff with the the Nazi father, the 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 housemate who was a psychiatrist. Oh my God, Richard! I thought there were some really interesting ideas in this for issue mini um it was a lot of lot of comic you got your bang for your buck back in those days but i really had a good time with it and uh it really made me think my god they did some good stuff what did you think oh yeah i mean put put it this way this is the longest 27 pages you'll ever read Mm. (laughs) like i'm not like it certainly does feel like a longer comic yes but that's just because there's just so much um crammed per page like they just really fill the page again with dialogue with action mm. with with uh, uh moving the plot like it, it really does so when i finished reading i was like shit that was only 27 pages i could have i could I, I felt like it was like much longer took but two nights to read when you rec- when you recommended this i ap- i knew you would love it though oh yeah that's the thing when, when you were like oh since we're doing the peacemaker you know should we do that and i was like yeah that's a very good idea but I knew from the start, I was like, Davey's going to absolutely love this. I mean, it's a, 
the lead character is a bit fucking crazy. He's a yeah. bit mental. Yeah. He's um, he's delusional. He's seen his dead father, who's berating him. Nazi and, father, you as know, well. Nazi, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, Nazi concentration camp father. Yeah, not Jesus. just a normal, not just a regular Nazi, a concentration camp uh, Nazi father, and all that. Um, so I was like, yeah, this is right, right up Dave's alley. And you know what? It's a, it's an interesting book for a a, a hero. You know sure, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but in you know inverted commas, their hero, um, because he's just a fucking loon. Like he's losing the plot. Like he starts off, um, in in a certain way. Like he's still like you know you can tell that he's not quite right in the head, but he just gets worse and worse. Oh yeah, and like, to the point I mean, where he's yeah. now screaming at like thin air and people are like this guy's fucking losing the plot big time. Oh, and yeah. he's so unstable that they secretly have a psych a psychiatrist. Kind of secretly, who is the maid? Oh, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. You know what I mean? Um, and I like the references to checkmate in it and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, oh, it was just really good. Like, it's just yeah, it's a it's it's just a typical eighties fucking action. But it's just interesting because it's a character that is literally psychotic. Like this guy is he's yeah he's he's not right in the head. He's he's uh, delusional. Yes, he's but it's it's written so well that you weirdly kind of feel something for him because he kind of has the right goal although his you know how he gets there is crazy but i mean it writes him so well with the nazi father that you forget that it's really all inside his head at first when it first started i was like what's going on and then i was like oh that's what's going on okay i see uh all right and then i was as we got more and more into it i was like this is just I even found myself reading the text at the end, which I sometimes find, funnily enough, for such a big reader, sometimes text oh. in comics turns me off, you know? You, you're talking about the dossiers at the, yes. at the end? Yes, the, like I the, read them all. The typed-up mission statements or debriefings and yeah. stuff. Yeah, that was a pretty cool touch, I thought. I, I quite like that touch at the end. Yeah, and they make the point, if you read them, that the whole team around him is necessary. Like, by himself, Peacemaker will not work because he's just so mentally on the edge and over the edge, really. He needs this team of support around him, and then he can be kind of guided in the right directions. Um, at the end, I actually thought he'd been killed. I was like, oh, well, they killed him, and then he comes down. I, I also didn't realise at first... I was like, can he fly? And then I realised he has a jetpack, which made sense. But at first, when I saw the artwork, I was like, is he flying, or is it the helmet making him fly? Um fascinating uh really and paul kuppenberg i'm i mean i know him mostly from these talks with john suntress and he's a very interesting guy but uh, really let loose on a book like this it felt like he was just hitting home runs taking big chances um he writes the checkmate series doesn't he rich and vigilante as well mm. now yeah that yeah okay so i'm gonna read some of vigilante because uh, I dug this, and I know Marv Wolfman kicks off Vigilante, and then I believe Kuppenberg takes over. Um, would you recommend Vigilante for me after reading this? Because I got a real kick out of this, man. I, I really enjoyed oh, this. Yeah, no, Vigilante is, is right up your alley, man. Like yeah. um, okay. Again, it's just the type of Punisher, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's just a, it's a, it's a guy, he, you know, he wants to just rid the streets of criminals and... Mm. And punish the wicked and all that sort of stuff, you know. I mean, as I said, like those characters are really a dime a dozen in in media. You sure, know, it doesn't matter whether it's comics, novels, whatever, whatever. But 
it, it's it's I guess you've just got to find ways to make the character interesting. Well, that's it. I mean, know, it's, because yeah. I guess what they're doing is 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 humdrum. Mm. You know, okay, they fight, they're killing criminals, they you know breaking up crime and all that. But it's how interesting you can make the actual character. Like and yeah, Vigilante is is an interesting character. There's been lots of different versions of Vigilante as well. I'm talking about the original so fifty issues. That... I'm talking about the original fifty issues that um I know Wolfman did and then Kuppenberg took over. And I know how it ends too. It's got a dark fucking ending. Well, I would, uh, technically that's not the original Vigilante. Really? Okay. Cool. The original Vigilante is the cowboy. Oh, that's true. That's in Justice League and stuff, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that is true, actually. Yeah, yeah he, I didn't think of that. he is actually the original character called uh, Vigilante. Okay, yeah. All right. Wow. So you're reading the, I think, the second version the second of version. Vigilante. And yeah. then there's actually different versions after that as well. Right. I'd forgotten about that character. And I know that character because he turns up in an episode of Just League Unlimited. Voiced by Nathan Fillion. <laughs> really? Your boy gets around, doesn't he? Um, He's, he was perfect for that for that role, though, as a, as a fucking cowboy, though. Like. Yeah. I tell you another thing. Perfect. Nathan Fillion did very well. He did a very good Green Lantern voice in one of the green in one of the movies. I, I remember thinking he did a very good Hal Jordan. Ah, uh, yeah, he did that in the Emerald Knights, the second one. Yeah, I thought he I thought he did a very good job actually as uh, as Hal Jordan. Um, didn't he yeah. also voice him in the one where uh, Star Sapphire? He fights Star Sapphire. I think it's like Doom. Oh. Um... Doom, yes. Yeah, yeah, and he has that good scene with Star Sapphire where he says, I think I've damaged you enough or something. It's a good scene. Um, mm. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, I I mean, honestly, this character of Peacemaker, he's just nuts. And the, 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 the helmet is slightly different to the helmet in the show, which I'm used to. It's a bit more crazy, actually, in the comic. Um, and Well, the, the, the helmet in back in the days was an actual, like, um, weapon. It was an actual like, it was it was, had tech in it. That's why it was so big. It does in the show too. In the show, it does as well. In the no, show, no, no. But I'm saying like the, the original design of why it was so big and bulky. Yeah, it's because you have to remember when it was done. Then technology was bigger. Yes, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean. Like, right, yeah. and so like they gave him the 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 bigger look because one that was also like a style. Yeah. Um, it was very like um, uh, uh Jack Kirby esque yes. in yes. a way and all yes. that sort of stuff. But it also made sense in the book because, yeah, it's filled with technology to like, um, uh, it's sense of like like brain EMP stuff and all that, you know. Crazy. And I think it helps control the like the jetpack and and the other technology. So yeah, it's nice that it made sense that it would be so big because it's it's technically not just a helmet; it's an actual like a computer in a sense. I, I loved it, man. And that and that Nazi father, how he just blew his head off. Like, shit, I was like, wow, they're really getting away with some stuff in this comic, like, back in the 80s. Like, I didn't... This was obviously right in the middle of the grim and gritty era, which is how they probably got away with all of it. Um, you know, because, like, they're... You know, it's it tackles some pretty confronting kind of topics. And, I mean, Peacemaker does not mind killing. He is killing all through this book. Um, there's there's very little wounding. It's There's a lot of killing... Um, wouldn't you agree? Like, I mean, he's just killing people left, right, and center with these machine guns he's got going on. Oh God, yes, Jesus, yes. <laughs> he's well, again, he's he's not shy about uh, killing people. In fact, his father, his ghost father, is uh, what do you want to call it? Um, it's like hallucination, delusional. Yeah, you know, delusions of his father is encouraging him to kill even more. Oh yeah, 
and you're at one point enough you're not you know you're a pussy <laughs> at one point he's like i've got to kill all the nazis he's just like firing at the people like and... but, but oh oh and yeah at the, at, at the end there he literally imagines every single per- person as his father and he's just fucking killing them all yeah it's crazy like I, like i was impressed i really was i was really impressed by kind of how far this went and I was also impressed by the artwork because I've got to say you've got to call out the artist here, Rich, because the artwork it's demanding. I mean, it's it, there's a lot of panels, there's a lot of detail, there's a lot of story. I, I do take my hand off to the artist, but it definitely was a lot that he was doing because it was sometimes a little bit inconsistent. But again, there was, as I said, there's like most <laughs> most comics will generally have. Um, uh, usually like a maximum of nine panels per page or, you know, something like that. Although most seem to aim for about like six panels. And I mean, this guy was literally doing almost like nine to 12 panels per page in in a lot of the stuff. Like he was really jamming a lot in there. So, you know, I do take my hat off for him. He he definitely crammed so much in there that I'm sure he was doing like late nights. (laughs) Oh, he must've been. And, but can I just say something? I absolutely, I'm, I'm sorry. I, to this day, love the design of Peacemaker. I love his design. I love his aesthetic. I love his costume. I think it is, it's unique. It's original. Mm, it's, it's it's eye-catching. I fucking love Peacemaker's um, uh, costume. Now, I've got a question. While we're on the topic of Peacemaker, did, who created him? Was he created by Kappenberg in, in Vigilante or, or not? Because wasn't he based on, wasn't um, Comedian based on him or something? Have I got that right? Yeah, so, yeah, well, I mean, kind of. I mean, so originally, um, uh, originally, uh, he was going to use the main, the actual characters. Do you know what I mean? Alan like Moore, from the Cholton, yeah. from the, from the Heston, yes. uh, what's it? Cholton, sorry, Cholton, uh, characters. But then, uh, DC decided, no, 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 we don't want you to use those. And so he kind of made like allegories for those, but, right. They weren't like, no. Like, I mean, the comedian is not quite the same as Peacemaker. No, there's some similarities. Um, Here we go. The Peacemaker, yeah. the original so, well, Peacemaker. No, so he wasn't created by um uh by that dude because remember he was a uh, a Charlton character. So yeah, I've he, got it here. He predates that. I've like got it here. Sixty? No. You no, you're right. So it's it, the original Peacemaker uh, first appeared in Fight and Five Forty. November 1966, created by writer Joe yeah. Gill and Pat Boyette. So there you go. Yeah. And no, yeah, I Charlton. knew he was from like the 60s period. Like he was, a, it's, it's an old Charlton uh, character. But again, when um, was he as DC crazy acquired as all the Charlton characters, then they, what's that? Was he as crazy as this? Or was that a more DC thing? Uh, I think he was a bit, like he was still that character that was like, um, you get peace by making war. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's funny. You know what I mean? But, That's hilarious. Uh, uh, but not not to the extent of what you read in the 80s. Like, oh like my seriously, God. the fucking 80s one is like yeah. that ca- character like turned up to... Uh, basically, the Peacemaker from the Charlton is like the Rorschach to the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. It, it, that's the easiest way to explain it. And you can see kind of bits of comedian that they were with the, the, the very military kind of covert aspect and he's all about the mission and doesn't care about killing people. Like you can kind of see some strands that, that, you know, you know what I mean? Like not, not, 
not fully formed, but you can kind of see some similarities in the conception kind of thing. Um, mm. And I'm looking here, and please check out the Wikipedia page on Peacemaker. There's a funny picture, League Buster Peacemaker in Just League International from 19, June 1994, and he's, he's like, so fucking, like, the helmet's gotten even bigger, and it's got kind of like a, chi- a chin piece as well. Um, there's, oh, yeah. There's a lot yeah of I, I, I honestly do not like Peacemaker in the Suicide Squad. I don't like his look. Mm. Um, they've just lost so much of the charm. Like, it's just... If you look at pictures of, of Peacemaker in the Suicide Squad, it's just really... The movie, do you mean, or...? No, I'm talking about the, the the Suicide Squad, the current Suicide Squad comic. Oh, okay, right. It just for some reason it's it's similar, but it doesn't just have that charm. Like the helmet's yeah. even smaller than the John Cena one. Right, oh, yeah, that sucks. You know what I mean? And by the way, the helmet in the <laughs> in the sixties was even like bigger than the um, like even weirder and and that than the eighties one. So wow, it's crazy, man. Like you know, he's, he's a. I'd never heard of this character. Like, I'll be honest, I'll be really honest. When James Gunn was talking about Peacemaker, I, I, I knew nothing of it. And, yeah, I just think... So he's in Vigilante. He turns up in Vigilante. Is he in Checkmate as well or just in Vigilante? Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, Peacemaker was basically was like a character that just showed up in a lot of... Um... Of, of those type of books that were just sort of being in print at the time. Like right. anything that was like your gun espionage war you know what i mean like anything yeah. to do with like more street level yeah yeah type stuff so he would show up in vigilante he would show up in in um checkmate and all that sort of stuff and all that so it was cool. it was kind of like a yeah those, those books were not not intertwined but there was connections in those books where they were sure. almost like their own shared world he was part of that milieu. Yeah, he's part of that milieu that it's awesome dude like i i i really really dug it and i it was it was kind of a big read. Like it, it, it took me a couple of nights. Like I really wanted to savor it because I could tell. Read the first issue, I was like, "Wow, that was a long issue to read," you know. But I was really feeling it, and I, I get it. Kind of enjoyed it, like reading Peacemaker, watching the show. I'm going to give it a nine out of ten, man. I I, I dug it. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I would easily give this a nine out of ten as well, just for the. Just for a, a, a unique, mm. interesting character, I feel like at the time that was really, uh, you know, really pushing some like real boundaries on on yeah, you know, what 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 a main character could be and how unstable a main character could be. Sure. Um, and just again, interesting character, interesting backstory. Um, again, the art is is ninety percent good. They're a little bit inconsistent, but Jesus, they jam pack so much in those four issues. Like, I'm not joking; those four issues feel like eight issues. Oh hell yeah, definitely. Of, definitely. of like content, that's how long they're feeling like reading it. So. It feels like you got and, and even I'm, four. I'm, I'm not. I'm not like a, I like John Cena as Peacemaker. I do like. I do like his look. I do like his costume. Mm. I think it looks really good, and I, I I I like it so much that I'm almost tempted to buy the um the the sideshow uh, Peacemaker. Um, <laughs> do it, do it, man. Yes, do it. It looks really fucking good. How like, much that's is just it? Like, like such a good. How crisp. much is Although it? I I miss the boots. Like I love, I I miss the boots from the the eighties one. <laughs> How much is it, Rich? How much are we talking for the for the site the site? Oh gosh, I'll have to look it up, but I'm sure it'll easily be like three hundred bucks or something like that in Australian yeah. dollars. Yeah, no, it'll be a fair bit. But um, 
Yeah, uh, I'm just bringing while while we're here, I'll I'll bring it up while we're here. I'll, I'll just have a look here. Peacemaker collectibles. Come on, just give us the fucking figure. So it's 160 US. The one I'm looking at anyway, a one tenth. Yeah, so that's gonna, that's going to be close to like 300 bucks. Yeah, be that. Yeah, it would be a little bit less, maybe, but yeah, not much. Less. Yeah, but I'm just rounding. I'm just I'm giving yeah. myself a round figure. It's going to be yeah. around. Well, I would ship in and all that. I'm sure it's going to be about three hundred bucks. Yeah, no, I think you're you're about right there, man. It does look good. Does look good. I'm uh, looking at it right now. Does look very good. Yeah. Um, I will say I recommend the show, Rich. You might enjoy it more than you think. You know. Um, you gave it nine. I gave it nine. Um, I can say already. I know what we're doing next week. Um, we are doing Secret Society of Supervillains Volume 1. I believe Jerry Conway is heavily involved in that uh, from the 70s, just before the DC implosion. And in weekly comics, we're going to do a three-parter Justice League, 195 to 197, which is Justice Society, Justice League team-up versus the Secret Society of Supervillains, Rich. So I'm kind of going with the theme and also Jerry Conway stuff, so we've got some stuff to talk to him on the show, you know? Play some greatest mm-hmm. hits. It is considered a very good story. So, one ninety five to one ninety seven in Jerry Conway's Satellite Era Justice League, and it's the Justice League JSA team up, Rich, which they did on regularly on an annual kind of basis, uh, versus the Society of Supervillains. So, look on that note, it's been a massive show. I want to thank everybody. We want to give everyone. Richard, as well, thank you to you. I know you've been very tight tonight. I know you had to defend the Tennessee school board. So, I mean, you've done that at, like, 1% fatigue. So, good work, man. Like, you know, you've had to go in. You've, you've really had to dig deep tonight, man. You've pulled out a century uh, in some hostile bowling conditions, Rich. So, you must feel pretty happy with yourself. Hostile bowling conditions. And, look, again, uh, look, Check out the collective. You've got a lot of uh, people on there who are putting out great product. Uh, some of it almost rivaling ourselves. Uh, you've got Ultimate Spider Cast. You've got Inner Demons with Brian Beggy. Um, you've got Ray just holding the fort with Into the Night. And Ray and Connor with uh, Last Sons of Krypton. You've got Ghost Spider Groupies and more. There's a lot more stuff on collective. Uh, we happily fly that flag. Um Please, if you can spare it, patreon.com slash doom. We're sponsorless at the moment, so we are, you know, I'm out there on the street corners with my begging cup. Um, yeah, uh, look, it's been fantastic. Thanks, Rich, and good night. Good night. Great work, Rich. That was a big one, but we got through a ton of stuff, man. There was a lot of fucking material. Mm-hmm.